Well, Augie, Augie and my Augie. other co-host, FDDNM, be sure to check out his channel. See, I remembered. Oh, fancy. Yeah. All right. So um, first things first, I got, I got new internet. I have new internet. It's actually not faster than my oh. old internet. But it's more reliable according to what they told me. So there's, it's, it's kind of all up in the air. What's going to happen today. Um, first of all, I watched the last podcast and despite the horrible connectivity issues on my end, uh, it was a pretty good podcast. So I was actually very pleased with it, but um, the new internet is like fiber or whatever, and they hooked it in through a phone line. So it's in my kitchen, which is like way over there as opposed to the bedroom, which was right there, you know? So it's, uh, I'm, I'm a farther away from the, from the Wi-Fi source. Um, the Wi-Fi is also, again, not as strong. Like I was actually paying like, like one and a half times as much or two and a half times rather as much, uh, with, uh, Cox as I am with CenturyLink. Um, and, uh, I was getting, much faster internet with Cox, but according to what CenturyLink told me, which may or may not be true, the internet that I was getting with Cox is distributed to basically the whole neighborhood. So I'm paying for speeds up to this amount, but when the whole neighborhood is using that same line, um, I'm potentially like, that's what's theoretically causing the the problems of the podcast is that um, it was getting stretched so thin and Thursday nights and going into Friday mornings, I guess people are streaming Netflix or something. And uh, it was stretching it so thin that I wasn't able to keep hosting the call um, that last podcast. I don't know. Um, for the record, if you weren't there, uh, the podcast actually had not only a lot of problems where I kept getting booted from the call, but eventually it actually just cut out entirely and the, the podcast ended without me even telling it to. So um, anyway, we'll see what happens. Um, I've got like a 5G thing, which I'm kind of actually pretty apprehensive about uh and a separate link on CenturyLink. so there's two separate internets there uh and then there's the the cox one so we'll if if we do have problems we've got three different wi-fis to choose from right now anyway so next far, step so on good. the on the docket um happy birthday Ooh, FDM. Good. just want to shout that out there again thank you and, and thanks uh, anyone else who says such things um the youtube subscription feed has changed again. And I don't want to harp on this too much. I just say, look, just ring the bell on this channel. You're probably going to get like a notification every two weeks and it'll be for this podcast. Most of the time, you're not going to get flooded with 30 notifications a day. That's not how the channel operates. So just, just enable notifications. And when you do make sure that you set it to all notifications, because the other controversy YouTube's dealing with over the fact that they just want to be able to tell you what to watch so freaking badly um, is that they are actually, um, they've changed things in the notifications thing where your default, if you click to ring the bell, you're not enabled to all notifications. It's like they still curate it for you. So you have to go in and actually set it to all, all of them, right? Anyway, uh, next up, uh, oh yeah, my, my business launched um, and it was kind of a weird thing that happened because, uh, so the... First of all, I've got the the link on the doc if you guys actually want to check out the website that we launched and everything, but it's totally unimportant to the podcast. But um, basically what ended up happening is um, we are an online business, and the way that you drive traffic to the site is through Facebook targeted ads, and my um, my co-business owner uh, had – he's like really hooked into all that stuff, and he determined that uh, we're sort of in a situation where – we need to drive up credibility of the Facebook page that's going to be driving the links to the actual uh, sales before we can actually um, 
do a targeted ad campaign. So uh, even though we launched um, like a couple days ago, we're actually going to be like sort of like nothing is going to actually happen until probably Tuesday of next week. So I don't have any, I don't have any interesting, yeah, soft launch. That's a good way to put it. Um, Anyway, also we have the Cowboy Bebop cancer editions. Let me go ahead and share (laughs) screen here. Share it, share it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, people are asking for cancer. So today's actually just to clarify. Today's the last day before um, before the the supposed de- deadline or whatever. And wouldn't you know it? Jeez, this this shot up once once it got over. I guarantee you, I'll tell you what happened. So, not yesterday, but the day before that, this was at one thousand forty. It had just gotten over the the hump, right? And then. Because it got over the hump, and I guarantee you this is what happened. People like me are thinking, oh, crap. It got over a 1,000. Now there's going to be a ridiculously low number of this particular set. I guess I'll pre-order it. And then they got all these <laughs> these extra ones coming in. In just the, the last couple days after it got over a 1,000, all these people, I guarantee you these are half people who are like, I guess I'll get it. Fine. You know, <laughs> So I think that's what's happening here. The rest of these are going to um, not get made. And who cares? Because they're literally the same thing as this with different, you know, crap that you can get with it. Right. We've, we've been over that. Anyway, so that's what's going on with the uh, with the Cowboy Bebop. What about the bookends? Nobody wants those. Nobody I cares about foggy. those. Rightfully. Nobody, nobody's going to spend 550 bucks for bookends. That's a, that's a, really, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you can just get stones um, from the yard. That too. All right, let me get these other links up. I'll go back to screen sharing because we got some other stuff to talk about. Something that we were going to talk about last podcast, but connectivity issues and Augie not having been able to really, yeah, it, it had just happened like that day, right? So the day of the last podcast was the uh, Zelda Williams, um, that's the daughter of Robin Williams, uh, turned to fans to identify her late father's figure collection. Um, so these are the tweets that she had posted. Um, this is a hand-painted one. She, you know, she says, my dad was a figure ho- figurine hoarder. Actually, you know, Augie, since you want to do the talking, I will do the scrolling. You go ahead and I'll let you do this one because I've been talking this entire intro period. So pretty much this was a momentum to try to figure out what figures her father painted. And right. she asked people what they were. I'll just scroll down. So do, you want, do we want to list off who these are? I uh, believe those two green ones. These are, oh, I know these those are two. Toms. This yeah, is from uh, Orgus, I believe. Yeah, Orgus. I'm not sure of the two in the back. I Somebody the actually one... answered it on the on the Twitter, um, on the tweet, in the replies. Somebody did answer it. Orgus. Back, oh yeah, yeah, Dunbine. God, I should have known that. Yeah, that was this is Dunbine. Uh, this is Bill Bine from the Orbatler Dunbine. I don't know. Is the is the girl from New Tank Police? New Dominion Tank Police. New Dominion. Oh, Newt. Newt. This one. I don't yeah. know. Um, potentially, she said. Pretty sure this is Newt. So K N U T E. <laughs> anyway, and then people Newt were sharing this thing from from potentially. I'm I'm telling you to go ahead and look it up. Google search K N U T E. Looks like apple seed. It does kind of look like apple seed, but I don't think it is. 
Unless, well, yep that that's who it is. <laughs> that's exactly. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. This isn't. We're not getting anywhere. <laughs> apple seed. Is that? Yeah, it is from apple seed. Yeah, oh, it is from apple seed. Wow, I. I knew the answer this whole time. I never knew that the character's name was Newt. <laughs> that's weird. Anyway. Uh, all right. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Uh, let's go back like to the third uh, picture. Yeah, there is. Okay. Well, there's more. This is from like Warhammer 40k. Yeah. Ooh, new ones. I, I think seen. they might have. They might have actually retroactively put some more of the tweets in here after the article's written. Anyone who wants to help my mom and I thousands. Why do you? Nice. I, it's good that. I guess she's doing it, but I'm just like, uh, unless you're planning on keeping it, it's, it's a little bit weird to, uh, well, let me put it this way. When it comes to the, um, the room tour, uh, I'm going to be leaving notes in my DVDs for my family to, uh, <laughs> to not have such a hard time after I'm gone. <laughs> like well, Robbie the robot. room tours when I plan to do that. Is there anything else you wanted to, that was it, pretty much. Yeah, this this article, we were basically last podcast, we decided like, hey, let's wait and not talk about this until internet connectivity is better on my end and so that we can uh, see if she posts more. And uh, so far as I know, there weren't any more that had really surfaced. So uh, anyway, moving on. Sentai Filmworks has submitted a content request survey here. So you can say to them, hey, do this show, do that show, and I would like these are the ones I listed dubbed. Additional comments. Stop making obscure, ob- obnoxiously sized uh, premium editions. I think that's the comment. Stop making obscurely sized premium editions. Yeah. Uh, submit suggestions. I think that I think that that's good. Um, so I, I su- suggest that everybody follows this link and uh, and actually um, places a vote. Well, I, I think that you should suggest what you want, but then in the comments, make sure you tell them stop making those ridiculously sized premium editions. I what, four did you, what four did you submit? I didn't submit any. I, I didn't even know about that until today because I, this is t- the, today was the day I compiled all the articles. Now, okay. uh, Discotech had put out a poll regarding Lupin. Now that we've announced Gold Babylon, which they're dubbing, if we were to dub another Lupin special slash movie, which would you pick if we had rights to all these anyway? Uh, green versus red one. Uh, so as you can see here, <laughs> I said, guys, don't be dumb. You need to vote strategically so that there's a perfect tie. <laughs> so I was voting for what I thought was going to be the lowest one at the time um, so that it could uh, even out. Even but uh, apparently... Apparently, I, I got buried, and only two people actually saw this. And, and thought I thought it was that a was idea. a great tweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, I think if there was a tie, they would just equally not want to dub all of them or something. <laughs> I don't but, know. I feel I'm pretty sure. good about the just end result. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, because green versus red has all the different mini Lupons, and it's the one that I voted for. All right, new poll time. This is a, sep- a, sec- a separate poll that they did. If we decided to make English dubs for classic anime TV series, would you be willing to pay more to have a dub? For example, instead of one set of 26 episodes at MSRP um, $59.95, we would split it into two sets of 13 at $59.95 MSRP to recoup dubbing costs. Now, keep in mind, uh, this is 
Merchant suggested retail price. It is not the price that most places are going to sell it for. They're actually going to sell it for less. This is just the merchant suggested retail price. So this poll uh, was pretty neck and neck. Um, I mean, it was almost entirely from the entire time that I saw it more yes than no. But surprisingly, it was, you know, it, it rounded out to be a lot closer than I expected it to be. However, the Facebook version um, was a lot more in the yes one. And this one, this poll is not over yet. So you can actually come in here and uh, and vote on it still and go it ahead and like the, look like the Twitter one had three days left or something. No, I'm pretty like sure that, that one enough. ended. Let me check. Oh, you're right. Three days left. Yeah. Yeah. So, so go vote on both of them, guys. Um, the issue that I, when I read this, and it's, I'm only saying this because it's vague, but it sounds like it's strictly talking. You get one sub-release, and you get potentially two releases for the dub to get all tracks. So for the dub, it won't have a hybrid release, considering that they're trying to do Blu-ray and... Well, I think the way they were saying it was if they were to dub it, they would make a separate dubbed-only release to no, parallel... No, I, I don't think that's what they were saying at all. I think they were saying that they're gonna. it's going to cost more... Okay, oh, wait, so no, no. I, if you're talking about this, Augie, this, they simply mean thirteen part one and part two. So yes. it's 13 episodes, 13. And it, I, so I basically, you're going to pay twice as much so that they can recoup the cost of hiring voice actors and recording companies and all that. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the, that other thing they mentioned in the comments. The other yeah, thing well, was that's what I was referring to. Oh, okay. About? He's talking about the other thing that they said. We another option is that we make a dub only version and a sub only version separately instead of a hybrid type thing. Which I'd rather get the hybrid. That's more bang for the buck, and I'd rather yeah, have a choice in one city. And it's it's better for them anyway because I they think don't have to over, produce double the sets. Essentially, well, n- not only that, but overall, first of all, there's going to be less. Uh, like it's it's a less of a gamble to not do two separate sets and sort of bank on like you have to, you have to, when you do two separate sets, you have to project mentally, which one is going to succeed and which one is going to not succeed as well and order them based on your projections. And that's going to be rough to do anyway. Um, And it's, you will lose some customers by just doing everything as, um, uh, you will lose some potential sales by just doing everything as a hybrid, but in the long run, you're actually going to lose significantly less than you would lose re- when it comes to the projections and being wrong and, and it, how difficult that is. You know what I mean? To do two separate sets and the amount of cost to make two separate um, prints on a disc, you know, like you save money on the, the disc masters and everything. Overall, it's it's. I don't even know why they would suggest that. It's not a better option. Yeah, it's like you're going backwards, as if. Well, actually, if okay. So if higher, it is dub only versus sub only, then people they're banking on on the potentiality of making a little bit more money by people who are going to buy both, because there are going to be people who are going to buy both. But I think that the, the amount of people who are not going to buy at all if you do hybrid is a lot less, uh, or is a lot more, or it. 
it's going to hit you because it's it's kind of going backwards in that regard. It's going to hit you a lot less than it's going to gain you to get those few people who are going to buy both. Right. In my opinion. Anyway. Um, I see so, it is they've been wanting to go wanting to phase out DVD for Blu-ray for a long time. Yeah. So you're trying to upgrade to this other potentially better technology, but you want to take steps back, two steps back and release stuff like on VHS did just. I, I definitely would not. Yeah. I definitely would not do sub only and dub only Blu-rays. That's just retarded because Blu-ray has the uh, ability to um, hold so many more episodes, to hold so much. Yeah. yeah, It just, it's, it it costs so little to add the dub on there that you're just wasting money with the masters and the author. Also, if it's a worry of of, like different lip syncing animations and stuff, if you look at, uh, at made in Japan's release of Pat Labor, that's not a thing. They don't, they don't change the lip flaps. Do they? So sometimes slightly. Really, I've I've never heard of that actually being a thing. I've heard of people saying like, "Hey, they should just do this," but I've never seen anybody actually admit. Sometimes to they, they do only that. predominantly do that in four kids localizations, but I do think there are <laughs> no. Now, in four kids, they just use the scene where the characters are seen from a distance walking where they're not talking, and they put really horrible, like, put-down jokes and one-liners in there. Like, you sound smarter when you don't talk. That's what four kids does. <laughs> you say what you want. I think they did a really good job with Shaman King. But uh, if you look at this release of Pat Labor, it says at the beginning of the DVD that... It has so much content that you have to choose either the Japanese or the English first to watch the episodes. Okay. In Princess Mononoke's original release, if you watched it in English, the title actually says Princess Mononoke. If you watch it in Japanese, it's in kanji and it says Mononoke Hime. Okay, so there are stuff like that where they change... Those kind of things, like the signs and whatnot, right, right. That's a thing where they would actually have to have you choose ahead of time because it is a separate video track, at least in some areas. But I just, I, I don't think that it's, I don't, I really don't think it's lip flaps. That would, that would not be a good idea for them to actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so um, in fact, most Japanese anime. It, first of all, I've never been a person who's been bothered by lip flaps not matching up. Um, maybe it's because I really like the old Kung Fu movies where the mouth keeps moving for like a minute after somebody's done talking or whatever. I think people use that as a way to bash dubs by saying like whenever something's slightly out of sync, they're like, oh, see, the dub okay, sucks. So, yes, so people if you say watch that. Jap- if you watch Japanese, they aren't synced yeah. up well at all. Yeah, they're, they're way worse than the dub. It's bizarre how people make that thing. And it's, it, you would never expect that because in... This is so bizarre because in the animation process, when the you show the is being created, they the record voice. the voice for, first and they animate to it. Yeah. But in the dubbing process, you have to do it backwards, right? So it's bizarre that the dubbing process takes so yeah, much extra care when it should be the other way around. I think it's because in North America, the lip flap is seen as lazy if it's not synced up 
completely one to one or anything like that. It, it's because in in America, when we animate for our cartoons, we have a lot more mouth shapes that we do. We do these things called um, phonemes, um, where there's like you actually will see the tongue like in the you know position for creating certain sounds. There's actually this this program called Magpie that you can actually type a script into, and it'll it'll give you lip flaps that you preload in for the different phonemes and it'll translate it, uh, your script into, um, into the mouth shapes that you, you would need to use. And then you can use that as reference. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's dumb. It's a really dumb argument that people make that, uh, when they, they claim that they can't watch it cause the lip flaps bother them when they don't sync up. When in reality, that's total bullshit because they're <laughs> watching in Japanese where the lip flaps don't sync up. Significantly more, and they aren't actually bothered by it. They're just looking for a reason to put down dubs because they want to be like elitists and whatnot. Exactly. Anyway. Well, I'm not trying to put down dubs, but if you want another example as to why lip flaps matter to some people, I mean, check out the original Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. The whole oh stuff happening. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, that's what makes that dub amazing. Okay. Uh-huh. I like that. <laughs> that's the greatest part about that dub. I wish more dubs were like that from that era. <laughs> Oh yeah, we it's need like, more I, beans I and Sandy Franks. In the Dexter's Lab episode where they where they mocked that was hysterical. Oh, yeah. Anyway, right, so, um, M, did you finally watch that episode? I think I watched that video you sent me, but yeah, yeah. I was I, uh, I don't I was out of that conversation, but I'm glad you shared that because that's my favorite episode from that show. I'm kind of surprised they didn't include it in the Speed Racer box set. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, did they own the rights to it? No. Um, the uh, uh, that episode and the one with Yanni the Yanator are my favorite episodes. They only showed uh, okay. I found out that I had Cartoon Network like when I was in like junior high. I was just it, it was way late. It was channel eighty one, and when I first found Cartoon Network, it was static as all heck. But the longer I watched it. And the longer I left the TV on, the better the connection got. It was it was really bizarre, and it was funny because it was actually if you left it on in the kitchen the one in the living room got better. And and then the sound was so bad. I would literally turn the volume up all the way in the kitchen so that it was maxed out and then mute it in the living room and watch cartoon network that way. Um, but go. the Yanni, the Yanator episode, I only saw that once. And it was, it was like my favorite episode because of the diehard references and it never came up again. I never saw them air it a, a second time, but anyway, I don't know if it's true. It's just, I never got to see it a, a second time. So shall we move on to pickups? Yes, I forgot that was a thing. I will go first because I only have one pickup. I got Android Kickiter, which I'm going to be having a lot of fun uh, moving the whole collection to put something in the A spot. <laughs> Android what? Android Kickiter. Well, it's up to you. You can either do A or you can do K. I'm going to do A. <laughs> Never heard of that series before. I, well, we've been we've been talking about it quite a bit on the podcast. It's one ah. of the ones where it has the open uh, disc well because they own, they used a package that had more spaces than discs were in the series. Yeah, uh, AIDS. Anyway. anyway, oh, who's next then? Uh, whoever wants to go next. You want me to show off the stuff that I have here for you? Uh, no? I'll do that when okay. the time comes. When it gets there, okay. So is it your Miyagi? Actually, you hold do. on. Before before you guys go, I want to address in the last podcast, right before the podcast started, I I ordered something off of Right Stuff. I ordered Psychopass and the No Game No Life Next Premium Edition. 
it hasn't shipped yet. I have no idea why none of the stuff that I ordered. Well, the No Game yet. of Life Next Premium Edition isn't out yet. Pre-order is pre-order, right? Yeah. Yep. So there were a couple things I bought that were pre-order, but there were a bunch of other stuff that I added to the cart that were not pre-order. And I and I as I watched the the last podcast back to check how bad it was, I was like, wait a minute, that's right, I ordered that stuff. Why hasn't it gotten here yet? Because it's been two weeks. Yeah, it hasn't even shipped yet. Give them a call. Sometimes they wait for you to order something else, and that'll poke the pinata to get get yeah, well, to you. Look, as far as I'm concerned, um, I'm totally cool with like I'm not going to watch that stuff as soon as it gets here. You know, so it doesn't. It it's not like I'm aching and waiting by the door for the for the mail guy to deliver it or anything. But uh, it's it's fine with me if Right Stuff wants to save some cash by shipping stuff together. You know, that's totally cool with me, but it was just bizarre because it had been two weeks and I, I'm like, wait, did they ship it? And it got delivered to the wrong house. I had a little bit of a panic anyway. Um, so you guys go ahead now that I've cleared that up. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So I will lock it on you. Let's do my least anime pickup, which is to love Ru, What is it? Seven to eight, seven to eight manga. I have to censor that. Uh, now let's your start off with... is so bad right now i wouldn't have to anyway <laughs> it is well you're really choppy <laughs> i think that's just my webcam it's getting but worse like... and worse <laughs> anyway let's, let's start off with a, a bang my best pickup is the case closed double feature <laughs> because like. each of these movies <laughs> each of these movies is worth like 100 plus on amazon and I got for forty brand new, and it's a bootleg. <laughs> after much determination, let's yeah. just, Wait a let's show just... that one again. It's a one to one bootleg. It's a, it's a FDM has helped me discover. Uh, so I, I know Hold about up. three or four. Show the yeah. front of that. Show the main character. Zoom yeah, up man. the main character. Ah, now I can ask the question: Where's his neck? It's right there. Are you serious? No, no, his neck's not there. I see his head and I see a cave. There's no neck. No, and there's a very slight shaded line that goes into a collar. Yeah, there's where's a tiny your line. Neck, Augie? He has no neck. Augie, where's your neck? Okay, I'm going to cut you drunks off. FDDM has the neck area, AC. Yes, I have the. What is it? The walk of the ball. Yeah. Enough neck. Yaki Taki Tate Japan. Yep. Did you get the box, the art box? I got that before you got it. Okay, I just double checked. I thought I saw it in your collection. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, I can see it right now, right next to Triple X Holic. Nice. But um, this is the last part that I had to get because okay. part three was like dirt cheap on Amazon.ca one time. So I got that, but not part two because that was still full price. Uh, That's my show as well. Then I got Mobile Suit Gundam. What is this? Eighth MS team? I was going to say Igloo again. And uh, I don't know. I have some high hopes for that one. Raise them higher. Raise them higher? Raise them higher. Wait, raise them higher? Okay. Then my next pickup is Last Exile, because I haven't gotten enough of Last Exile. The complete uh, whatever it's called, Fam, the Silver Wing. Because that, I didn't have part two, and it's cheaper to get the complete series than to get. The have you seen the first one? Nope. 
I've heard that the second one is garbage compared to the first one. Okay. I've heard too, but I need to get the first one a chance again. Uh, it's got a great soundtrack, and it's one. got um, it's Back got tracks. great uh, character art from Range Murata, but uh, the CG is so dated. <laughs> well, that's like every anime. Um, then we got Sugumomo, which Ooh. I enjoyed when it aired, and I decided to get the Blu-ray not only because I liked it, but because I need it for a nip count. You know, I can't do that with the broadcast version. So that's going to be on the review slate. And then we got the family guy. When Peter came in with his uh, son that had cancerous nipples, would you count the pepperoni as nipples or just as nipples for the nipple count? And as you count them, would you subtract one the nipples? Pepperoni, I don't think counts. Okay, because I was wondering if he ate the pepperoni with that. Do a minus on the nipple count. We'll know if you see the pepperoni. Anyway, code breaker or chode breaker. Um, <laughs> I or admit break. it could be in better condition, but I thought, you know what, I don't care. It's like getting up in price now. I can't be bothered. Then we got, because this went on sale, uh, I got the Sailor Moon S art box. I was meaning to pick it up, but, you know, it wasn't easily cheap. (laughs) And then, guess what? I finally got my Ajin Season 2, only 27 Canadian dollars on Amazon.ca. After, what, an entire month or something of waiting, they finally shipped it. So that tops your right stuff. And then I got Knights of Sidonia Season 1. I'm glad that I got it because uh, now it's out of print. And, you know, it's going to start going up in price and stuff. I wouldn't mind watching that for a, um, a watch club at some point. Just throwing that out there. Sure, me neither. That's, that's a I great mean, series. I wouldn't mind either. So then I got... Now, did we... Did we uh, report on this article that uh, Right Stuff said Maria Watches Over Us is going out of print and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, we, I think we mentioned it. Okay, so I went out to grab them all, but I ended up getting the editions that were already out of print. So this is like the they give you an art box and the thin packs. So this is yeah. season four that's arrived. And then the most expensive one, which is season three, which you can't get for a good price anymore. I was fortunate enough to get it for, you know, a typical, like, anime price for a complete series nowadays. And both of those are brand new. One and two are on the way, and that's all my pickups. When I picked up um, When Maria Watches Over Us, they sold a bundle. I thought it was, like, a limited edition bundle, not just... I didn't know that they had a singlet. Single, so... I ended the up with those, if you recall the episode. what The light box versions, or whatever they're called? Whatever you want to call them. And right as I picked them up, they announced that they're gonna, it's going to be out of print. <laughs> so, that was lucky. I got it because it was a good price. <laughs> huh. Alright. Your turn, Augie. Alright, my turn. Are you ready for it? Uh, locked in? Yes, you're locked in. Okay, so what I picked... Show uh, us your neck. 
All right. So what I picked up was uh, some uh, Welch's grape juice. I oh, that's my to, favorite uh, anime. Oh, yeah. I need to uh, get this so I can get through the night. Then uh, also some more powered food is some Little Debbie fudge brownies. Also a very good show. Good animation. Wait, show me, show me Debbie's neck. Debbie has a neck right there. Ooh. So your neck. Right. It isn't my fault that you've never seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show, AC. And finally, I got me some Surge. Just to have the urge to say that I didn't get anything this week. That, uh... Yeah, probably not going to have anything until AX, right? AX or until uh, Right Stuff and Sentai Filmworks decides to ship our orders. Yeah. It's either they're on strike or all of a sudden we just have a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, I was waiting on, I thought, I was hoping, I was hoping I would have something to show this week. And I went to the mailbox hoping, I was praying, Sentai, 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 knowing it wouldn't be there. But at least Android Kokaida was there. Well, hey, Um, they gladly took my money. Yeah. All right, so uh, so we had something to discuss after the pickups, which is our podcast year in review. So how are we going to go about this? Um, well, I you know see the thing is that you every time I brought it up to you, you seem to have like this whole thing in your head that you want to do. Like yep. it seems like it's much more complex on your end. Uh, I just wanted to go over like a, a sort of like a brief kind of a, not like a clip show, but just like a little memories of what we talked about, what we did, um, and particularly the Watch Club and what we um, sort of our year later kind of thoughts, I guess, on on some of the shows we watch. Okay, so on the spot and as we go, uh, want to go by this by category? By category? Yeah, like best show, worst show, show that sure. surprised you. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking about doing. Okay. Also, Serge, um, I haven't heard that name in like 15 years, I want to say. Well, it couldn't be 15 years because, uh, well, no, he was fading out. I said, uh, ooh, I'm going to drink me some of this delicious Serge in one episode. No, no, no. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, I haven't actually seen it. Like, I haven't seen it. I didn't know that they still made. Uh, yeah, they uh, brought it back. I there was when did that come out and what, what surrounded that like that was like I remember seeing ads for it uh, in like that was like ninety seven to or maybe Nickelodeon two yeah they anyway. showed ads like this for like crazy like it, this was the prototype uh, energy drink because it had oh. the highest amount of uh, they call it calories caffeine yeah caffeine <laughs> for the time yeah I I thought Mountain Dew had the highest in in a soda. They actually made Mountain Dew. A little trivia here: they actually invented Mountain Dew as a uh, as a drink. They were trying to create a mixing drink to go with whiskey when they created Mountain Dew. Well, uh, a quick trivia tip for Surge is the original prototype name was the Mountain Dew Killer. Mm. So yeah, maybe it was uh, entirely based on caffeine. All right. Anyway, so um, which. Let, let's get this ready. Like, what what uh, sort of topics? What were some of the shows you really didn't like? I mean, was there anything that you watched in the last in the last month? You want me to go over the titles again, real quick? Yes, let's go over the titles. All right. So this is the order we watched them in: Speed Grapher, Assemble Insert, Doctor Slump Movie, Go Nagai World, Dagashi Kashi, Girls in Panzer, Detroit Metal City, Lucky Star, Dallas, 
Death Parade, Boogie Pop Phantom, Super Grand Prix and Requiem from the Darkness, Salaryman Kintaro and Golden Boy, Solar Adventure and Blackjack the Movie, Seraphim Call, Karas, Ghost in the Shell 2 Innocence, Dokoida and Project Blue Earth SOS, My Love Story, Agent Ika, Gunbuster, Bubblegum Crisis, Photon the Idiot Adventures, and Sergeant Kabuki Man, Razafon, Mayo Chiki, Ladies vs. Butlers, and now Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Hmm, so the best out of all of those. If I have to do a top three for me, um, I would say Seraphim Call would be number three. Okay. Number two would be Miss Kumbayashi's Dragon Maid. And number one has to be Ghost in the Shell 2, Innocence. Are, are we talking about best? In my opinion, for what we've watched so far. Uh, I, I think we should put out a little caveat here real quick that uh, I think that any, these are shows I think that were best that we sort of um, enjoyed in the watch club. And if we had already seen it, I, I, like for me, I'm, I'm going to not count. Like I, I really like Karas, but I'm not going to count it because I had seen it before the, the, the podcast. You know what I mean? So right. um, if I'm going to give out mine, let's see. I, Partially, it's because of the immense amount of stress I've been on lately getting the, the business launched. I have not liked a lot of the stuff we've watched. <laughs> um, let's see. So I really liked my love story. I wouldn't say it was top, though. I definitely enjoyed Ser- Seraphim Call way more than I thought I was going to. Uh, Salaryman Kintara was probably my top. Um, let's see. Girls in Panzer is really close though, and then D- Detroit Metal City for sure. Um, yeah, I think I think I would put those at my top, and then Death Parade uh, was a fun watch. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's how how it's gonna rank for me. Well, rank. I would say Blackjack the movie, but again, I've I'd already seen it. You know, to me, so, for rank four and five would have to be Girls in Panzer and Gashikashi. Yeah, I forgot Dagashi Kashi was was another one that um, that show, as I've said before, did not have any right to be that good. <laughs> like it is just so bizarre how much fun that show was. Oh yeah, and we got a second season whenever they release it. How about yeah. you, FDDNM? Um, I mean, I kind of joined late into the right. watch uh, thing. Let's see, what did I see? Razafon. I, the thing is, I've already seen Mayo Chicky before, so I don't think that counts for me. And things like Detroit Metal City and Dagashi Kashi, I already saw before as well. What about Bubblegum Crisis? That's another one that I I, I enjoyed, but I, I didn't. I watched that, like but... half of the first episode long ago. Okay. Um, Agent Ika, you're a little bit more like yeah, you definitely seen more of the ones, and then you you skipped other ones that. It's not that I skipped them. It's just I didn't manage my time well enough or yeah. I wasn't able to get to them. Okay. Well, um, however you want to, you know, just do your little year. Razafon, because that's little... like the only one that qualifies as something I didn't see before. But if okay. I had to say something that I saw before, oh, man, Detroit Mel City, man. Can't go wrong yeah. with that. For sure. My suggestion as well, I guess. But 
Okay. You know. Oh, cool. Um, all right. So, if anybody else has a uh, is anything you guys want to say about uh, the year in review? I think I'm I'm ready to move on. Are you guys? Sure. So, what was the worst that you've seen this year from the, the worst? Club? Oh, I can definitely. Uh, Rosathon, because <laughs> it's the only one that qualifies. <laughs> the best and Let's the worst. See. The worst I saw was definitely Sergeant Kabuki Man. <laughs> Let me think. Um, I'm gonna guess. Yes. My least favorite was um, Photon the Idiot, probably. Ooh. Although, oh, yeah, I'll be I honest. That. I'll That's be right. honest. Um, ladies versus Butlers did almost nothing for me, but Tomome was so psychopathic and manipulative that I enjoyed that aspect of it. Whereas Photon the Idiot, I, I just wasn't, I, I didn't have a good time. I also didn't care for um, Die Buster that much. Um, but there was stuff to talk about with it. Oh, well, also Project Blue Earth SOS was another one <laughs> that existed. Okay. So but, three for me. Um, Project Blue Earth. You want me to send you the link to the thing so you can see the the list? Yes. Uh, that, that might make it easier. Project Blue Earth. It wasn't the content. It was yeah. the pace that killed it for me. So I I recently saw um, I guess in the last two weeks actually uh, right after the last podcast I, I was sort of talking to you guys in the last podcast about how I was trying to switch to a day schedule um, temporarily and all that and uh, I um, I went in uh saw a couple movies cause I had a friend uh, who came to visit and I saw um, if anybody's seen it, uh, a quiet place and the it's, it's exactly the same thing as, as project blue earth. It's like, okay, here's an interesting premise and let's not execute it well at all. You know? So that's an example there. I don't know why so, I brought that up. <laughs> that, so uh, that number, number two for me, uh, which should come as no surprise would be uh Solar Adventure. Oh. I I didn't feel like I could. I don't feel like I could talk down uh, any movie where somebody shouts to the sky, "You communists are so cruel." Yeah, there's some highlighted points, but for the place that generally we ship over and do sub animations, or they should have been able to animate that a lot better. I don't understand why they had that cancerous tumor on the side of his neck. Side of the, he bought the bebop uh, boogie woogie edition. That's why. I I don't understand because you are the guy who made me watch Sergeant Kabuki Man. (laughs) You're gonna complain. (laughs) You're gonna complain about this. Yes, I am. (laughs) What's number three? Number number one for the worst that I've to me the worst that we've seen, and that is Death Parade. Wow, I'm surprised. I can get down with that. <laughs> um, that's well, you pointed out exactly FDD and M, the whole dancing scene. For one, I've seen stuff stuff like it that accomplished it much better. What what is wrong with the dancing scene? It's uh, oh my god! It's is it like because some, it's out of place. 
It's like inviting a clown to a funeral. You just don't do that. Okay, I, don't, so I don't remember is, mentioning that. The well, I, I probably brought this up when we were having this debate during the podcast, but um, the opening to Monsters, Inc. did the exact same thing, but backwards. Right, I remember that. Remember? Yeah, yes. so they they planned Monsters, Inc. in such a way where they created the intro of Monsters Inc. where it's like, da, 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 da. and I, I know I said this in, the, in that podcast, but it's like right. they have like this really colorful, happy opening where it's giving you the opening credits and everything, and it's telling you like who made it, and then it goes to the words Monsters Inc. Um, they did it really, really happy because they knew the very next thing that kids are going to see when the movie actually starts is the monster doing the exam where he's like really supposed to be scary, you know? Uh, and then fails the exam, falls on the on the jacks and everything, and like gets them stuck in his butt. Um, so they, what they did is they they created uh, something in order to um, set the mood, uh, even though there will be parts of it that are potentially dark and scary. But it's like, okay, you're here to have fun. Let's remind you that you're here to have fun. Right? right, and I think that with with Death Parade, the opening was was with all the dancing and stuff really super catchy because there are definitely a lot of episodes that are just grim, but there were also things where they were supposed to be sort of more emotional, and I felt like it was a, a psychological set the pace uh, going into it to not only throw you a little bit off kilter, but also to just sort of prepare you that it's not all grim. Or, or something to that effect. Anyway, I feel like I've, I just regurgitated everything we already said in that That's podcast. True. But the but, other um, one I have with Death Grade is where's the trouble? Hmm. Like when you watch the whole series, where where what's the issue? Yeah, well, uh, having you know, guy get emotions. It was kind of, well, yeah. So, no, I, I hear you. And I'll, I think uh, when we talk about Miss Kobayashi's um, Dragon Maid, I might I might be able to tie it back into what we're talking about here. But I, I just, I, I agree. The, the kind of the charm to it originally was, let's just do something. It was kind of like watching uh, Pet Shop of Horrors. Right. Like, let's just throw out a premise and let's just explore it for, for the sake of having fun exploring it. That's what it felt like to me when they first started it. And then it felt like they were manufacturing a plot point that wasn't necessary. Like I didn't care about the actual characters at all. I just wanted to sit there and have fun watching it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a, uh, I, I think that what you said, you made a, um, a pretty good point. And I think that what I'm saying is um, highlighting just a, a different way of looking at your point that it's like, you know, you're right. It's, there was some manufactured drama, which is something I'll talk about with uh, May dragon or dragon oh, maid where no. the, the last, the last episode is like, Oh, let's, let's shoehorn this in at the very last second. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it's the like, I, I don't care like about this. Back. I just want to watch this show to have fun, you know? Uh, yeah. All right. So FDD what's your take? My take on what? Uh, what's your least like? What least did you? Favorite. What were your least favorites? Um, and anybody in the audience too in the chat, if you if you guys have favorites and least favorites that we watch, go ahead and let us know. I mean, you're talking about Kinder eggs, so <laughs> Kinder eggs, Kinder well, surprise eggs, aren't they illegal in the U.S.? <laughs> I was gonna say, aren't they illegal where you are? 
Um, we can have Wonder Balls. Hey, I got me some Kinder Surprise, so I'm all set. Um, I can, you know, like I said with Augie, I'm down with that opinion of Death Parade because, I mean, that's one of the few that I've actually watched. And I think my biggest problem... I honestly can't remember what it was that I had the issue with um, specifically, but uh, try and recall it. I think it was like the story didn't make any freaking sense. And like you said, I didn't care anything about the characters. It just kind of people were like, oh, I'm so sad that you learned about her backstory and stuff. It's like, what are you talking about? I didn't care about her because we knew nothing about her and you just kind of shoehorned this in. But um, yeah. I think the other issue I had was like, any time there could be a twist, there was a twist. It's just like, sure, okay, that so I guess formulaic is what you're saying. I mean, in a way, but it. I don't think there's much of a formula to a twist. It's just like, wow, well, I, I happen mean, to be pregnant and cheating on you, and blah blah or something. Okay, so like that. maybe maybe rather than saying it got formulaic, it was cliche, More like it was forced, something okay. like that. I don't know. You're I seeing think a that, domino effect, and it was predictable. Well, you could also say that, that because it was episodic... It wasn't predictable. That they were intentionally trying to make it unpredictable by doing the opposite of what... Oh, you're saying they, it's enforced shock drama. I guess, yeah. Anyway, as I said before, I don't remember my specific points that <laughs> I typed furiously during the, the podcast chat. But... um. <laughs> Well, I remember, um, I do remember that the show was episodic and there were a couple episodes that really didn't do anything for me, but I had oh, a yeah. lot of fun watching some of the other ones. So maybe, maybe perhaps, um, I just clung to the ones that were good more than you distance yourself from the ones that were bad. You know what I mean? I don't know, maybe, but I do remember another thing is that, um, I was thinking, so if this whole system exists for them to pass judgment on them. If they make a false judgment, what is the point of the system if it doesn't even freaking work? True. I don't know. Yeah. I, um, you know, that's what I got to say, I guess. All right. Well, we also got, um, it, I mean, it's, I'm happy to let you discuss uh, Death Parade because, as you said, you were typing in the comments for that particular video because you hadn't <laughs> been in uh, like a regular host at that time. But, yeah. um, uh, but regarding Augie and I, like, if you guys want our opinion on it, you can rewatch that uh, podcast. Um, Were there any more to you, FDDM? That were uh, oh god! I hold on. I totally. I I, I, I think I overlooked one, this though. every single time I went through the list. Boogie Pop Phantom was my least favorite for sure. Oh, okay. Well, so yeah, you can't believe that. That was basically. Like, I watched that, Dagashi Kashi, Razafon, Photon, Detroit Mile City. Did you watch Girls in Panzer? No. Lucky Star? I've watched nine episodes of it, and, you know, I think we've already said this before. It's like, um, I tried it subbed, but, you know, they talk so much about food that I couldn't, (laughs) like, process anything once they got to the joke. We had yeah, you know, we had this conversation like two nights ago. Once later. I finally got the dub, though, you know, mm. I thought it was chill, something I could just throw on and be like, "Huh, eh, that's a thing." Yeah. You know, that's basically the, be- but... the beginning and yeah. end of my point of it. I gotcha. Those fighting words, but or were there any 
others that you didn't like FDDNM? Uh, I mean, there's not really any that I didn't like, I don't think. Okay. Like, even Death Parade, as you said, I enjoyed, like, the concept of, oh, this is a creepy whatever game. Let's see how it ends up, mm-hmm. you know? A lot of them had their own things that made them enjoyable. And because I haven't watched as many as you guys did, well, you guys watched every single one of them, but <laughs> because I watch fewer, much fewer, you know, I don't have a big pool to to pick from. Fair enough. So I guess next topic is which titles left you the most surprised? Photon. Definitely. Yes. Definitely what? Seraphim Call. Definitely. Well, Seraphim Call and Salaryman Kentaro, because I had watched... I had watched the first disc of Salaryman Kentaro and thought it was really forgettable. Um, and the show like picks up like crazy two episodes into the second disc. And that, that was the biggest surprise to me because I didn't expect it to become my third favorite show, you know? Yeah. For me, it was photon because I went in with pretty much no expectations, but I was surprised at what they were able to do with it. You know, even though, Brad, you obviously don't care for the show much. What about uh, you, Augie? What's your biggest surprise? Well, I got five this time. <gasps> Number five. Detroit Metal City. Now, I heard it was good, but when I finally got a chance to watch it, I didn't expect it. I enjoyed the anime, but when I watched the anime and also the movie, I was far surprised with the movie as well. Yeah. It so under-promised and over-delivered. Pretty much. That's the way I saw it when I first watched it as well. Because I thought it was going to be some... Like, I was scrolling through the anime network, and you know how they have all these, like, non-shows, you know, that aren't really much of a anime? I think it's some of their live-action crap, or... It's a short series. I thought it was one of those. And I was like, at the beginning, it looks like that. It looks like it's going to be garbage. But then once it hits into the opening, I'm like, whoa, you got me attention now. Oh, what's going yeah. on? It hit its so, stride for sure. Okay, number, next up, Augie. Number, number two. four. Number four, pardon. Number four, which stands for L, um, is Salaryman Kentaro. Mm-hmm. Which I was a little angry when we watched that was because I didn't expect there to be a live action movie and <laughs> I got issue wasn't I issue I was angry about wasn't watching it, it was getting it at the time. Yeah. So that was that was rather enjoyable. It's like another variant of GTO. Great teacher yeah. on Azuka. <laughs> it, it, was, it was. I'm not. I'm not even going to open my mouth about it because I'll. I'll gush about how much I love that show for too long. So I'll just. I'll right. just quietly agree. Number three, Seraphim Call. Uh, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Number four, or no two, going backwards here, is Dakota. I didn't know what I was expecting. I walked into it, and wow, that was. That was very. I, la- I never laughed that. It's a Not show laughable. that I laugh and enjoy leisurely, and it didn't feel like any time at all had passed. And number one is Razaphon. Really? I, I knew it was an Evangelion clone, or that's what they kept calling it. 
but when I watched it, it felt like it took some aspects from Evangelion, took some aspects from Neo Rongo, put it together and made it their own while in, while including deeper plot plot points, character lines, and very 2001. When you say Neo Ranga, I think of Arrow Manga Sensei for some reason. It's also There's pronounced Neo Ranga. Well, what, AC? It's pronounced Neo Ranga, but I'll never convince you of that. Was there any other thing that we want to explore? Uh, Chat, what about you guys? Is there anything you want us to explore? Did I say Super Grand Prix? Super Grand no, Prix? No, that's. You don't. We'd already seen that. Like it's 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 hard to give that a fair thing because it's like a it's a compilation of like a couple episodes that they turn into a movie. Well, you know that it's just ran, we see one randomly on our shelves for a long time in a pseudo bootleg kind of yeah format. Finally popped it in, and wow, this was enjoyable, huh? The uh, the soundtrack too has such epic music in that, okay. and and it's like I don't know if they added it for the English one because I actually got the soundtrack for that. The, that amazing track is not on there. The piano track. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna quickly go over the list again. I'll just say yeah, Girls in Panzer. I, it was better than I expected, but I was. Like I, you guys know, I will watch anything that I think the premise is clever or that they do something clever. If there's a really clever pun in the title, I was telling um, FDD and M that I uh, I went down the the well, it's the it was actually the cheese aisle, but the the beer was on the other side, and I happened to walk past uh, a, like a whole wall of beers at my local grocery store that were just puns. And they had this one called Modus Hopperandi that, like, I, I don't even like beer, but I wanted to try it just because of how clever that name was. But um, with Girls in Panzer, uh, it's, a, it's such a clever premise. I thought it would be such a funny thing to explore. And um, the show itself was a lot more, like, I don't want to say serious, but, like, it took itself more seriously than I thought it would. And somehow that actually worked even better than how I thought the show was going to go. So. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah. and there was so much of it that we watched with the movie and the OVAs and the main series that um, it was a it was a really packed uh, two weeks that that I, period. But it was a, uh, it was it was, was fun. Was no, Lucky Star was the one that took us a month to actually talk about because uh, someone was busy with the baby. Uh, also, with Girls and Panzer, like before we watched that, AC didn't have the OVA and movie at the time, so I can't. So when I talked to him. He felt right, a little heckled because he didn't have it at the time and needed to save up yeah. money for the baby. That was the first time I just well, I just bought it for him and donated it to him. I still need to get uh I need to rebuy the No, I had I had the one OVA. I didn't have the, the other one, the real Anzio battle. But I need right. to rebuy the other ones now because they're there I have two DVDs and two Blu-rays. Um, and there's no DVD equivalent of the the ones you sent me. I was so, so I tempted to... to get the get that on the Sentai sale, but obviously I had to make cut downs. Yep. <laughs> I really should have just had you um, pay and have it shipped to my house instead of having me pay for your enormous order. <laughs> I definitely would have done that if I thought yeah. of it. Anyway, actually, my only comment on the girls and Panther thing is 
as long as it doesn't go bento level seriousness, I'm in. Because they took uh, they took themselves so seriously in some cases, and like I wasn't having it. But anyway, you didn't like bento. Well, I, I might have skipped. Uh, Golden Boy was another series that we uh, that we did. Oh hell yeah, that was my first anime review. I <laughs> I was really surprised how much I liked that. <laughs> it's strange for that podcast because Kentaro and Golden Boy and both were named both Kintaro. had the name Kentaro, yeah. <laughs> and we didn't even plan that, did we? Mm-mm. Yeah, that was funny. Oh, wh- we did. Oh, that's right. We picked that um, those shows because there was a Japanese holiday Prosperity. for workers. That's yep. why we did it. I was wondering. I was wondering why we chose those. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, so, go ahead. I was going to say, you can check out that Golden Boy review at my channel, youtube.com slash not footnum, because someone else took that link. But yeah, go check it out in the description. No, oh, okay, hold up. Your name is like somebody went and, and just randomly. Uh, That's because I actually did that to get that username. <laughs> yeah. How on earth did somebody already have it? <laughs> I think it's because it was my other non my other YouTube channel that isn't actually used. Was you can probably um you if you contact YouTube from that non-used channel, you can get them to I can't um, log back into it. I don't know why. I don't know the email that's linked to it. Well, so okay. If, if you reach ace. out to them and contact them, they they may actually um, give, give you the the thing. Because actually, what happened to me is I couldn't get uh, anime, collector, anime collector, and then later on it became available, and I actually have like three different URLs that'll take you to the page now. So, if you reach out to them, they might actually be able to do that. If you go to youtubecom slash six b t s k x zero, it's in the description. <laughs> You it's can, in the description of all the podcasts that FDD name is in. So if Evil AC is Russian, would Evil FDD and M be American? First of all, why is great? Evil AC Russian? And why would Evil FDD and M be American? Why? So well, I say Russian because obviously you have the beard, and the Russian evil clone of you would have a shaved face. Why are Russians more likely to have a shaved face when they live in, like, Siberia? The snow never bothered them anyway. Your logic is terrible. By the way, I do live in... I am American. I'm North American. Uh, so, yeah. I'm, you you live in a tundra. Piss off. The USA owns American trademark. <laughs> of course. I am a slave, but a humble slave. Okay, anyway. What were we going on uh, well i want to i want to suggest something here um in july we're planning to do samurai july and we haven't uh, filled out all the titles we're going to do for july yet so we are planning on doing what's the one called that you want to do augie like the clouds like the wind recently released from discotech this right. weekend unless for some reason right stuff isn't shipping them out but you can buy it at walmart Amazon.ca hasn't shipped my discotech stuff out yet I don't know why. It's not in stock. They're pulling a Viz slash Sentai bike. I, I think they I think they overloaded themselves with uh, selling at the conventions this past weekend uh-huh. instead of stocking the stores like they should. Uh, Discotech, they cram, when they go to Anime Expo at least, they stuff um, 
their suitcases with DVDs to sell. And they that's how they get them there. Uh, at least the last one uh, that I went to, because I think that there was an issue with them needing to be at a different convention like the next day after AX ended. Um, so they were they actually brought stuff uh, in suitcases. Um, so anyway, the so uh, the show that you're talking about um, is is that a show or a movie? It's a movie. It's a okay. movie. So I I would like to do that one. We had we have discussed doing that one um, in the first podcast in July because the first the first podcast in July is closer to your birthday, which you wanted to do it for your birthday, and also um, because of Anime Expo, which is going to be super hectic Ooh. and busy for me. Um, I want to do movies because it's like okay, I, I it's like the day before the podcast, I can just sit down and watch both of them um, instead of having to devote a lot of time. The second podcast in Samurai July, I was thinking about doing Bamboo Blade, um, but if you guys have a suggestion for a samurai show you'd like to watch, uh, I'd like to hear them so that we can sort of uh, decide on what we're going to be doing. What's the name of that? Uh... Samurai, Stranger Man, whatever. Sword of the Stranger. That's going to be going with um, the first uh, podcast of July. Sword, yeah, Sword of the Stranger. Well, so that should okay. be yeah. efficient. Is there any other Samurai? Unless movies? you guys want to do like um, an actual Akira Kurosawa film, like Seven Samurai or Rashomon or uh, Yojimbo or Sanjiro or something like that. I don't be cool with that too. Let's watch Ron. That movie's amazing. I feel like if uh, the decisions are kind of impacting, like, you know, oh, this is screwing up my schedule or anything, we shouldn't force ourselves a theme if it's inconvenient. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Lishansky uh, agrees on Ron, but he also brought up... Oh, Seven Samurai. Yeah, Seven Samurai would be fine with doing... I I thought you said Samurai 7 for a second. I can't watch that again. I, I can't sit... I can't sit through that whole show just to watch that last episode again. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I can't I, watch that annoying character pick up a gun and ruin the whole goddamn show in one scene. <laughs> I thought it was ruined as soon as the girl was like felt fallen in love with that old man. I was like, what? And then the young guy went insane and it's like, okay, wh- what's going on? But yeah. That, that would go along with... Uh... Speed Grapher for the time it was released over here caused that and Samurai 7 and Speed Grapher were kind of released at the same time, especially yeah. with the Viridian stuff. Uh, it was yeah, kind of it was just the time frame. It was like Black Cat and all that stuff. So yeah. we've got a suggestion of House of Five Leaves. Has that been released over here? I think it has been by NIS Cancer America. Uh, oh no. Um, someone said Damn, this actually looks really cool. And I, w- I would not mind watching this. This actually they, looks like a... They said Ninja There's a standard Scroll. edition. There's a standard edition from NIS, so... I'm down for that, if, if you guys want to do this. Here, let me uh, let me screen share real quick. So, so that You're not going to be very see. friendly to me and ok- Otaku, so... Hmm. What? Because we, we can't conveniently get NIS America titles. Okay, so that's the premium. Here's the uh, standard edition. So I'd be I'd be cool with uh, checking this out. How many episodes is this? The thing that has the worst art style in the history of mankind. Well, that's part of what what makes me want to check it out. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So so thanks for the feedback. I, I'll uh, I'll add that to our potentials list real quick. Yeah. 
House of Five Leaves. I think that's cool. So we still have some time to to determine yeah. things. I just wanted to get the conversation going. Ooh, Ninja Resurrection. How about that? Um, I wouldn't mind. Well, it's Samurai July. I, I will I will let us do ninjas if we want, but I wouldn't mind doing Ninja Scroll. Um, haven't seen that in a long time. Ninja and to address the comments with uh, one person with the empty shelves in the background. Right now, I'm at Jimmy the Reader's house, and I'm in between moves from old crappy apartment to a new apartment that I've been wanting to get into for a long time now. Augie um, speaks in uh, references that only Augie gets, so I'm just going to clear this up for everybody. Jimmy the reader Jimmy is what Aki the... calls the reader of his articles. It's it's no, like um, this is a real person. Okay, but just to... I don't the think anyone Norman was going to question or... Jimmy the reader. Like yeah. they probably could have thought of it as someone another YouTuber that they've just not heard of. <laughs> I don't think it's really important. <laughs> is hold on, Shiro no Toki is that another? Is that a samurai thing? I thought that was like more yeah. like a fighting. Isn't that like a full series though? What about That's what about Batman series. Ninja? Batman Ninja is definitely a samurai. <laughs> Ninja. All right, let's uh, let's move on to articles. Um, we're like we're lagging so far behind. It's already ten o'clock. Um, so I'm gonna pull up some articles. Let's get a couple of these out here before we get going. Sorry, guys, I can't look at the chat while I got the articles going. I like how on your background, the Street Fighter anime, Street Fighter, the animation, kind of commas in your background, kind of highlights in the corner there. Okay. Kenji Soda's Bean Bandit, new anime Kenichi project. Kenji Soda's Bean Bandit, new anime project. <sighs> all right. So first of all, Shame on the anime community. How is this not funded yet? I'm going to ask an opposite question. Why does he need funding? <laughs> I can get if it's a release over here, but for this... It is a release. What are you talking about? I rephrase that. I can understand if they're trying to bring it quickly to stores, but why does he need... More funding to produce another OVA. He should have okay. Plenty. Well, I can answer that question, and I can also answer the age-old question of why does Rally look like this? So here's here's the sitch. When, oh God, what what was the company that made um, Bubblegum Crisis? Is it OLM? Um, I don't know something something like that. Anyway, while um, Kenichi Sonoda was working there. They made the writing bean OVA. Okay. Rally looked like this, basically, in the writing bean OVA. And when he went right. to OLM to animate Gunsmith Cats. Okay. When later he went to uh to do Gunsmith Cats, and the rights to the character design were still held by the company that that was attached to allowing him to make the, the writing bean OVA and he couldn't use bean bandit or this design of rally. So he had to create a new design for rally that has the, the brunette shorter hair. And here's, here's where this gets really sad. 
he actually likes this design better, which I think is insane because the other design is, in my opinion, significantly better for Rally. Much more interesting, unique design to her. How about um, the young girl? Is her design not co- copyrighted? Or she anything? wasn't in Riding Bean. Oh, okay. So that so she didn't it didn't matter for her. So um, so that's actually what happened there. And I I would expect when you ask the question why does he need funding for this, it's perhaps due to certain legal issues that, right? regarding obtaining rights and making sure that it's all squared away so that this can be done the way he wants to do it, I suspect. Um, so, I, I mean, I if let me put it this way. If I had launched my business last year and I had this sort of disposable income, I'd have funded this whole thing myself. Okay, I, I don't care that he's asking for money. I want him to have my money. I want, I, I'm... I'm saddened by this because I was hoping that day one he'd get the funding, and then by the time the entire project was uh, the we'd Kickstarter was over, that he'd have like that he'd OBS. have like a thousand times what he had asked for, so that he would say like, "Holy shit, I should have done this years ago!" And then we'd have not just a five minute short, but like an entire series of this new project. Well, the difference between cats, like why is this not happening? You know, well, the difference between what he's doing now and the other two. The other two people know the product. People seen the product. People want a copy of that product. This is a new. Here thing. He's making something, and if you recall, uh, well, for us by rumor, Bubblegum Crisis twenty forty. When he revived something, it didn't work out so well. Did he revise it? Because he didn't make Bubblegum Crisis. He was only responsible for the character design. Okay, I didn't know that. Now this my- is entirely different. What I suspect is that people would look at this Kickstarter and think, five minutes, uh, that's not really much of a bang for my buck. So that's probably their impression. The actual cost is not that bad for getting the thing. Okay, I went way above and beyond because I want this to get funded. So I I cranked out a lot of cash in here. But but the actual amount to get like the Blu-ray stuff, it's not... I know, it's actually pretty decent. I'm just saying that people would probably not be interested in something that's going to possibly ending up being just a five minute short. Let me, let me put it this way. The fact that the gunsmith cats Blu-ray from, uh, from, uh, Animago got funded so quickly in under five hours should say that that those people should be first of all granted i didn't even know like i i was this was shared to me by reese i wouldn't have even known about this had somebody not made it clear to me you know um so there is the fact that apparently kenichi sonoda is not pulling in as much weight to the uh project as robert j woodhead did for for his own stuff because he already had you know people were already familiar with his projects that he had done for for um Bubblegum crisis and all that, right? In the I'm past, uh, Robert J. Woodhead wasn't running the operation. Yeah, it I, it almost seems like a misstep. To I mean, Anime is not actually attached to this. It's just that Robert J. Woodhead yeah, and yeah, sort of that. You know, so I guess it makes sense not having it go on Robert J. Woodhead's uh, Kickstarter 
because then Kenichi Sonoda would have to be like logging in and it, it would just get messy. It, it would just, make it, sense from the perspective that they've released the previous things, uh, yeah. writing Bean and stuff. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm thoroughly disappointed in the fact that, I mean, granted, this is a lot of money compared to what, you know, they were asking for, for some other projects, but uh, I think it was 90,000 for gunsmith cats. But right. uh, I'm just, I'm just disappointed that this isn't further because you know that when it comes to especially people like Kenichi Sonoda, this guy goes above and beyond for all the stuff that he does for anime ego stuff. And if he had the funding, he would make this thing incredible. So anyway, um, I'm ready to move on. I just, I, I'm, sure. I'm a little disappointed. Hey, see, can you confirm this one detail that I've been wondering? Go ahead. Has Robert J. Woodhead shared this project on his? He did in the Kickstarter? update. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he uh, he mentioned it in the updates for his Kickstarter for Gunsmith Cats, um, and I think it's been shared on Twitter. And it's just, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm sharing it now because I want more people to see it, and I would right. appreciate it if everybody who's watching, you know, would take a moment to just share it with your friends. Because on the off chance, I I don't want this to, I don't want 16 days to go by, and people to find out about it after the fact and be like, oh God, I wish I had known about that, you know, so. Anyway. I mean, still, it's like they need less than six thousand to go. Oh no, I know they're going to get there. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not. I'm not you fretting over the fact that they aren't going to get it funded. I just want them to knock it out of the park. I want it to be over a hundred percent funded. I want it to be over two hundred percent funded. I want them to have so much money that they do more with it. I want to. I want to release the shackles on Kenichi Sonoda and say. Do what you want with this. Make something amazing like you did with the previous projects attached to your, your IPs. Okay. I want I want the creative freedom to flow through his veins rather than feeling strained at the fact that, that the margins they're making here are razor thin. In order to get this going, they put the price point at something that's like, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable, but we can do it. Okay, we can do it. It's going to take a lot of blood, sweat and tears, but we can do it if we get this bare minimum. I want them to get way above that so that so that they can basically turn on the NOS basically and and crank through some incredible projects uh, because they have that that creative freedom because the financial aspect has been like it's had its ass kicked. All right. So that's my opinion on the matter. Yeah, um, I see what you mean. I think, though, that even if this only for some reason gets the five minute OVA, if they're able to like make that, perhaps it could, I don't know, essentially uh, boot up something for a studio looking into making a full TV series. Yeah. Right, Shark Tank. Right. Which, which for the record, I think that no matter what, there will be more of this. Okay. Yeah. Even if they only get the funding for it, I think that this is going to be the little thing that launches. And, and once it's online and people are actually seeing it and they're like, because you know that this is going to go a lot more viral after the point right now where it's really crucial for it to go viral. Once the stuff is actually created, people are going to be like, holy shit, where did this come from? You know, and then, and then it's going to actually gain some traction. And I guarantee that there will be something more, but I want that something more to have even greater of an impact. I want this to go so far because it has the potential to Kenichi Snow is one of like the most unique, incredibly um, detailed uh, uh, creators for projects and has such an, uh, a unique vision for things. Uh, Brad, in- we're sold on the facts. Kenichi's great. Sure. And 
stuff. But I, I'm just saying, like, he, he has he he will approach something that a lot of other things have tried, you know, like, for instance, Miami Guns, Black Lagoon, uh, and not to say that they aren't also great, but he just approaches it from his own perspective and does uh, really things that you don't see with other stuff. And I just I want I want that to to I, I want it to do better anyway. Let's go Let's ahead see, and uh, briefly uh, lock your camera in. There you go. Okay. Sitting here talking and stretching around like he man. Okay. So do you do you have something you want to say about this particular screen or? Oh no! I just want since this is the focus, I want people to see the focus, not us jumping around. All right. So I'm going to move on to the next article because I think we've beaten this to death. Is that all right? Yes, that'll work. Okay, so convention news. Dragon Ball Tour 2018 lines up more cities, dates, and activities. I read this article like four times, and I had no flipping idea what this was. Uh, I watched the video, and I still had absolutely no idea what it was. I, like, I had no friggin' idea. But when I, when I looked down here, I, I read this thing. This was actually, I thought this was really awesome. <laughs> so basically, they're, they're going to Comic-Con, Otakon, Fan Expo Canada, Rose City Con- They're going to all these places, right? And I'm like, okay, so they're going to the convention. What is it? I don't know what it is, right? Is but it, here's yeah. the- is it like what those um, in Detroit, Mel City, the Power Rangers display live action thing that all the I kids have visit? no idea what this is. Okay, That's what it looked but like. the Dragon Ball Tour will take place within a life-sized replica of the World Martial Arts Tournament. So this thing. Just that I'm spectacle like, on its own would be cool enough, right? Yes. So I'm not going to any of these things. I'm I might go to Comic Con, um, if uh, if my friend gives me his ticket. Um, but uh, well, I hope the seventh event location is Anime Expo. I'd lo- this just look like, I I just want to I want to experience this. I don't know what the heck it is. There's also um, exclusive like card game items and stuff. So there's going to be like a lot of exclusive things you're only going to be able to get. Uh, at the event, but um, yeah, I, I, I have no idea what it is. Anyway, so that, this sounded really cool to me that they're actually doing it in this life-sized replica of the World Martial Arts Tournament. I wonder moving if it's going to be like a Chinese theater. But moving on to uh, Korea's coming out Korea with a live-action Jinro live movie. Jinro movie. Yep. You really beat me to that one. Um, so yeah, so I just, uh, I don't have much to say about it other than this is happening, right? Um, I don't I don't feel like it needs a live action movie. Personally. That's what I was kind of thinking. I was like, where'd this come from? I thought it already well, had its live action adaptations with no, the dogs. No. Uh, uh, there's the Red Spectacles and Stray Dog are two separate things that are kind of in the same vein, but they're not like the same exact story with the same character. I don't. I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I haven't watched them, but I just uh, from what I heard, other people make the same argument in comments on things. Um, what the hell is this? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I want to get off this page. <laughs> um, so but the thing about I... the thing about Jin Ro is that um, this was, I think, the last anime where they actually hand animated on cells every single bullet hit, <laughs> individual like so. Every like, in, if a machine gun is firing, it's like every frame they would add a new bullet hole and they would hand draw it, you know, going in and everything. Um, whereas nowadays they'll just like burst fire them into like, you know, a couple frames instead of 
doing it that way. So that's 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 my feedback on Jinro. Uh, uh, it's a great movie, uh, very visually stunning, so visually stunning that I don't think it needs a live action remake. <laughs> but uh, it, you guys, well, it'll be an interesting there? thing to watch. I mean, yeah. Uh, not expecting them to use that amount of bullets in this movie, but I want so desperately to get away from that that thumbnail <laughs> on the side. <laughs> you guys, um, are you guys? Uh, can you click on Midnight Pulp? I seemed like their commercials. Were you talking advertisements? About? Were, you, were you seeing that? Uh, click on this. Yeah, I've been wondering about this site. So that. Okay, I know the future articles we're going a future article will talk more oh, crap. about it. Did but, I select yeah. it to be on Brad's screen by mistake? I have it on my screen. Okay. Oh shit. We got first it. of all first of all, no. No. <laughs> no. Michael Jai White was the perfect spawn. The movie was terrible, but the actor was perfect. <laughs> Jamie Foxx. I like the original actor. I thought the costuming was pretty good. Just kind of wish they went a different CG I route there. It, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> when we yeah, talk we, about Dragon Maid, I'll show the clip. But I actually recently rewatched a clip from from the old Spawn movie, and I gotta say, um, I realized. Uh, so, Nostalgia Critic just put out a video on Deadpool. Um, talking about how the the what Deadpool did, it's literally it's not doing anything new. It's just doing it a different way, kind of thing. And then when he didn't mention it, but as I was rewatching the clip from Spawn, I'm like, "Hey, that's right. Spawn was another superhero movie that was rated R, where the main character had a horribly disfigured face underneath the mask." <laughs> anyway, moving on. All right. Yes. Thank you. I want to get off that site. I'm so tired of looking at that bop it with the <laughs> with the sex toy stuff on it. Anyway, um, so this is live action anime news. Um, for anybody who has ever said to themselves, I want my live action anime to be a live action version of the anime instead of like what Hollywood's been doing. Look, I have an answer for you. You could literally just watch this because it looks exactly like whatever this thing is. Um, and Weirdly, these are completely unconvincing as animate objects, too. Um, but yeah, so this is like a web series uh, for Utsunuke um, that is getting a web adaptation in Japan. So moving on, because nobody actually wants to talk about that. Saw this. Uh, Paul Rudd is being eyed for the lead role in the Sonic the Hedgehog film, where he would play a cop named Tom who befriends Sonic and will likely team up to take down Robotnik. Now, apparently they couldn't get Paul Rudd because the next article here says James Marsden to star. So is Paul Rudd the lead or is James Marsden going to be the star in Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Uh, this is the actor who played Cyclops in the X-Men franchise, the, the old Cyclops, not the like young Cyclops from the Days of Future Past timeline. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's the thing. Is, is that's Paul the thing. Is Paul Ant-Man? Yes. Okay. Oh, cool. He was also in, uh, if that's the case, he was also in Anchorman as the guy who wore the Sex Panther at work. The <laughs> yeah. horrible cologne. <laughs> it's got ground up bits of real Panther. Yeah. It works 60% of the time. Oh, all well, the time. Okay. 
Don't get me started. Don't get my brain down that path. So um, in further live action anime news, uh, I, I clicked on this link. I was just curious because these are characters that like, especially for the fangirls, it's like, uh, you're going to be real hit or miss with them. And I, I just wanted to see them. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's kind of weird how blue Sasuke's hair is. And Naruto looks really terrible. And then I kept zooming down. Like, what the heck? <laughs> a lot of what I shared uh, this podcast is going to be a lot of. What and I do I'm realize this is Kabuki, right? I know what it is. I know okay. what it is. I just, uh, I'm sharing the, the what the heck moments. All right, moving on. Right. Um, does. I know you watched the Kabuki Policeman earlier this year. Sergeant Kabuki, Kabuki now. You know, yes. Okay, streaming news. Loop on the thar. Uh, the Third. Uh, I'm going I'm to start that over for the sake of my favorite show here. Loop on the Third, Part 4, anime returns to Toonami on June 2nd. So uh, coming very soon, um, the day after tomorrow, you guys will be able to continue watching Loop on the Third, Part 4, if you're watching it on Toonami. In the uh, U.S.? In the U.S. Uh, I think Toonami uh, has a has an online thing, though, don't they? Don't they have a thing where you can watch it online now? Yes, through Adult Swim, I believe. I could be wrong. Yeah, so you could... Uh, it, um, I, I assume that's available to more people than just who's in the U.S. Anyway, you guys, you guys ready? I'm going to move on. Uh, Midnight Pulp streams uh, Arcadia of My Youth, Toriko the Movie, more discotheque films. So this is actually the website we were just looking at. Yeah. Kind of so yeah, they're going to be streaming this stuff. Um, I don't know who shared this article to me, actually. Me. Okay, so you have anything you want to say about it? Um, I really like the promotions that they've been having on like Amazon and Facebook. I don't know much about this streaming site, but if anything, it definitely has a style to it. I'm like, okay. here's Crunchyroll, you better watch it. Kind of vintage stuff yeah. well except for Torico. So these seem all these are all things that have been uh, licensed by Discotech. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's oh, the... it literally says it literally said yeah. that right there. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse like me while I fire myself from the podcast. Uh Toku airs Ultraman uh is that supposed to be Mobius? Is what's yeah, it called? Ultra Mobius. I never never I thought that might have been a um oh I, I always thought that I thought it was Moby. Anyway, uh, spin-offs launching streaming website beta. So, Augie, I think you shared this one, too. You want to you wanna talk about it? Yeah, what surprised me is with, uh, if you paid attention to Twitch the past couple of months, they were streaming Ultraman stuff. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then uh, this comes up, and they're streaming it on this. To- you took the page away from me. Toku Airs. Toku Airs I'm site. So, I'm not sure if the people who own Ultraman are going to come out and just release it themselves. Is Shout Factory involved? What's going to happen to the properties of Saban Films that's going to be later on? I don't know. All right. Um, I'm moving on. Just a quick Next. note is yep. that. On Adult Swim Toonami thing, I have to select from a provider that are all... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things. So you actually have to... Have the, you're right. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, you have to have that. So, um, Give me yours. I'll use... <laughs> yeah, I might, actually. I think no, uh, until I, until I call Cox and tell them to disconnect that because I, I absolutely can't stand their internet right now. Um, yeah, I, I'll give you mine if I, if I have the thing. 
Attack on Titan season three gets world premiere in the U.S. Oh wait, I read that as just can- Canadian theaters. I didn't know that was coming to the U.S. too. It always it comes, comes to, Canada, to the U.S. It comes to the U.S. No, I thought it was I, I I thought it was bizarre when I read it the first time because I thought it was just Canada. I was like, you lucky. I mean, if it's in Canadian theaters, it might be an article that's saying it comes here too because I know recently there was some movie was said to screen in Canada. It's that new one with the new director's debut film. But anyway, yeah. Okay, so it's going to be... Why is it Season 2, Attack on Titan, Roar of Awakening, Season 3, Episode 1? What? So they're going to like... Is this a movie? Or is it Ancient Magus Bride? It's a recap of Season 2. Oh, okay. I read the end of the first paragraph. That sounds dumb. Yeah, well, I didn't read this article, so apologize. It's going to air on July 10th for the sub and July July 11th 11th for the dub. dub. Where? Probably away from where I live. Well, you might, it might be in, uh, we might be able to go see it. I'll have to get through uh, season two (laughs) before uh, before we go do that. You're showing a recap of it, though. Okay, but I'd like to still see it. (laughs) I know. All right. Cowboy Bebop gets 20th anniversary screenings with updated sound. So, um, to be what, honest, the yeah, entire actually... 26 episodes. No, no, no. the uh, I think I think it's the movie. Oh no, it is the show and the movie. Even worse, all all of it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, I thought it was just the movie, but both the both. space western television series and the movie. Okay, so um, this is for Tokyo. Okay, so the updated sound is um, not anything that probably matters to us, but maybe they'll maybe they'll throw it in the in the Funimation Cancer editions. Well, who knows? Um, not. So the reason, yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I'm glad that they're celebrating it because it's it's 20th. But since Cowboy Bebop's didn't Cowboy Bebop didn't do well in Japan, I'm kind of surprised they're doing these screenings. I think it's um, what it is, is that it's what's known as a cult classic over there where it didn't like, for instance, Fight Club is a cult classic. It's like pretty much everybody has seen it. It's got a huge following. But when it first came out, nobody went and saw it and nobody cared about it. So I, I think that it, I think that after the fact that has gained quite a bit. And I mean, it, no, I mean, it was more popular in the West, but it was still popular in Japan. Anyway, so. Somebody asked me to share this. I don't remember who. Are you guys still there? Did my connection die? I'm no, still, here. still here. Okay. It's 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 been weird because you guys get so quiet um, in your in your new place, Augie, that I feel like last week where it got so quiet because you had already been disconnected because of my internet. Anyway, so what I want to say here is that I'm not a part of your life. On Reddit, I saw a uh, somebody had posted that they worked for a theater or something that had screenings of this um, coming out for the movie and they actually were commissioned to make um, a new custom poster. So this was the poster and it was for sale, but uh, before the podcast time, it had already been sold out. So um, can't get it anyway, but I thought it was pretty cool. I want to share it with you guys. Uh, Moving on. Detective Conan Zero the Enforcer continues its box office domination for seven consecutive weeks. Uh, Also, and I I could have shared this article, but decided not to because I'm just going to say it right now. Um, It is now the highest grossing Detective Conan film in the series. And again, it is still surpassing uh, Last Jedi and a bunch of other movies that I don't care about. But maybe you do. I don't mean to throw you guys under the bus. 
It's obvious that Discotech has a really good relationship with TMS. With TMS, yeah. So hopefully TMS also has and then Detective do Conan. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like with uh, the Lupin movie, G- Jigen's Grave. Mm-hmm. I wonder if when they finally announce that they get Detective Conan or Case Closed, whichever they want to call it, I don't care. Will they release this movie first along with the series? Well, what I want to know is if they get... Detective Conan, which I think is still airing in Japan. Yep. Are they going to do standard def Blu-rays with like 400 episodes? I think it depends on the masters they have. Because if they don't yeah. have HD masters, they'll do SD no, Blu-ray. But I, I mean, will they do standard def Blu-ray just to sell sets? An absurd amount. An absurd amount of episodes because there's so this show is like 900 episodes long now or something. Right. Well, that's kind of a trick question because it depends on how they write up the li- license agreement. Cause... Yeah, because One Piece has like 16, no, 22 collections or something now. You know? Right. Yeah. So um, to that point, r- real quick about if if uh, um, Discotech gets it and everything, uh, it, I'm just, it, things are, the stars are lining up, podcast, do your magic, to get, to get them just... to start dubbing stuff and to have them not only... Because they, because TMS owns Lupin and Case Closed, TMS has a great relationship with Discotech. If Discotech gets this, the stars all aligned, we could see them not only get this, but bring in the old actors that Funimation used for the I dub before that. Funimation dropped it. Get them to to dub the more of the show. And can you imagine the Detective Conan Lupin the Third uh, crossover special with? Dub. A dub of the original Lupin characters and the original Detective Conan characters. That would just be an incredible. Uh, that would, uh, that would be such still, a hot ticket item. I feel like that for, would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, instead of asking, I'm going to say this: if they get the if they get the Detective Conan series, they're more likely going to get this movie to release along with it, since it's doing yeah. that well. True. They probably would cut them a deal. But it would be nice if they would release the other movies too, because I think only six of the like movies have come over here so far over. out of twenty. Yeah. So. I love that one? as well because you know I got a bootleg that I need to replace. <laughs> a bootleg that I'm buying off of you for the bootleg series. Wait, wait, FDDM, you can't say bootleg. You're Canadian. You have to say contraband. Boy, All right, I'm going to move on. I don't know. Okay, so I've got two articles here. I think this is the one that I was asked to share. I think Reese asked me to share this. Katakawa apologizes to Boogie Pop and others artists for anime miscommunication. So I'm going to explain real quick what happened here. Um, So I actually read these articles because I wanted to know, since it was actually asked to be shared, uh, I wanted to know why this was important. Um, Obviously, it's important because we've talked about Boogie Pop on the on the podcast and all that. But um, basically what happened is that the, the new series is being made and animated by Madhouse, which is actually the company that did the original series. Um, they had a sort of a chain of command miscommunication where not all of the character designs and stuff had been sent to the original creator artist for um, approval. And stuff had started showing up on social media that like he didn't sign off on. And so there was a miscommunication that re- that has been resolved um, regarding that. All right. So that's that's basically what's ne- needed to be said about all this. Is that uh, are you guys cool if I move on? Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
All right, this was all, I think Otakuso asked me to, or he had put this in, you know, for us to talk about. Kimono Friends Sloths okay. debut in New Zoo collaboration in June. Um, probably should have put this in a different section, but um, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of hate sloths. <laughs> I don't know why this like yeah. got so popular on the internet and became this huge meme. And it's like, for me, I've just, I've, it's it, a these big Same with llamas, but this itty bitty palm. How do you eat? Two toed sloth. Oh, I was going to say the right, one on the right has three toes, though. Why do both of them only have one shoe on? They're they're holding they're the shoe. What's going on? I don't care about this. <laughs> um, a little bit about Kimono Friends. Originally, it was a cell phone game that failed, but they had an anime. Yeah. Yeah, because they had the anime. anime on order before the game even launched or whatever, right. and then the game got canceled, but the anime still went on and got big. What was funny was the people who were animating the anime didn't know the game was canceled to like when they were almost they done with so. it. Um, I'm going to address Naughty Senpai's comment. It says, don't you mean Solo? Not The Last Jedi? I was actually reading directly from the article. It said Last Jedi. Um, so these are these are the theaters in Japan regarding the detective Conan thing referring to other records that have been, yeah, that it had surpassed the last Jedi. Um, so solo has just come out. Uh, this is, uh, there's no way it doesn't, it doesn't matter because, because it's the seventh consecutive week, according to that article for, for it to be dominating the box office. Solo just came out. It doesn't even, it, you can't even say it's dominating it when it just came out. Right. So we're talking, we're talking uh, last Jedi for sure. And Reese um, says um, that the recap, it's the recap movie for season two of attack on Titan plus the first episode. Of three. Yeah. I mean, that's better, but that's still, you know, Whatever. I'm not going to go to the theater right. all that. Um, okay, so uh, I want to real quick address something I'm just curious about. I want to use this as a branching off point because Augie was talking about cell phone game. So when the iPhone uh, first came out and it was like the first smartphone... Um, second. Well, not Okay, whatever. Whatever. More but, okay. When, when smartphones came out... Um, there was this craze that really hit Japan, especially where mobile games, I mean, mobile games have always been a thing in Japan, but like it just, it, it kind of exploded to the point where it seemed like game developers and stuff in Japan is like, Oh yeah, we were going to do like, uh, like uh, for example, like maybe silent Hill game for a console, but you know, we just decided to switch over to mobile. We we're going to do everything mobile. And it's like, I feel like the entire community of people who play games are like, what the hell are you doing? Like this, nobody wants this. We want to continue playing consoles, right? And I it's like they just they just walked away from everybody's everybody's opinion. And in Japan, apparently people actually play these games, and I understand why. Due to the schedule that they have, they play them on trains and stuff. They don't have the ability to just sit and binge on a game for hours and hours. The, the That's way why the that Switch was made, you might, right? I, I totally get it, uh, you know. But I'm just saying, like, um, has that changed? Like, do people actually care about mobile games? Has this has this changed in the West at all? It's I'd say I, more so as time waster games. If it's anything that's attempting to be a full fledged game, then it'll just fall on its face. In Japan, this craze that you're describing started like back when you had the Nokia cell phone. I mean, it's been a big business over there for quite a long time now. Now, I still question why Konami isn't making games, but that's another story. But like FDDM saying over you know here. What? Konami has like hired and elevated to 
decision making status like an outside consultant who is sabotaging the company. I don't know what is going on over there, but no all knows. of their popular games, it's like, um, so what games should we stop working on? Well, let's look at this list. And then they went to sort it by least popular games and accidentally sorted it by most popular. Yeah. Let's get rid of silent Hill, metal gear, solid Castlevania. Like they just slashed. Hey, see, all the you're stuff also kind of three years behind on this topic. Okay, but I'm just saying, that's, that's what they did, and I, I just, I, I don't gain, I think you know, everyone's uh, aware of how scummy Konami is at this point. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's continue then. Discotech's uh, Loop on the Third, Legend of the Gold Babylon will be released with a new English dub. If you want to check it out, there's actually a question you can watch. Question. When they say new English dub, do they mean that they're making a brand new one that never existed, or they're replacing an older dub? That is a good question. I didn't think about that because um, this particular title, I think, had been yeah previously released the film on VHS and Laserdisc, but changed the title character's name title character's name to Rupon to Rupon? avoid legal issues with oh uh, Maurice LeBlanc. Yeah, so there. Well, this has happened. There was actually a, there were actually a couple different names that Lupon went by back in the day. There was the Wolf. They called him um, the Wolf instead of Lupon. Uh, so there were there were a lot of things. So yeah, I guess they're going to read the same way that, that uh, four kids change Zoro in One Piece to Zolo and stuff. I actually prefer Zolo. Does any does anybody agree with me there? I like I Zolo because with, yeah. it's different from what I was going to. Yeah, because Zoro's already a thing. You're like thinking of Zoro, obviously. Yeah, it makes it, it like it's too on the nose. I can it, see Zorro. why you think it's better, but. I have been associated with Zoro as Zoro for so long that I can't see him as Zolo, but I, I can see why you'd think that. I'd probably think the same thing as well if I didn't watch One Piece. All right, so um, moving on from here. All for One gets legendary voice for My Hero Academia, and uh, the person that they've got for this is for the Japanese dub, of course. Um, they've got the, the uh, voice actor who played Bato in Ghost in the Shell and Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. Now, my question to you is if they brought uh, the same approach to this character in the English dub, would, would you, you want to see the Bato voice from uh, Standalone Complex voice this character? Or would you want, if we're, again, if it's the same approach, would you want to, would you prefer it for this character to have the English Bato voice from Standalone Complex, David Hayter, who voiced Snake, or. Kiefer Sutherland, who voiced Snake. I can't play the Metal Gear Solid games at all because I don't like the controls. So, wait, when's the, those two which off. one is the last one you played? Beats me, I guess. Sons of Liberty. Okay, they actually re-released both Sons of Liberty and um, Metal Gear Solid Three with. Uh, an updated camera system that might actually make you want to go back and check it out. But I'm anyway. all right. I'm all right. But to my question, uh, what do you think? Balto from Standalone Complex okay. would work. If I had to take a guess with Funimation with how that character looks, it's probably going to be the guy that voices Piccolo. <laughs> he already does all night, though. <laughs> Look at him again. You're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, Kiefer Sutherland was in an anime. Actually, come to think of it, he was in um, Atlebor. Oh no, yeah, you're right. Armitage. Armitage. You're right. 
just kill me. I'm wrong about everything. Studio Kara puts out call for Ava animators. Uh, yep. and I'm going to translate this this title. To, oh, no, no, they already put it. Dang. Dang. I was about to say this. The final rebuild may be a while uh, incoming. So, um, yeah, I guess. But, hey, at least at least they're moving forward on it, right? Yeah, I think they already announced that they were finally doing that after he finished the Godzilla film. No, that's true. He didn't announce that in a press conference. Now, AC, before we continue, yep. going back to Gold of Babylon. What I've been wondering all this time is why the delay for Gold of Babylon? Okay, because there are prob- okay, probably because of the dub, number one. And other priorities. Number two, number two because of uh, obtaining the rights to different things regarding... Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this was also shoot. Okay, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go go to the trouble of grabbing and stuff. But this film was actually directed by Seijun Suzuki, and uh, if you guys remember a couple podcasts ago, I showed you those um, box sets that were released by Arrow Video that were limited to a, a thousand copies um, of the Seijun Suzuki collections. Um, so anyway, that bring that up. Anyway, back to back to your question though. Um, I think that it may have something to do with communications with Animago about, you know, getting the dub, if they're going to include that dub and then also have the new English dub. And is this the first DVD? I think it's the first DVD that has pink jacket loop on. Uh, second green versus red has pink jacket in it. Oh, does it? I, I own that, but I haven't sat and watched that yet. Cause it wasn't dubbed and I'm, I'm holding out for that, for that dub. Well, you better hold out now. Cause it was, it won that tie. It won that vote. I know. I saw that it won the vote. This is why I'm still. Or is no? Yeah, you're right. That that was the poll that had ended. The other poll was still going on. Okay. Anyway, can we uh, can we go on to the next thing here? Yeah. Yeah. I know Gold okay. of Babylon is not supposed to be one of the better Lupin movies, but hey, I'm uh, ready and willing hey, to watch it. They're all they're all worth seeing at least once. So as far as yeah. Ava goes, I've not. I've hold held off on watching any of the rebuild films because Same. I just want to binge all of it binge, and get it yeah. over with. I don't. In fact, just... I I think it would be beneficial for us watch club wise. I I saw Ava once. I thought it was really overrated, but I would like to give it another shot. I agree. At some point, I'm, I'd I'm like to watch club go through all of Ava in a month or something, and yeah, perhaps we do the series. Focus. And then the next the next podcast would be the the movies and the rebuild. But we'll we'll get to that when the time comes. Does does everybody agree? Sure. I I just said uh, that I think you know we should. I semi want to wait till it's accessible again, but God knows when that's happening. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm not in any rush to see it. And uh, the rebuild is going to be a while coming, as they said. So um, you probably That's have true. time. <laughs> we have time to wait. So anyway, Yuri on Ice, real movie rumors summary. So this, I, I'm still not quite sure if this is actually for an animated movie or for a live action movie. I believe it's for an animated movie because it said Aqua Rink Chiba suddenly has signatures on display from all the Yuri on Ice staff. What does that mean signatures? As in, like they they came in there and they they uh, they um, signed a piece of paper. They autographed they something, you know. So the, 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 you know how some restaurants have like you know celebrity photos up on the wall of people who've eaten there, kind of thing. Okay. It's, it's probably something like that. Um, it has been shut down until six a.m. for filming of a movie. See, it says for 
filming of a movie. Canadian skater Jeffrey uh, Buttle on site in motion tracking gear. Um, so I believe this person said in their thing, 5 a.m. at 5 a.m. after being at the rink since 9:30 p.m. The sun was coming up as I was finishing my last take. Can't wait to see how the movie turns out. So I still, I still don't know, and I'm sure that almost nobody watching right now actually even cares about Yuri on Ice. But I can't tell if this is okay. for a live action movie or not. But they're saying that he's wearing motion tracking gear. Yeah. So my like hypothesis. Good. Yeah, it sounds like they're doing mocap stuff to either rotoscope the character models or to kind of get a better idea on how these characters would move. Better be better than the freaking uh, angel beats scene I mentioned. <laughs> yeah, we're, I still haven't seen that clip that you were going to find. That I linked me. to you already. I don't think you ever did. <laughs> I did um, during the podcast that time. Yeah, so yeah. I, I tried to figure out stuff by looking at people's comments, but it's all kind of Fujoshi everywhere. gasms happening. So I, nobody was actually helpful, but um, uh, so um, what I suspect it is, is that the motion tracking gear is, I, I think this is what I would expect for a movie is that what they're doing is they are motion tracking his skating so that they can do some very complicated camera moves in the anime movie. Um, and they're using the motion tracking data as a way to, um, to, to be able to see the movements of these complicated, like triple axel and all that stuff kind of moves um, so that they can have reference that they will then animate later or sell shade uh, in some places, perhaps um, actual, um, ice skated, you know, animation uh, of, with using like 3d models and stuff. But I, I really suspect if it were me, I would use this for uh, some complicated camera moves that would be in the movie. Uh, but I don't know. I just, this kind of came out of nowhere and I was sort of interested just being a VFX artist. I was interested how this is you know, going. So anyway, I'm going to move on. Cause I don't think anybody else cares. I forgot um, how you guys in the U S uh, call it ice skating. It's what do you call it? Skating. Well, because Just in like the US we have we have we have, hockey, we have roller hockey. skates and and rollerblades, so we have a whole different. Uh... Yeah, but you're already redefining it by saying roller. And okay, stuff no, like here's the thing: Canada you live land. in Canada, where where everything is where iced ice over is year the round, so everybody skates because they skate on on quote unquote skates because that's the only thing you can do out there because your sidewalks are made of ice. Exactly. <laughs> so it's the normal. <laughs> normal for you in, in the, the the ice climate uh, north of the wall. <laughs> I don't even get snow. All we get is pollen. Anyway, uh, Brocoli Shueisha partner developed multimedia project with planned anime uh, and game adaptations. Um, I think we discussed something similar to this. I don't know if it was Brocoli at the time, though. Um, and I actually saw something interesting in here um, about it. I What was it? I saw something in here that caught my eye. So somebody actually asked us to share this. I don't remember who it was. Um, okay. So what do you want to say about this while I look at the... So this project's aimed at women, um, including one that is a partnership with Shueisha. So I'm imagining with Brokely being involved, if I'm thinking of the right animation studio, that we're probably going to see some uh, Galaxy Angel. Well, Angels for being crossed over. Uh, I was so unaware that Galaxy was like 100 classic stars. Oh, there you go. Go ahead, FDDM. 
I was saying I was unaware that Galaxy Angel was like over a hundred episodes. I had no idea. Okay. It's because there's a, a bunch of different series. There's Galaxy I, Angel. I know. Galaxy I know. I found a, that out. It's just I didn't yeah. know about that. Like it's all the same series. It's just because it's split up. You don't think of it that way, or I didn't. It's not all the same series, but, but Wikipedia most of it says is. it's all okay, the same series. Galaxy Angel Rune, I don't think you could consider the same series. Yeah, that's the only difference that yeah. wasn't on the list. Okay, AC on the last uh, paragraph, that that's where it starts to list the different shows from the animators. Oh, hold on, I'm, I'm rereading it because I'm looking for the thing that caught my eye. Okay. Broccoli is known for its media franchises, Digichart, Galaxy Angel, Aquarian Age, Zillions of Enemy X, Utano Prince Sama, and Kamigami no Asobi. All of which have inspired anime adaptations. The company was also involved in production for such anime as Peta 10, HO, Sega Force. Naughty Senpai says, Isn't it pronounced like broccoli, the vegetable? <laughs> um, I'm pretty spell. sure they called it broccoli on the. Um, like Ufotable? Oh, right here. This is what it was. Bro- Broccoli uh, previously owned Gamers. That's what caught my eye. The 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 place, the retail chain that was in um, Lucky Star. That's that's what caught my eye on this uh, article. Okay. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that Broccoli is Broccoli. Yeah, Broccoli, not broccoli. You know we're going to keep calling it broccoli, right? You can call it whatever the heck you want. I'm just calling it what it's called. Silent okay. Mobius QD manga ends next month. The whole reason I wanted to share this is because since we got another manga series of this done, maybe if the stars align, start shoot a certain way, the plants align, the seas stop having waves for a couple of hours, AC finally eats a fish sandwich on camera. We I might literally get another... had a tuna sandwich uh, before the podcast started. <laughs> before the podcast, but not on the podcast. I have a second one in the fridge. You want me to do this on camera so that the Silent Mobius manga will get turned into a new anime adaptation? Oh, yes, please. It was too Augie. All right, I'm going to go get it. Hang tight, everyone. So looking at the at the cover, it looks like his uh, either his artwork's improved or he... Or they got another artist to come in and really do a good paint job. Yeah, that looks nice. I really enjoyed the first two movies, which pretty much the TV series just kind of spinned off from that. I enjoyed the TV series. What kind of caught me off guard, though, while rewatching it is the second ending of it is a song from the band Chicago. That threw me off. Uh, together to the end of time, I think, is what it's called, or that's one of the lyrics. Is what is with the nose of the girl on the complete that's his art collection? Style. She, yeah, she has. They, he draws them with with weird shading on the noses. Um, so this series um, actually has a special place in my heart because I think Silent Mobius was the first box set I ever bought um, for my collection. So. I have a I have a soft spot for the series. Here we go. This is no. like the voodoo dance you have to do to get the uh, to get the podcast magic working. Let's grab my uh, tuna sandwich here. There you go, tuna and chatter. 
I'm gonna have to take a bite on camera so that so that the magic happens. For the... <laughs> so the ritual's complete. Oh, God, I really should not have gotten two sandwiches and put one in the fridge. It's like soaked. <laughs> you know how it gets all soggy. Oh, that means it's flavorful. There oh, it's goodness. Oh, talking. <laughs> it's official now. So uh, how soggy is it, AC? Is it full of mayonnaise? Did you forget to toast the tuna before they slathered the stuff on? I didn't make it. I bought it from Sandwich Masters. Let me show you how soggy it is. That's how soggy it is. Uh, Yeah. So I I kind of have to eat it now. Because otherwise it's just going to get worse. All right. As as, uh, delightful as this has been, and I guess... Wishes do come true. Uh, Silent Mobius also, uh, the TV series also aired on uh, Anime Unleashed on the now the defunct G4 network as part of their lineup. All the, all the first series of manga was released by Viz Media and the animations onto DVD was released by Bandai Entertainment. I just want to point something out real quick. Yep. Um, apparently, we aren't the only podcast that's magic. Because Lou Talks Anime, who's part yep. of MangaPod, is saying that magic strikes again. Apparently, something they've been talking about uh, has gotten a uh, anime adaptation. So, apparently, there's more magic to be had than just on our podcast. But we're still special. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. Does this also, mean I that I know I said earlier, finally... I know I said earlier that I don't, I don't really drink beer. But the entire reason that I was looking at that other beer is because my wife, fun. my wife wanted to try the uh, the pear flavored and rosé flavors of the Angry Orchard, and she couldn't because she's still breastfeeding. So I tried it for her. Um, kind of a letdown. <laughs> Just gonna say. But there's like two six packs in the fridge right now, so I'm. I'm gonna be a letdown when you. What knowingly hate beer already? Oh, I don't. I don't. Yes, first like of all, Angry Orchard is is like it's a hard cider. It's not actually like it's not like a beer. Like I don't. Uh, I don't like so beer. It's fruit I, juice. It basically it's like a girly fruity drink that I'm drinking on behalf now, of my wife. Rainbow Dash like can't get any apple cider. Do not bring um, My Little Pony into into this. Okay, what's next? <laughs> Next on the list, we fought a zoo again. You know me. I thought this was a clever title, so I'm sharing it. (laughs) Um, Check out exclusive Gantz manga sample. If you haven't seen Gantz, it's incredibly violent. And uh, thought this was amazing with this giant rhino that kills this character. And then somebody else gets stomped on. (laughs) So there you go. That's Gantz for you. Moving on. Man, you'd like Okita Nemuru, which is one of my favorite mangas, where they have this guy who grows a giraffe head and bites someone else's head off as the giraffe-headed man. Yes, please link me to this. <laughs> um, that, that's also like in the, the Tekken anime when uh, there's invisible raptors, probably because they didn't want to draw them. <laughs> oh my so God. 30 Sai no Hoken Taiki gets its sequel book for men in their 40s. So I, I this cracked me up reading this article. Um, 
Japanese publisher Ichi Jinsha will release 40 Sai no Hoken Taiki, Health and Physical Education for Over 40, on June 13th, which is a sequel to the educational guidebook series for men who have not had any romantic relationship with with women. Uh, I don't know why the word movies just came out of my mouth. Uh, romantic relationship with movies. I hope nobody does. Um, the, the first volume of the original series for men in their 30s was released in November 2008, meaning 10 years ago. And the first volume series became a bestseller in Japan, printing over 500,000 copies in total. In 2011, it got its 12-episode uh, anime TV adaptation, blah, 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 blah. It's been 10 years since the first volume of the original, so the new book is aimed at the same men who are now in their 40s who have still failed to build any relationship with women. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This really cracked me up, this... Uh, this whole thing, and I just, I, I thought it was clever. Anyway, um, you guys want to talk about this, or you probably don't have anything to say? I was looking for Okita and Emaru when you were saying all that, so I okay. missed it. That's fine. One of the manga panels remind me of a segment from the manga Shortcuts. Yeah, seeing the guy kind of hold his hands hands to the side, and yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. Kind of remind me of one of the segments from there, from uh, oh. that manga series. Moving on, City Hunter and Fist of the North Star creators judge the 2018 Silent Manga audition. So the Silent Manga audition is this thing where um, you submit like a 16 pages or less um, manga that has no dialogue or um, text on it whatsoever. Silent Manga is so weird. Yes, and apparently... The creator of uh, MechaDoc, Ryuji Sugihara, was not um, cool enough to be featured in the, uh, the article title here. Because he's well, also. Let's a see. Good you have two people who create pretty much art or masterpieces, and one of them has a seeing disorder. Then you have this guy that draws standard stuff. So uh, I think the st- the stakes are a little bit off, bit against his side. Yeah, it's almost like the joke. Well, like right over your head. Anyway, uh, Azure Lane, Hollywood, Azure Lane, and Votom's uh, collab tease. So Azure Lane, um, written in the in the uh, font, typography, title, logo type of um, Farmer Trooper Votom's style. There you go. Um, Yeah. So uh, the other boat girl app. So apparently. Not only is this a thing, but it's like there's another one that's even more well I don't even know. I don't I don't know what this is, but uh, I'm Canadian honest. What did you say? I said half girl, half boat hybrids. Right. Wow. And I'm I'm gonna move on before we even devolve into a discussion about what that even means. Perfect. Rascal the raccoon invades virtual reality. So <laughs> This might be it's a little bit too home for you, uh, AC. So it's pretty much all I wanted to show you was that this is a thing you could go do and go get. Oh, we're oh we're in games news. God, there's so much games news. Game publishers Valve issues warning to remove adult content from Steam. Updated. Steam will review games content before action is taken. So basically, <laughs> the the uh, the repercussions of uh, of what they. Basically, so basically, just to clarify what happened, they I decided Japanese games were going to get booted off of Steam. And Despite people are like, some AAA games up. having yeah, people, worse people, content. 
in people 3D. were like hold up triple a games like the witcher have full-on sex scenes and you're gonna bitch about like nip slips and in, in dating sims you know so anyway the the uh the backlash was so severe that now they're like oh they're, they backpedaled and i don't know it looks like it looks like things are gonna be uh okay but i just the busybodies who have to get their nose into things and say you can't have this on the steam store Anyway, so we talked about this in the last podcast, production winding down for physical PS Vita games. Guess what? Sony to continue making physical (laughs) PS Vita games in Japan. (laughs) Literally like a day after that last article. Um, Anyway. I think they're just saying for North America. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm just just saying there was was more to the story there. So apparently Japan's going to keep going. Capcom blasts out Mega Man 11 pre-order online trailer. So, um... I really like the Mega Man franchise, but this one looks like the back into the roots. Yes, and and I'm I'm ex- I, I like that, but I just can't see myself actually playing it for some reason. I don't know. If I can duck, I'll play it. Let's see if you can duck. Copyright strike. <laughs> and Nintendo's like awful about that. I always like the the storyline along with Mega Man, and I can always like figure out what it's kind of homaging to, like like Doctor Wily's obviously Doctor Hell from Mazinger. The uh, Mega Man himself is supposed to be an homage to Astro Boy, right? Proto Man, you can kind of do a two for one there. You have some Cyborg Zero Zero Nine along with. Uh, uh, darn it. Atlas from Astro Boy. You have Guts Man being an homage to an, uh, to uh, Majinger's friend that likes to create his own robots, even though some, depending on what which continuity you read, he's either the butt of the joke or or a weak or weak person who can really help when it's necessary. So, um. Moving on, I'm trying to trying to figure out a way to, to uh, segue. FDDM, you had uh, asked about all the privacy policy updates that everybody was getting in their email, right? Yeah. Well, I, I'm well aware of it now. Yeah. So I, I figured out why. First of all, I'll just show this off. Sonic the Hedgehog casually teases new game announcement, right? And what it was, pretty much everyone has gotten dozens of notifications about privacy policy updates thanks to the Global Data Protection Regulation privacy law that went live through Europe this weekend. Heck, even Sonic isn't safe from these updates, as depicted in a recent tweet on the official Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter account. So so that is what did it. I, we weren't really sure what, it, what, what the exact reason for it was, but uh, this is the answer, is that it was a new privacy law. Hmm. Double Dragon returns to the streets with a Super NES cartridge this summer. So, oh, yeah. I shared this. This kind of kind of came out of nowhere. Like, what? Why are they so, releasing? Okay, so Retroism, I believe, is one of the video game companies that are taking older licenses for game consoles like Super Nintendo. 64 NES, some Sega, some 3DO, maybe some Neo Geo. Anyway, the whole point of me sharing this is aside from this awesome game getting a re release, 
is there's still a market for actual cart games. Mm -hmm. There's still a market to try to get older licenses and to bring them over here. Along with that, there's anime series that are based on video games that have never gotten over here. Some, for example, would be like Vilgast. Which, if you really like uh, Dragon Half, that's another one I'd recommend for people to watch. The only reason I'm bring, bringing this up is the classic argument of, why don't they bring this series over here? Because the game's not over here. Here, we're, we don't live in that age anymore. Okay. So because of these kind of releases, we are in a new era at the moment. Okay. For what could be over here, what cannot be over here, the rules are changing. Yeah, well, I, I think that what is happening is that the market is um, gained enough momentum behind sort of the retro vintage crowd that we're seeing a lot of new possibilities for future stuff unraveling itself, you know, or sort of oh, yeah. unfolding is the word I should have used. Moving on. <clears throat> Moving on. Well, New core Pokemon RPG planned for Switch in second half of 2019. To which I say, oh, Pixelmon has come to Cube World. Because that's what this looks oh, like to me. But uh, apparently it's actually really fun. I don't know. Not gonna... Wait, that's the core game? I thought this was the mobile game that they were talking about that was out right now. To yeah, That's like... the thing I'm going to be talking about next. Let's go Pikachu, let's go Eevee. Don't know anything about this, but it's those are the new version titles. Yeah, um, I don't. Does I, I was hoping one of you guys could explain to me. Okay, I, I got a couple saying, things. Hey, I pre-ordered this thing. I don't even own a Switch, and I'm like, okay, that's great and everything. And then they like the trailer has like somebody playing Pokemon Go, and then it's like it Wait, switches. To... Oh, they're playing Pokemon Go in the trailer. Why? Yeah. I like that's a simulated effects down here because of what happened with the trailer for Pokemon Go. What oh, yeah. the heck, man? Don't even, don't even. Pretend. No, this, this tic tacs like this click baby. Uh, I don't want to say it. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I don't know exactly what this is. I don't really care. I had I some things to say about it. Um, yeah, go ahead. So essentially, to, you know, I'm happy for the fact that they're finally getting one of these games for the consoles because. The 3DS is like 240p or something. So yeah, really, really, that's where where you're going with that. Hold on, yeah, I like, dude, I'd even be fine with 480p because everyone thinks pixely as hell. But um, you know, I'm glad that's happening. But I hear this is like really dumbed down. Well, it's um, it's funny. It's funny that this is coming out because it's kind of like how I always say, like, um, I I sort of turned on um uh mobile games when i realized i was playing pokemon in my living room instead of, like as i used to play games uh mobile game like game boy games on car rides and stuff and when i realized i was doing it in my living room there's just this this switch for me where all the, oh god i wish i hadn't used the word switch there was this, this thing that happened where all of a sudden i didn't want to i just decided i don't want to play mobile games anymore now it's coming to a console and ironically it's a mobile console <laughs> Yeah, but um, like it's been toned back for noobs, from what I've heard. But the thing is, the last game I played was like X and Y the full way through, and that okay. held your hand a lot. So if it's even worse than that, uh, I don't know. I don't really expect much from Pokemon nowadays because 
I always thought the stories were garbage, oh, but on. yeah. Um, so hold on. What's the phone aspect of this? Does it connect to Pokemon? That looks Go? like it's the trading thing. So you can trade from Pokemon Go to it. That would be interesting, I guess. Huh. So you can tr- trade those uh, shiny things and whatever that you got, I guess. What is this phone? I just Samurai Jeff just posted a uh, um, a picture on uh, Twitter. He actually took a screen grab of the the new Alolan Executor, like where its face comes down at you. He actually got a screen grab right at it, and I noticed the the aspect ratio on this phone is so squatty tall. Like what? That that's like every new phone nowadays. It's the I forget was eighteen by nine or whatever ratio. You know the you know how there's black bars with every movie because it's a different ratio. It's that ratio. Except That's this time when you watch a movie, you don't have the black bars. But the thing they don't get is so, that every time you watch a normal 16 by 9 movie or anything on YouTube, you have the black bars on the sides. Yeah, this is dumb. You know, That's all you should feel bad. Though. That's the trend. I hate it. Yeah. That's what I'm sticking with my current throw up, throw up in my mouth right now over this. Uh, Augie, you got something you want to say? Um, not really. I didn't. I didn't have time to watch the trailer. For this, so my I'd say move on. <laughs> At best, it'll be like very cinematic, like Pokemon Coliseum's uh, battles. But you know, I'm I'm sorry; those games are just not actually fun. Like you're blinded by um, no, 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 nostalgia. No, no, I'm not saying that Pokemon's the Coliseum was a great game. I'm just saying the way the battle systems worked were really yeah, I'm, nice I'm, looking. What I'm saying is that presentation like pokemon in general in uh especially like it's it's so repetitive and it's like it's dumb oh i'm fully aware of that yeah anyway like very fun but um sorry i I meant i'm i'm gonna stop with what i was gonna say about this but i'll if you want to continue talking about this go ahead i want to continue on to the next topic oh okay let's do it Legendary martial art master Jackie Chan appears in smartphone RPG Hoshino Dragon Quest commercials. The other name for this article is Legendary Martial Arts Master Jackie Chan Hits Rock Bottom. Well, that's crap. Jackie Chan's in a Dragon Quest commercial. I mean, how... how... (laughs) That's two things that should go together. It just... Like, they, they, they... launch him up i love <laughs> dang it i was gonna say <laughs> originally because the camera's on on me i was gonna say augie do me a favor and do air quotes while i read this title <laughs> legendary martial arts master legendary martial arts gotta fire the laser <laughs> anyway i'm done with that article <laughs> hold okay. on i have to stop sharing for a second because fdm's sending me um stuff and when i go back to the other screen i'm gonna so the first one is that giraffe eating thing and the second one is that stupid link to that stupid uh animation video that you claimed yeah, i didn't i figured i figured that's what it was gonna be so i'm gonna pull up these other articles real quick and then i will screen share again once i have all the articles up how's the uh internet connection it sounds like it's doing much better tonight yeah i don't i think there was only a single time where you were just a little i don't know breaking up but you were still connected yeah well Something here's the thing so like a- Gunsmoky film on your side. It's um, all powdery. 
I actually wiped my computer down with the um Okay, how come as soon screen. as we talk about the quality you start crackling up? Can oh, we not the can the connection soon to Ray. It wants attention, but it doesn't want to be talked down upon. Twenty-one by nine aspect ratio is what Otaku so says. Down about that it. That is ridiculous. Wait, whoa, that yeah, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Twenty-one by nine. Oh, okay, okay, hold on. I did just open up like fifty new tabs. <laughs> fifty new tabs. Oh, for the internet, got it. Because I just opened up, yeah. So, so perhaps that's why. Um, okay, so Okite ne Muru. Okay, Okite ne. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? Okite ne. I, I was Muru? looking at the way it was written with the hyphens in between it. That's why I was reading it slowly like that. Okite ne Muru. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll check it out sometime. Um, I'm I'm just going through the tabs real quick that I that I opened. This video. This is this is what happened last time. Now I remember. Uh, you sent me this thing, and I opened it, and it said, this video contains content from Sony Music Entertainment Japan and is not available in your country. It's available in my country somehow. Yeah, and you were going to download it and send it to me. Oh, is that what was happening? Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, so uh, let me pull up. So we're, we're going into release news, and I saw something that I got so excited for that I think Augie's going to flip his shit for. And then I was Finally. disappointed. American Japanese co-production anime Ultraman USA gets its first Blu-ray release. Its English edition, Ultraman The Adventure Begins, will also be included on the disc. But this is the Japanese release. Now, the English edition is on there. Japan shares our region code. It's not that big of a deal if you want to import it. But you got to buy it off Amazon Japan Hmm. as of now. So, looks pretty good. Um... In terms of the the cleanup quality and everything, I'm, I'm I'd like it's to get it. What? So this it's is pretty much because every time I saw Ultraman, it was like live action, whatever. No, right. they've they've got a couple anime. I mean, they have like a whole series of SD SD yeah. shows, the uh, super deform or chibi or midgets, whatever you want to call them. I would not. Is that what SD type SD Gundam things stands for? Super deformed. Super deformed. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what it stands for. Yes. Hey, if Tootsie Roll gets away with calling it that size, I should be able to get away with it too. That and well, do we have anything we want to say? Ah. Not really. Okay. Well, I I know that this article was a follow up to a previous one. We talked about like in earlier episodes, but mm-hmm. it's nice to see see the conclusion of that. Yeah. So up next, Made in Japan licenses Gun Parade March and Glass Mask 1984 anime, okay. which they are putting out on Blu-ray. Oh yeah. So that's so pretty cool. Gun Parade March. Okay, it's a anime work slash media blasters. License Rescue, so okay, they got that, and apparently it's going to be a DVD, like it said, a DVD release. Hmm. It must not have HD Masters, then. I guess so. Glass Mask, I know people have been wanting to watch that for a while. So what begs the question to me is, if this sells well, are they going to fully release the newer season? 
I hope um, that happens. So we had discussed this, um, FDD and M and I. Apparently, the newer one has already been released by Sentai, Sentai. which is the same Section Twenty Three owned Sentai and right. uh, made in Japan, and and also Switchblade Pictures in the same way that that Media Blasters owns Anime Works, Kitty Media, and Tokyo Shock. So. Um, it looks like that's already a thing, Augie. So, from what I understand, when FTD and M talked about it, is when they released that, it wasn't the full collection; it was a partial. Yeah, basically, they d- they did uh, what they did with. Uh, yeah, essentially, they only uh, got the first half, and I, I guess they didn't release the other half. Yeah. But now, years and years later, we finally get the older series completely. Out of nowhere. Yeah. So it is kind of strange. Um, yeah. Anyway, you guys want to say anything else or should I move on to the other mm-hmm. news so Augie can start if... stroking his ego? Yeah. Um, it kind of makes you wonder for glass, uh, glass mask. If they had it for a while, they just couldn't figure either they were remastering or trying to tie, tie some loose ends together before saying that they have it or are releasing it. Maybe they thought that um, they could pick up the sales of the new series by getting the old series out. Fair enough. And, and maybe they've been working on that and sort of halting. Uh, I don't know. All they, asked, they said something like, uh, we're getting into more retro titles or bringing some more to the library. So it would I'm, be cool. I, I love the fact that this old 1984 anime is getting a Blu-ray release. That's pretty cool. I, yeah, I like the idea of that because this also has... Uh, it's like how they got Dunbine as well because that's pretty old as well. Yeah. Well, not, so, not this old, but yeah. Since you brought that up, the bigger question now is what's the fate of City Hunter? Cause, Good question. I'd love to see that release. Blu-ray, because... Uh, it's I know we've already used so much of the magic, but come on, podcast. We only have so much magic. The parent company for City Hunter is Sunrise. Yeah. Sunrise at the moment has a really good relationship with Nozomi. However, and with slowly giving masters to everyone else who has a let rescue license. Maybe. Well, hold on. Sunrise is a little bit more, uh, I say. Particular? It's picky? Yeah, picky. Picky. So you have Izumi with them with Sentai getting the. Talking. I'm going to get a napkin to dry off this soggy bread. Go for it. So Sentai having the license, res, relicense rescue of Battler own, or a Dunbine, buying as a contender. So they could have a chance to get it back from a previous license. So there's two contenders so far. Then contender number three, if the apparent company lets U.S. company you forget, take charge of this. You forget that ADV was the original company to release Dunbine. I know and that. And Sentai is basically ADV, so they've already I, had I the I know that. AC, I don't have to explain that all the time. I know that they're the apparent company. I already know how these companies blossomed away from ADV. I understand yes, that. But what I'm saying is that like, it's no, it's a no brainer that they got it for the Blu-ray because they already have the communications uh, with the people they needed to talk to in Japan for when it was the DVD release. Right. But the third contender for city hunter, since it's being animated by this studio, 
which begs the question if they have all the rights to to the previous work or not, is Anaplex. Since oh, they're about to reboot it, does that mean that the older series is going to be strongly held within Anaplex's grip? Grip, or uh-huh. is it just the newer series? I remember what we what I mentioned before about how Raroni Kenshin hasn't gotten its uh, the TV series re-released by Aniplex because they're like, oh no, the people are going to catch on if we release 500 volumes of Raroni Kenshin for the complete series. So hopefully you know that they, they have the license. It's how in the world are they going to release it and try to without looking like obvious scam hands. artists? Because yeah. uh, it like 20 volumes originally. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't know. Twenty-one but, um, individual DVDs, I think. If they got City Hunter, they'd probably be in the same predicament of, hmm, we can't blatantly scam them over. How can we do this? Well, oh, let's least, just at least for City Hunter. It's got Hunter it. A twentieth anniversary 91. edition. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least for the first series, the third series, and the fourth series, you can release. If Anaplex has it, they can release it into four volumes for the first series and a volume per three and 91. I have no idea about City Hunter 2 since it's 67 episodes. I think that uh, Anaplex is mildly learning their lesson because they're doing a lot more of the half seasons and even have a straight up complete collection for like Kiznaiver instead of beating around the bush. Maybe I still think they don't. They haven't learned their lesson regarding well, of the whole they series. Because they still have every other cancer priced edition. Though the Gurren Lagann actually pretty shocked me. Oh, a, well, at least the last release of Gurren Lagann and uh, uh, Sword Art Online was were reasonable. Sword Online, I'm ah, oh, it's got one of those. Uh, it's not exact. No, I think it is Digipack, but it's like the accordion. It has a billion small tabs for the discs. You that's know? funny. Okay. I think that's A's. Okay. See, how's the sandwich? Good. Pretty I decided lucky. to go back to showing my camera so we could charge the uh, podcast magic a little bit more. <laughs> um, if a kitty media is DVD R and the disc is purple slash pinkish. Is it for sure a bootleg or just a second or third run of the originals? DVD-R is purple slash pinkish. So um, it's going to be that violet color no matter what. Um, so it's not for sure a bootleg. It's just I, I have I have something that I'm shipping to from Amazon Canada to FDDM's house that he will then ship to me um, that will actually be an interesting test regarding that question. Um, so anyway, and apparently he said good night, uh, like shortly after that. So maybe, maybe he's already gone. Um, would be, would it be cool if I posted a link to imager as part of my collection? I probably delete it later. Uh, feel free. You, uh, you're an, um, old man, you are a moderator, so you should be allowed to. So feel free to anyway. Um, my, my mouse. My mouse does that thing where it goes behind the window whenever we're doing the podcast. All right, moving on to the next article here. 
Discotech licenses Wild 7, another TV anime. Uh, Take the yes, floor license rescue from um, Anime Works slash Media Blasters. Not to be confused with the two OVAs A's released by Urban Vision, which is still stuck in VHS land. Ew. Not for long, probably. So uh, this is one of those series just like uh, Tokyo Oedo, where it's ultra-violent, you see a lot of explosions, and if it's going to have the same dialogue as before, they know where they're going to tell you where you can place your thumb. Okay. Moving on to the next article that is a continuation, basically. Discotech licenses Devilman, Angel Cop, Cat Girl, Nuku Nuku, Law of Ueki, Card Captor Soccer, The Sealed Card. Um, I thought they already had that one, actually, coming through it. But they had the first movie, not the second yeah. movie. So, um, well, I'll let you start. Um, All right. I'll so, go. when we watch yeah. Devil Man, which I don't think we announced that on the Watch Club, when we watch Devil Man, we commented about That's the first point. episode. What? Yeah. Where is the Devil Man thing? Did I skip that again? Yeah, where is that? That's. Thank you for bringing that up. That's weird. Did I, I might have messed that up on the... Well, ahead, as you're, as you're scratching your head and figuring it out, we commented that the first episode out of the two episodes were very low quality. Well, for Discotech, what they've done is they got it. They're remastering the first episode and also adding... Sorry. Adding an audio drama to it as a bonus feature. So another additional means to get this OVA that and some of the resellers are stupidly pricing this one. When did so, we watch uh, Devil Man? You're right, it's not on here. By by low quality, do you mean like it was really poorly authored? Um the well what was available, yeah, no, it was it was poorly authored. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good to get, know that we're getting a better release. Oh yeah. Uh, now, a private conversation between me, AC, and Lakonsky was I said to him, because of, of the popularity of Devilman Crybaby, Discotech, because, because that's such a high, at the moment, a high promotional peak for that name, mm-hmm. they're going to announce a release of the OVA this summer. And if I call this to a T, they're going to release it in October for that time frame. But let's see what happens. So up next, if we can read. I think that the podcast where we watched Devilman was during uh, one of the podcasts that was actually unnamed. But uh, I will I will look for that at another time. That's bizarre, though, that I missed that one. So, oh, crap. I left. Okay, that, now we're good. Let me just go ahead and get the screen sharing going again. All right. So, um, so next up. It's wait, 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 wait. Regarding, regarding Angel Cop, um, what was the thing that they said about it? Okay, you're going to un... You are going where it says okay, special here, here, features. So I, I see it. So, Manga Entertainment previously licensed and released the OVA on VHS and DVD with profanity-laden English dub and some titles that re- subtitles that revised the OVA's, quote, anti-Semitic storyline. 
Discotex release will include the dub and two subtitle tracks, a new uncensored track, and the original subtitles on an alternate track. So I'm really glad to see that they are not censoring it. Um, I think this is a charge statement. This was actually something that on that one podcast I would have that article that we had discussed actually goes into the quote anti-Semitic stuff on here. Um, I, I would have talked about that, but it's, I'm glad we didn't. And I'm it's just, I'm not even going to go into it now. Maybe someday we'll talk about angel cop and, uh, and we'll actually discuss this particular thing, which I think is an inaccurate statement. Um, or, or they're, they're lumping it too far into the entire Semitism altogether. Anyway, it's cool to now, see that uh, they're releasing an uncensored version. Um, now, if you continue special yeah. features will include an essay on the show's historical content by ANN's Todd, uh, the, a text interview with the original dub writer John uh, Wolfgang, and the VHS one I release. and the one I want you to highlight is and the original VHS trailers. Uh huh. That's important because if you go to the next ar- article briefly, the next article or the, tw- or the next Twitter, the Twitter. Go to the tweet. Ah. Here, here we have uh, Mr. Zvekis talking about taking VHS, taking some stuff and remastering it from VHS. Yeah. And this, and back in February, I said, part of me wants to believe that that's Angel Cop. And lo and behold, when Momocon happened and he, and he announced that released. And he replied, liked your tweet. He didn't he like the tweet. He knew, or he he approved, or whatever. That's hilarious. Yeah. So Augie was right, is what he's he's getting out here. I know. I anime. think everyone kind of did detective work and figured out what it was from that hint he made. Because and was also looking for that trailer. also the the manga entertainment um, logo on the VHS, but. Still, bravo, Augie. Way to go. You're amazing. I don't mean to to discredit your your skills here, but uh, looking at it retrospectively, I'm realizing there were actually a lot of hints. Maybe you picked up on them subconsciously, and bravo if you did. He also gave some really specific hints that had a quote from the trailer, and it was from, Uh. like... Oh, does anyone have this manga entertainment trailer? Something like that. Well, I wouldn't have caught on to that. Anyway, do you want to say anything about uh, the rest of this stuff? Right. So, so if you scroll back up to Nuku Nuku. All right. So, episode one, when when it was asked to us uh, which series we would recommend someone to watch if you want to introduce them to anime, I said. Cat Girl Nuku Nuku. You're wrong. Rad had acid reflux for some reason. Later I don't on. Think, I don't think that this is a good introduction to anime. It's no. probably too Normies, much culture shock from yeah, just too much. Fiction. Thank you. Well, well if you don't said, jump in the pool, you'll never know how to get wet. Okay, that is no. <laughs> That, that is a total BS statement there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty in the experienced pool. with showing people new stuff because my friend is showing his mom anime and he decided to show her Simpho gear as one of the first few. 
Simfo Gear, for those of you who don't know, is basically magical girls with idol like singing and stuff, and it's sub only. So you're being exposed to this high pitched girl, whatever weird Japanese singing stuff Man, with you, magical you're girls. Very, you're just that very tolerant like, about the series. No, his mom didn't want to. She wasn't interested at all because my friend, he really liked the series and he thought because he liked it so much, she'd have to like it. But he doesn't realize, you know, other uh, other people might be a bit shocked by that if it's one of the first things they see. But anyway, as we were saying, as we were saying, um, I'm still on Nuku Nuku. Dang it. <laughs> um, later on, later on, like a few episodes later. I got the Crusader video release of the three three episodes that the UK dubbed for the OVA. Spoiler warning: This dub proves that the Eng- that England does not know English. Um, so I said that if this was to get a release, I would like Discotech to get it because they would include these three episodes to have like a fully much more full in all tracks release complete release you should watch uh ichi the killer's british dub that was great okay hold on yep is you talking about the live action movie no i'm talking about the anime all i'm talking about is anime no for ichi the killer i'm talking about the anime so there is two dubs on that because when i when i did that discussion with duo where we did that impromptu discussion on on Ichi the Killer and Clanad, um, he talked about the voices in um, the movie, and I hadn't, I didn't watch Ichi the Killer, Ichi the Killer in English, and I was trying to recall whether or not I remembered like watching in English for like two seconds and then changing it, um, and I was trying to recall if Kakihara had an Australian accent or not. So anyway, you. Try to trigger a memory there, and I was wondering if if you could confirm, but apparently you can't because you're talking about the anime. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad to see. Scroll back to Nuku Nuku and let me finish. So I'm glad to see this get a re-release for more to enjoy. I'm also glad to see when this got released, a whole bunch of people on fa- on the different Facebook groups I'm on comment, pray, cheer for this series to get released. So the only two features I would add to this is one, gather up if possible. Try to gather up all the art, like for the laser disc promotional art, art, and put that onto the release, as well as to get like a slip cover. Because I had a kitten caboodle collection, I would grab it, but everything's in boxes right now. And have like that Imes box as a slip cover, or at least a reversible cover. To keep that alive, because I thought that was pretty clever for the time. Anything you want to say, AC, before we nope. talk about the release that Do makes we, sense? Can we skip Law of Ueki and... Uh, we haven't gotten to that yet. Can we, we skip it? Gotten to it? Oh, can we skip it? Can we skip it? What? Do we have? Do we really have anything to say here? Okay, here. I'll sum it up make it real quick. Lovaki, great. Uh, we love that we have a release that isn't cancer to get and uh, is also one complete collection, whatever. And, and- Cardcaptor Sniper is great because the graphic designer dude 
kept in mind the spines and stuff so it'll all look unique i mean not unique it'll all look uniform and nice blah 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 great move on i'm gonna assume it was episodes ago uh, for lavueki we did call it just didn't know when yeah, I'm going to assume Brady Hartel was uh, responsible for the spine theft. Whoever made and, the first one is well, whoever. I'm, I'm going to just give him a compliment anyway because he's been doing tremendously good work on the Lupin stuff. And yeah, um, Discotech appears to be one of the first companies for something that seems so obvious to collectors uh, to actually care about spines. Um, and regarding Law of Uweki, it's nice that we now have an opportunity to do this for a watch club because it'll be easier for you guys to get it. Moving on, <clears throat> Star Blazer Space Battleship Yamato 2199 Part 1 Limited Edition Blu-ray has a new uh, artwork that does not does no longer say artwork not final anymore. Um, so FDDNM, you want to take this away? You have anything you want to say about it? Uh, there's not a whole lot to say, but um, you know, if you ever saw the older design, it looked very plain, like a copy and paste, but uh, of the poster. But this, you can see, they've probably added some foil or something, and it looks flashy and modern or more modern before it looked a bit plain just because of the color palette it's a lot of browns and grays and stuff but this kind of makes it look more lively i guess you could say and yeah. the spine doesn't look like a thinny uh patent okay. pending because <laughs> the a lot of the previews for uh for everything it's ambiguous you can't tell if it's a thinny or not this yeah. one is a part one so mm. it probably will have room for a part two so you can tell by this picture it definitely looks like it's meant to hold two spaces yeah so that looks good. like it's for the artworks maybe they'll have two separate leds yeah, that's like a good that. point um and, so i'm gonna okay go ahead sorry oh no i was just gonna say transition well i'm gonna take the exact opposite position you did regarding the cover i liked the old one better uh this i think looks really tacky and something that Funimation did with the Escaflone sets that I'll never forgive uh, is how ridiculous they went with, they basically checked all the boxes for making things uh, like all the fancy bell and whistle options for their um, Kickstarter set. Uh, and they're like, Ooh, we could do, we could do a Chrome foil instead of just a regular silver foil. Ooh, let's do that for the, and it just, it looks shitty. So uh, regarding this, I don't like this effect they're doing to it with they're just throwing this, like, whatever the hell this is right on top of the artwork. Uh, and if it is shiny, I feel like this is going to look real shitty, uh, personally, especially next to the Star Blazer sets from Voyager Entertainment or whatever that company was. Um, We're supposed I, to forget about those. Why? Why would I forget about those? Because it's replacing the... Oh, no. Never mind. I'm thinking oh, of no. the... Yeah, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the original release of of Star Blazer 2199. I'm talking yeah, yeah. about the ones from I thought it I was gotcha. Voyager. But oh, right I'm here. sorry. I thought right, the, I was about, the other way around. I'm talking about the one, yeah, no Voyager Entertainment. The original. Oh, yeah. Actually, if you looked on the old versions, the limited edition, the old art, it looked like it had a Voyager Entertainment logo on the spine. This is the the one I'm referring to. These Voyager I, I sets. Yeah, and I just I don't think it's going to look good here. And I liked I liked the old design better personally. Anyway, well, you can get the standard edition, which also has the same artwork. I think. Well, I'm not I'm not going to get the standard edition. You know that, but um, I'm just I'm just taking the uh, I'm playing devil's advocate regarding the the choices they made. So anyway, moving on. Uh, 
I think it's the contrast I like from the darks and the right to the shine. But anyway. Do you guys want me to, to uh, make any of these bigger so you can talk about them? Is the Iron-Blooded Orphans one supposed to be next, or is that later down the line? I didn't get that link. Did you send me that one? Pretty sure I sent it. I, can I don't think you did. Princess. Because it didn't. It turned out that it didn't change when it was on the... Oh, okay, you got it. Okay, well, give me one second to grab that. Princess Principal is okay. It is okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, wow, shit. So this was interesting. Away. On Funimation's website. Take it away, FDDM. So I was just, like, scrolling through the pre-orders to check stuff out. I don't know. See what it was up. And I noticed that the artwork changed. Because before, if you go to the picture on the right, you can see yeah, the the giant box on the right that that's mm. what the image was just that just this but, box yeah but now they changed it to look exact identical to the art box you get with it literally season it literally day. is the art box that you got with mm-hmm. season one that is actually not even contained in this version. in this box set so that's just really confusing why they yeah. put the art up there like that yeah, and so, if you look in the description to the left, it doesn't indicate there's an art box that's been right. added or anything. So, you know, it's just really confusing that they do this. Yeah, I'm hoping it doesn't mean they have a second art box because the first season already has the filler box that says part two, season two goes here or whatever. Exactly, which is it, it is this box. I, I checked it myself on the one I have in my collection. Oh, yeah, I, I already knew it was that box, but. Yeah, I'm just confirming. Anyway, uh, back to pre-orders? Yep. I hope so. That's not where I want to be. Doxed. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, so uh, Princess Principal is Moke, as, as uh, Augie said. My friend Princess really Principal likes that is, series. That's nice. Princess Principal is a detective show take, taken in a steampunk-esque world. Uh, so Loki Detective Ragnarok or, or Steam Detectives or whatever that show is called? Uh, I would go Steam Detectives. I still haven't picked that up. Is this from Sentai? I'm guessing. Yep. Okay, so once again, just throwing this out there, $116.99 for a premium edition. Um, I said in the last podcast, and I, I'm I, if I must toot my own horn, I'll say that I, I think that rant needs to be its own video that's separated out of the podcast. So more people will see it uh, regarding the bubble and how Sentai has trained their customers not to pay full price for anything. Uh, the last Sentai sale, I specifically said in the last podcast that I, I love Squid Girl. I'm not buying that premium edition for over a hundred bucks. Sentai sale came, bought it for sixty bucks. You know, I, I just again with the pricing here, it just keeps escalating. I think you know? with those sales that they have, I might just wait for every single Sentai sale yeah. from now on. that's what I'm saying. And they're losing money because they're training their customers to wait for a sale instead of buying things when they first come out. And uh, again, this here, just to clarify, this is the MSRP, the merchant suggested retail price uh, regarding the whole thing that that Discotech was talking about with the uh, the dubbing and the pricing on the dubbing. Uh, And I just want to point out the difference in price uh, obviously, right stuff, regardless of whatever Sentai says, hey, you should sell it for this amount. Right stuff has to lower it to compete with Sentai's uh, online store. So, yeah. um, 
So just, regardless, but which is uh, strange because they ship it ship it from Sentai, which Sentai actually is shipping from Right Stuff. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. That's what you meant to say. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so um, the difference, of course, though, is that if you pay for something on Right Stuff store, Right Stuff loses a small percentage because they paid for the wholesale price from Sentai. Sentai saves money because they uh, make full profit after the cost of manufacturing. I still wonder after the flood if they've fully recovered or if this is a technique for them to try to recover. Is that why it took them a month to ship my Agin? I don't know why it's taking longer to get my... uh, You bought Agin off of Amazon.Canada. Yep. So here's the glass mask I was referring to. That stuff hasn't come in. It looks great. I just don't know what's going to happen to me at that time frame. For a glass mask? Yeah, then again, I can probably pick it up at uh, AWA. And was it September? Yeah, September. I almost spilled this beer on my, or this cider on my computer trying to plug in my charger um so uh back to here uh action heroin cheer fruits oh that is a fun show they one of the girls lives inside of a train so she's a a, their own no 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 not a hobo like in their own fancy caboose like Like a a train okay Uh, oh yeah they form a sentai team but not not in the traditional sense. Like they go out and try to perform the shows to people. Okay. Scum was a wish sounds like the show that is absolutely not for me. That's all I'm going to say. Apparently was like you were popular. saying before, uh, Brad, that how you like, you appreciate, what is it? Like, uh, when something's clever, dedication in a relationship okay. or whatever type thing. Where these oh, people oh, okay. are so monogamy. <laughs> these people are just like sluts or whatever. Want to hear? Yeah. Oh, oh, you really didn't mean that word. <laughs> and essentially, you know, that's what the entire show is about, or whatever. So it's just like the show know. is titled "Scum's Wish." <laughs> I know, but it's like the thing in anime is that typically, like, I mean, from what I've watched anyway, a lot of the relationships are like so pure. It's like, oh, if you hold hands, that's like. Oh, you have to be married before you do that type thing, you know. And this is yeah. just like traumatizing how far they go compared to that. But not anyway, that I can uh, not that I can share it to the to the class. But uh, what was the name of the thing you were trying to get? Um, <laughs> something on faces. <laughs> if you guys want to click the link uh, that we're looking through in the. Um, Writes us for yours. And then uh, turn off, hide all adult. You'll see what we're talking about. It's literally the the first one. Oh, man. Yeah, you're like, I I can't watch this show because they're all sluts, but I'm going to order this thing called. Hey, (laughs) I didn't order that. Let's see. Can you go back? It's not on Blu-ray yet. That's what. (laughs) It's a compilation anyway. You wouldn't want that, would you? I mean, I don't buy any of it. To begin Frame with, Arm so. Girl is something I've been wanting to watch. Watch for I, a while. Didn't we uh, catch up to Strawberry Panic last time? Yeah, well, I don't know if that even we, was we talked about. We definitely talked about this last time. 
Right. I strawberry think strawberry panic. panic was in the last podcast. But okay, maybe so-, so, but one additional detail I can say about Strawberry Panic is I didn't realize that the manga was released over here. It is? Yeah. I think Seven Seas might have gotten it. Could be wrong on that. Um. Okay. Uh, let me go through real quick some of these that I clicked on. So we're looking at the, uh, the classics. Yeah. Cla- what are you doing, Funimation? Isn't this a pretty relatively new show? Um, yes, 2015. Uh, How is this a classics? I um, know they're like driven on So season three is supposed to air this summer. Yeah, season so there's two. this. Uh, more of the same. Outlast. Here's Scum's Wish. Wish. Classics. So is this going to basically be like Diabolic Lovers? But uh, I mean, it's just one of those shows where you just cringe and hate it the whole time you're watching it. I don't know. I, From what I've I heard. seen that one. Okay. Uh, so here, I wanted to show this real quick. This has the du- double label thing going on in the artwork, not final thing. In the other image we looked at on Funimation's site, they definitely had slip covers on them. But wait a minute. This is season no. one. Yeah, that's the entire first season. Oh, God, don't do it, Funimation. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I'm. I hope that people are like collectors are willing to actually just take a stand and say, "No, I'm not buying any of this crap." That doesn't. I mean, slip covers are really annoying. This is worse. This is so much worse. Look at. I just let's be clear. If you have something in your collection, and in the spine it's exposed in this way, where you see, you know, that's a Blu-ray. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can have this logo here. Just don't put this on top. You right. know, like, it just, it's such a... Uh, what are they thinking? I the, more artwork. The thing is, um, I actually showed my friend uh, this whole Anime Classics redesign. He's mm-hmm. by no means an anime collector. And he even was like, yeah, that looks kind of bad. Yeah. So that should say so, something. Um, One of the things that... Uh, I, I'm just going to bring this up very briefly. In the Miss Kobayashi discussion we're going to have, we're going to talk just a little bit about the dub controversy. And this particular show, while I was doing some research on that, because I realized when I watched the last podcast that we were really off base with a lot of the stuff we were doing. It was all conjecture. We made it clear that we didn't really know. We were just guessing. But I actually went and did the research on what actually happened and tried to tried to wrap my head around it. This particular show got some flack too, but not for the same reason. Uh, the dub controversy here was, uh, I guess on the broadcast dub, um, the characters' names were very inconsistent with how they were spelled in the uh, subtitles. Um, and also the pronunciations and stuff. Like, for instance, I had talked with uh, Duo about Clanad and how annoying it was that they could not stay consistent with, like, one character called this one character um, Ushio, and the other one called it Ushio. And it's like there was all these things. It was so irritating that they were not consistent with, how, like, how they would refer to a character's name. And it's like literally two characters talking to each other about this third character and not using the same name. It was so obnoxious. Um, so that apparently there was a controversy here and somebody very passionate on Twitter had, um, had shared like a, like literally they broke down. You effed up here. You effed up here. Please fix this. You know, and, and very sort of politely said like, these were all the mistakes. Please rectify them before the, the final, um, 
Blu-ray. So um, I don't know. Th that was kind of a long time ago when all this controversy had happened regarding some of the other stuff. So it's probably already come out because this is the classics line of it. But um, I don't know if it's been fixed, but I just wanted to bring that up as another thing uh, regarding like the controversy regarding broadcast dubs is not limited to what we're going to be talking about later. Okay. Um, going back to this, I think we're actually done with the uh, going through all the pre-orders, right? Because we Very talked nice. about this for sure um, last podcast. And I think when I was listening to, because um, you guys have to remember that my connection was so bad last podcast that there were actually a lot of things that Augie and FDD and M said that I didn't hear at all. I did. I just did not hear it because on my end, my audio had totally cut out. So um, I thought something was said regarding this thing that made me think, oh, I need to order it now because of some reason or another. Like, I don't know. Exactly. Oh, it has an exclusive? Yeah. What were you saying about it being exclusive? You go on Funimation's site, it says exclusive. And then on right stuff, it, but I it's said, there on right stuff. That's what you're saying. Though, to yeah. be fair, on Funimation, it gives you like a little dingy that you get with it. But yeah, you said, uh, is coin. it like the Sailor Moon coin? Yeah. Okay, that's what it was, and I thought, okay, maybe I should go out of my way to get this. I'm not going to get it right now. I don't have the cash for it. I don't know the title that's put on the artwork, but... Yeah, anyway, so um, can we move on to articles? I think yes. we're going into yes. uh, random merch news. So we talked about this a couple podcasts ago. Um, the Devilman Crybaby had some announcement so we had talked about how that car was used in the actual show. Literally, it's the same exact car, uh, from what I can tell, but with a Devilman paint job. So, wow, let down. First of all, how many people are actually going to run out and buy this? I just, I, I do not understand Japanese culture okay. at all. Apparently, actually buy this new cool limited edition car. Yeah, it's like who's gonna come out and put uh, eighty nine thousand dollars down for this God. car? Like, just I can't. When you think of otaku, you don't think of a very wealthy person, but at yeah. the same time, you have to be wealthy to be an otaku. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but I, not this wealthy. You know, into car collecting at this point, which is oh. You think it shouldn't mix, but apparently it's unless you're on like this. Anyway, to me, it just looks like a Mustang. I know it's not, but it's relating, not an attractive car. Relating mildly to that uh, Robin Williams thing, yeah, I I always thought of before. How come there's no like millionaire, billionaire? Well, not I don't know about billionaire, but millionaire that's like. A collector and has just like flat out buys every single release of something and has a complete you mean, uh, Giga Frosty. <laughs> yeah, Giga Frosty is no millionaire. <laughs> yeah, but he eats um, Dunkin' Donuts. He's you know, not Well, like I said, the thing about being an otaku is that you are wealthy, uh, but you you like lower the standards of everything else in your life to, to fund your, your addiction. <laughs> yeah. But, but Ugh. I'm saying like a celebrity, someone who has so much disposable income, they can just in one foul swoop, collect everything in like the animes. Well, every once in a while, like an eBay listing will go up for a retro game collection for like $130,000 that actually gets sold. So it happens. Yeah. But yeah, I'll tell you this I much. Know 
anyone. You don't see Kanye West being like, yeah, here's my completed anime collection of every yeah. anime yeah. ever. Yeah. So Kanye West, if you're watching the podcast, um, just so you know, though. it's not, yeah. <laughs> Send me a super chat. <laughs> no, just so you know, uh, it's actually like not, I, I, I think it's, the point of collecting is that it does take time. If you can just, sw- I think that if, let, let's say for example, I just started a business. When you're an entrepreneur, you do make a lot of money. Okay. Now it it costs a lot of money to run a business, but the exact business model we have designed our business around is set up to minimize our costs tremendously. It's actually, we've got a great system that is going to really maximize uh, profits so long as people actually want the products that we're selling. Right. So assuming that I make a ton of money and I'm all of a sudden able to buy as much anime as I want, I don't, I don't think that I'm going, it's going to ruin the hobby for me. You know, you could probably I have to like limit. moderate yourself and yeah, you really you have to once, once, the, and that's actually, I've talked about it on my videos before, um, is that when I got a job and was able to, like, I had a lot of disposable income, I bought so much anime that I couldn't watch it all because I had to work. I had to go to work, you know, pretty much every day and, work you know more than 12 hours most of the days when i was working and uh and and then i just i had all this extra money to buy stuff but i didn't have any time to watch it and it ruins the hobby it's very much about controlling and limiting yourself in order to maintain that sort of balance and and your um um, your ability to, to watch what you actually own. Otherwise you get to the level that I'm at where you buy stuff and kind of forget that you even ordered it because you're not, you know, you're not buying it cause you want to watch it as soon as you get it. You know, you're just putting it on the backlog with a million other shows you haven't gotten to yet. So anyway, AC, can you uh, lock your screen please? Yes. Okay. And, Okay, that's it. Move on. I have nothing to say about the car. All right. Anime City, Batman Ninja versus Manga Deadpool. So, I think this is a Figma uh, thing we're about to look at in the next article, too. Oh, there's a Joker here. Uh, kind of a spoiler for the show. No, um, I haven't gotten a chance to sit down and watch the show yet. Uh, but I thought this. Good. Tiger and Bunny, I know that they have like sponsors in their show, so they have like the Pepsi yep. logo actually in their so uh That's the funny. show. So I'm questioning is that Bondi logo and SoftBank logo <laughs> also in the show on their armor? Yes. Goldman yes, Goldman yes. Sachs. <laughs> That's so weird. Hey, that is Sox and Softbank. That's all I had to say. Okay. And Tiger and Bunny is dirt cheap on Amazon.ca right now. Oh, that's great. Uh, I can't afford it right now, but... Um, no, thanks. it's just a Viz thing. Like, Viz is always dirt cheap on Amazon. Ron is really happy right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy's like... Mm. Put that stick. I mean, want Hermione like looks like Mike, Mike Wazowski in this photo. Anyway, so... He's like giving a... Pierce smile, just like I don't know this guy, but don't look at me. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to show you something. So when I when I saw this, I was like, "Wow, this is so cool!" Like I, I'm really excited to watch Batman Ninja. Oh. And then I cringed so hard at this one. Oh my god, it hurts! It hurts the cringe. Like that it does. The animation. Oh, but how, I, 
for some reason I can't describe why it looks awful. Is it because he has no shoulder pads? It looks like a brick trying to bend. At least have been like batarangs or something. Like, oh my god, it just looks so cringe. It looks like when you see people like you're you're going to class in high school and somebody runs past you doing the Naruto run. That's what I feel like I'm looking at right now. It's such cringe. It, also, his um his helmet like goes from uh, super high like like that to like little itty bitty horns. Um. Anyway, but that made me cringe really hard, and I wanted to share that cringe with you guys. This didn't make me cringe. This was badass. Another one. Yeah, another one. This <laughs> item for a long time now. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised none of us bought it yet. I, I I don't collect figures anymore. I can't. I've I've cut that off from my uh, collection thing because it's just they're harder to store, and I just can't do it. I would have bought figures. Digimon figures if I was planning to buy figures. Yeah, especially that Metal Greymon one we looked at a little while ago that was super amazing. Oh no, I'm looking at the D-Arts, like Imperial Drummon, Paladin Mode, Alphamon stuff. I think that might have actually been the one we were talking about. Anyway, Kotobukiya, Daizara, Irie, Reinhardt, Heydrich, blah, 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 flutters his hair and cloak. I I misread cloak the first when I was copying this article and got a nice little chuckle. Um, So remember we talked about how the hair? Well, okay, yeah, I was going to say that, but um, as a 3D artist, I'll tell you right now that if they built this in uh, the computer, um, that hair was modeled going one direction, and then they used a lattice and bent it to go a different direction, and it really shows. (laughs) Oh. Um, Anyway, uh little bit there. Also, I hate the way those sleeves look. They always do it that way, and it just looks... Those looks sleeves so look so natural. It's it's like Lumberg from Office Space is trying to do a cosplay, and it, you can still tell the Lumberg is still there. Maybe he's a four-armed character. Okay, moving on. New Psycho Man figure from Kini Kuman is a perfect 10. And when I first read that art, that title, I was like, yes, like, this is the thumbnail. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then I looked at it, I'm like, damn, this is actually a really cool figure. I wish they would finally bring over muscle. Well, we got yes. manga-wise, we have it. Stop, Anime, we don't. Stop stretching the podcast the magic. magic so thin. There's Save that for so another podcast. There's so much magic that can go around per yeah. podcast. We only get three wishes per podcast, and we use them all. <laughs> yeah, and then we have to recollect all the Dragon Balls. Poor Dragon. So, uh, what, something that started happening after I stopped collecting figures was the swap out faces thing. And I was looking through these, and I'm like, okay, it's the same thing from a bunch of different angles. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, his face went. Uh, one of these looks so freaking derp. It's so funny. Like his eye, obviously, he's wearing the other face now, and it's just like ha ha. And then, like the derpiest look. <laughs> yeah, but that looks so forced. It's evil. I'm evil. Look how evil I am. <laughs> and then, and then it cuts to this face, which is Moe. He looks like he's got these dead eyes, like a doll's eyes kind of look. Anyway. Oh my god, that's the derp. Yeah, the derp. Look at how derp that is. Oh, like the I almost last wanna... one bottom one. He's like cross-eyed. Thank <laughs> you. Anyway. 
moving on. <clears throat> One Piece ladies are beautiful brides in new figures. So they're all wearing... Uh, they're not all wearing wedding gowns. Some of them are. So when I look at this, does uh, anybody well, else think Barats? <laughs> Bra- <laughs> now I do. <laughs> Barats dolls. <laughs> Do you have something to say, Augie? God, she she yeah. is on some serious drugs with those. No, eyes. that's the character's style. That's the character's style. She's yeah. she's a meth head or something. Oh, yeah, that's she's a, a negative ghost that drains ne- drains people positives. <laughs> Her ability is to make people go super negative. Okay. I I'm not a fan of the the female uh, art style of the females in uh, One Piece whatsoever. I'll just tell you this right now, Brad. I absolutely hated the look of One Piece's art before I watched it. Once I got into it, it was like Shin-Chan. It's like, you know, you get used to it and all that stuff. I like the Shin-Chan artwork. <laughs> I forgive right. Shin-Chan. I will never forgive uh, Adventure Time. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Anyway. Tori's Works uh, previews Aeromanga Sensei Elf Yamada Lolita clothes version figure. And I am sharing this because... While watching Miss Kobayashi's Maid Dragon, Dragon. I mean, first, like I don't. First of all, let me preface this by saying I don't want spoilers for Aramanga Sensei. I know absolutely nothing about that show other than what the title is suggesting to me. But um, the characters of Kana and Saikawa, I feel like are these characters to me. And I, I was saying to to Augie and FDDM that the scene in Miss Kobayashi's Maid Dragon where they play Twister. Um, if Aromanga Sensei's entire series was just that, I, I'd be okay with that. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching it at some point. And if I keep scrolling, eventually I'll get to the other character. There we go. Because <laughs> these characters kind of remind me of Kana and Saikawa for some reason. Because I guess the hair on this Fair character. Enough. I know that's true. Color style and stuff. Saikawa doesn't have blonde hair. But um, something about the way she looks kind of reminds me of her. Anyway, well, it's kind of like the contrast between the hair colors. Yeah. I think you keep calling it Maid Dragon because that's the I, Japanese name. Is it? Well, I don't know why I keep screwing that up, but I'm gonna. I'm just not gonna bother with uh, it anymore. So just you really want some dirt? Here's some real dirt for you guys. Never stop, never stopping with Common Rider EX Aid Dan Kuroto figure. He used to have like a real Saiba. Yeah. Oh, well, I just love. I this reminds me of um, the Fukons a little bit. Like it just. I love the. <laughs> I love the face here. That's the sh- exact show I was talking about that I thought Detroit Mel City was going to be. It's like a, you know, garbage type thing. The Fukons is that how it's pronounced? Have you have you actually watched like the entirety of the Fukons? I haven't watched a single second of it because I thought it looked horrible. No, it is wow. so funny wow. at points. You're, you're setting yourself up to fail. Yeah, I wish anyway. they had dubbed the ones on um, Vermilion Pleasure Night. Godzilla anime version Mecha Godzilla gets its first soft vinyl figure from Bandai. Um, this looks blocky and way overdone. Ridiculous! No, it like the like pose, it looks so rigid. He looks like I must destroy. Like he, he looks like the typical robot. Like the way that I think. Yeah, I know what you mean. Doesn't that look so weird? I wouldn't, except for the legs and tail. I wouldn't call it a Godzilla. It just it looks, looks so, well, ant, yeah. to me, ant-like in front. But That's yeah. the problem when you give Polygon Pictures the right to make a, make a Godzilla. 
Well, I'm, I bet it looks way better in animation. I just think it doesn't look good there. So, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho Blu-ray box release memorial event features new illustration of Hiei in Shuichi Minamino. So, I don't remember this character at all. Shuichi Minamino? I don't remember this character at all. Uh, but, the reason I'm sharing this, because apparently... <laughs> Uh, they have original food and drink menu at this place, and I got a kick out of. <laughs> I got a kick out of what they like. Just I love, I love the cleverness uh, of it. <laughs> His sword as the pizza thing, and then uh, uh, <laughs> Yusuke's shirt. <laughs> uh, cracks me up. Anyway, so I know that nobody else cares about this besides me, but I'm just gonna keep scrolling down and move on. Um. Deadpool blesses Osaka with his own collab cafe. So I, when I first read this, I thought he had a, a maid cafe, like an actual maid cafe that I thought would, was even funnier. But uh, yeah, so this is bizarre. And I guess it's just how you promote movies to the Japanese audiences. You have to do a cafe. I guess. I, I mean, it just, it's bizarre, which actually come to think of it. I, mm, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen Deadpool 2, but the beginning of the movie, uh, he, like, fights a bunch of Japanese guys uh, and, like, cuts off a guy's arms and stuff. And then there's, like, a joke where he grabs, they're at, like, a bathhouse, and he grabs, like, uh, a towel because, like, bad guy blood gets in his eyes. And he starts, like, wiping his his, uh, his face. And then, obviously, it's, like, the loincloth of the other guy, you know, that he's wiping his face with. So I don't know. I I don't want to say it was particularly insensitive or that the Japanese can't take a joke, but I just I just kind of a, a one of those things where it's like, yeah, we made this movie, and then you screen it for them. Oh shoot! Oh, that's right, we put that scene in there. You know. <laughs> anyway, Attack on Titan anime inspires lingerie, watch, and umbrellas. So um, I got to be honest, I thought that the uh, that the bra aspect of this was actually pretty cool, but I, I did not I did not agree with the. Uh, the lower half, I thought it was kind of dumb. And I was interested in the, uh, the umbrellas are pretty cool. Sort of like a, this is sort of like when you hide your weebness in a, uh, Oh, true. Like hiding in plain sight, your, your weeb nature. Um, assuming there aren't any Titans like in the, <laughs> in the background with their creepy faces. The shorts kind of remind no- me of, uh, Tomb Raider for some reason. Oh, uh, they, I, I don't know why. I mean, I guess mesh because they're like lacy and stuff. I just, I don't know. This looks like basketball short material to me. Yeah. You know? So I'm just like, it's, Next. it's the purpose. Anyway, I should, and, and somebody had brought up a uh, garter belt thing. And it's like that, that is a huge wasted potential. Don't you think? Because of the, uh, the system that they have for the, the, what is the, that stuff they have called that they shoot the wires out of yeah so like they had a a great opportunity for all this strappy stuff you know and they just went with like mesh and it looks really dumb you know anyway missed opportunity say what everyday joe's sequel i just thought that (laughs) because my my nichi no jeff (laughs) um Ashita no Naja style comes to life in a new dress line. Um, so it's literally, it's, I love it when it's basically all this is, is just like, oh yeah, you don't want to do your own cosplay here? Buy it, buy it. We made it for you. Yeah, well, in this case, it's all aware. Say what? 
In this case, it's normal wear. Uh, everybody's going to think you're into gothic Lolita fashion or something if you were to wear this out. I mean, not, some not people say are it's into particularly that. gothic. I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying this one looks shitty, though. This this looks like um, you went in. You went to the knockoff Princess Peach um, dress at the Halloween store. I, I was going to say it's like the dresses. princess cheaply made princess yeah. gear. The rest of them look pretty know. good, especially I think the red one looks like fitted. I've been really well. curious about this series for a while. I just haven't had a chance to. Yeah. Well, you can't buy it, so it's either get the raw or find a fan translation, which. No luck yep. on that. Uh, or well, from Japan like me. This was, I think Reese had shared this. Hunter x Hunter, or rather Hunter Hunter as it's supposed to be called. Gone's impossible hair transforms into dangling earrings. So first of all, thanks for the spoiler, because I haven't gotten to the part where his hair turns impossible. But, I haven't uh, either. So he's got this super duper long hair that turns into earrings. And I want you to look at these... Uh, models here and i i really hate how much it, it sometimes seems like we're bagging on how it looks people like look. she's being held hostage <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's like snot's dripping from his ears okay so so you said his ears right that's what my thought was too then i saw the crunchyroll article and there's more photos and then i couldn't tell if it was actually a guy Or a very ugly woman. So I don't, I still don't know. Um, but uh, I'll leave it up to you guys. Brad, to, have uh, you seen the figure of his Super Saiyan 10 looking hair? <laughs> no, please, <laughs> please send it 10, to me. Really? It is ridiculous how they actually made it. Like, link, link it to me if you got it. First result. I, I just can't. Did you link it to me yet? Yep, just now. Alright. I... It's like he's like a little ant. I can't even... <laughs> it's like the Monster Masume body pillow that's seven <laughs> meters long. How tall do you think... I mean, do you think that this is the height of a normal figure and he's just way smaller? Or do you think that no, if you I were to buy this, you couldn't display it anywhere? I think you could display where I think that's how it's made. It says six, six point four six by six tall. point. Oh, it's six point four centimeters by six point four centimeters by forty three point two centimeters. So how many centimeters in a in a foot? <laughs> what the what the I don't heck? Know how many feet in a centimeter? I don't understand that either. <laughs> He's got like a glowing crotch. I, I think that's an actual thing in the show. Because otherwise, why would they make that? But yeah, I thought this. I had the same reaction Let's first time. Let's do a dick. So, uh, if you guys have watched my impromptu discussion with Duo on Ichi the Killer, I talk about the ending to the Koroshia Ichi. No, what's the other one called? Ichi One, I think it's called. Is the it's the prequel to Ichi the Killer? Literally ends with the camera sh- like the. <laughs> Because the guy's a sadist, he he gets sexually aroused by violence. And when he first kills a guy, you see his face. He's like, <gasps> and then it zooms down. It, like the camera shoots down to his crotch. His zipper opens and a beam of light shoots out. <laughs> oh, my God. It's hilarious. It, 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 this is what it made me think of. That. Um, oh, no, that's it, another spoiler. His shining dick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on. 
moving on. All right, so yeah, we saw this and we were, we're concerned. <laughs> we took so long that my uh, <laughs> that my app or my my extension that that shuts down the site, so they aren't using up my bandwidth. Has release in. your words with these ones. You know, for pens, these are pretty cool. Yeah, they're probably way more expensive than you want them to be for a pen, though. Oh, yeah. And you probably won't want to use it as a pen. Kamikaze Kaito Jean from Arena Tanamura, creator of such series as uh, Full Moon Osaka Shite, uh, has a 20th anniversary oh God, with its refined rosary set. So, yes, there's that. Rosario Vampire. Oh, explicit content. Yeah. Oh, the art is kept secret. Okay. I was gonna say, oh. I was gonna say what the heck is going on with this? <laughs> Let's try and like rapid fire the next few merch things because oh, yeah, we got it. We, it'll be okay. Knockout stuck on stains with Ashitano Joe rubber gloves. Hey Joe rubber gloves. Yeah. So um amazing just amazing how japan treats their ips although i did read an article recently of like 25 of the worst marvel products like marvel avengers themed waffle makers and like just ridiculous stuff like x-men cologne is a thing anyway. i mean fist of the north star body wash is a thing different <laughs> Cuter than a speeding bullet. JR Railways introduces Hello Kitty Shinkansen. So, yeah, this is. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine being being a non weeb in Japan and just like it's it's funny because in America I picture these otaku's with like they're they're holding it inside. They're holding their fandom inside, and they're they're always stuck being around the normies. And then in Japan, it's like being the normie and it's just like this weep shit is everywhere (laughs) i know the thing that i think about all people in japan is that they must see half of the anime and they're like dude this all of this uh slice of life stuff is just uh japanophiles they're like indulging in culture that's every day to us that's just boring (laughs) like i can totally see that happening And get some of these loaded up. Magic Knight Rare gears up for its 25th anniversary with new merch. So I saw this, and then I think I grabbed the. Oh, I opened it twice. Okay, that's a other link here because there were some other pictures that were a little bit more like close up. Um, not much to say. That Mokina looks like a Mokina from Subasa because it is from. Magic Knight Rare. I know, it's from like every single clamp. Did I just get kicked off? I didn't kick you off. Why did you kick so, me off? I didn't kick you off. Uh, <laughs> I was, is it Loom or Lum? It's Lum, Lum, I believe. Lamu, right? Uh, Lum Invader turns 40 with retro collaborative merch, so again, it's... <sighs> so let's celebrate this old show and do a bunch of collaborative merch. Um, Wait, so at least at least it has pictures of the characters on it, right? Yep. Yeah. And then uh, I also share this because there's some closer up 
Stefan Stefan. Uh, it, it amazes me what they chose what they choose to stick in an article sometimes. Like it's like clearly the stuff is available, but we're just gonna show this, you know. Anyway, uh, moving on. Toast the idols with Cinderella Girls non-alcoholic champagne. So there's why non-alcoholic champagne. Golden Kamui manga 15th volume comes with an anime DVD, including two episodes. So let's hope when it comes out over here that that actually gets released over here and we I'm don't have to sure buy the manga to get it the way we did with the Attack on Titan stuff. And That's also beer comes with case. it. Yeah. There's some beer. But you think with that type of logo, it would be an oatmeal, but beer probably <laughs> makes more sense with the plot. That Attack on Titan OVA, did they dub it? That comes. No, they, with- no, they did not. Well, that's double lame. Yeah. All right. So my uh, right headphone has died. Um, I'm going to charge that for a little bit. Evangelion EX Ride returns to Universal Studios Japan in July. Now, the reason I'm sharing this is because there is this awesome, or as they put it, amazing Unit 1 popcorn bucket. That's a popcorn bucket? Yeah. Do you oh, stick your hand in the mouth to get the popcorn? Because I wonder if no, you that... Spin, you stick a his, he, Hisoka's <laughs> crotch in there. <laughs> stupid comment. I would assume that you would nudge the horn on, on the top and the head would open so you can pull out the plug and get into your popcorn. I, I thought uh, FDN was going to say you stick a flashlight in here. Anyway. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Kitty, kitty flashlight. <laughs> Uh, Amnibus brings the scares with Junji Ito collection pop-up shop Um, so these are kind of neat but I'm not going to buy any of them (laughs) Um, there's probably more cool stuff if I actually clicked on the link what's up this is is unrelated but what happened to Seko Boys didn't Funimation uh, simulcast that a while ago what is Seko Boys it's that statue show, the show about statues. I have no idea what you're talking about. Me I either. Like you. you got even. Do that later. This. Yeah. Let's go Good. off Let's... the grid with Sword Art Online casual wear. Uh, so yeah, very briefly. Um, this is the hiding in plain sight otaku stuff again. Yeah. Even though in Japan, like, also <laughs> the. <laughs> The, uh, the fidget team. spinner uh, thing that's on Kirito or whatever his name is thing. Um, anyway, uh, moving on, we've got case closed. Shoes are made for solvent. Now, I have primed you for this with all the crap that is like nothing to do with anything because check that out. Actual little case closed uh, cosplay style shoes with the magical button that I don't even know where he got that that all of a sudden you can kick really hard when he pushes it. That nobody questions in the show for no reason? No one questions the physics. Yeah. Often there's always this little kid when a murder happens. It's as if he's strategically placing stuff in the way to prevent him to become a suspect and put someone else in prison. No comment. See clear with Detective Conan glasses, so there's glasses as well. Hey, it's not salt glasses, so I'm happy. <laughs> Okay. Everyone needs now, to look like the Osborne kid. Harry Titans terrorize the Survey Corps for waxing campaign. Oh, uh, yes. And if you play it, it's a just show as popular as Attack on Titan is being used to wax nose hair. Hey, that is a huge issue. If you 
have too many nose hairs, it'll be unsightly and your boogers can't fall out. You're missing the point. The possibility of the OCA podcast getting a logo designed by uh, Kenichi Sonoda seems so much more likely having read this article. (laughs) I know. Ask him to put extra nose hair on our characters. Life size standee for your room because who doesn't pronounce it again? It's code gay ass. All right, code gay ass. Who doesn't want to like the show, but whatever. Here's a good one Char's custom Zaku is now a tape dispenser because why not? That would actually be kind of neat. And then get back to basics with soft vinyl Gundam and Zaku. And now we move on to the I, final stretch. I sent you a link. Oh, yeah. Apparently that wasn't licensed by Funimation. I had the idea it was for some reason. I don't know why. Glad to see I just doxed. No, what are you doing, Messenger? That's not what I wanted. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> LA Business Journal, Sabon Brands has been bought a... Stop. No, it's supposed to be close. Stop. Stop. That's the last article we're reading. I'm looking up Seco Boys. Why is this important? Because FDD and M said. We can do that next podcast. No, I'm like just looking at the. Look at the you have something to say. You just have to look at the poster and you understand the absurdity of what the show is. Yes, please let this come to. Uh, I want to watch this. Please let this get released on, on DVD. We can watch it with Ther- Thermae Rome. Anyway, um, moving back. Still need to get a toga. Danny, no. Danny sent me this. Uh, Vinland Saga creator Makoto Yukimura offers used pen nibs. To celebrate the Vinland Saga manga being published in Kodansha's Afternoon Magazine more than 150 times, the campaign is offering fans a chance to win one of 150 of creator Makoto Yukimura's used pen nibs. Fans can enter for a chance to win from May 25th to June 24th. So I love the fact that I can get a pen nib. Well, you know, if you're a big fan of the show, it's kind of cool that you have something that the actual creator used to draw the show that you really like, or the manga, it's rather. Not a show. The manga, as I as I corrected myself before yeah. you had a chance to correct me. <laughs> um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure 30th Anniversary Exhibition Main Visual posted for August 24th opening. Now, I know I've probably said this before, but uh, did. Hirohiko Araki is... I'm so glad. You know how they say that like artists do not get the recognition they deserve until after they're dead? I'm really happy that like so modern art is total bullshit right but i love that hirohiko araki is getting sort of the museum treatment you know what i mean i just it's i think he absolutely deserves it because his style is so unique and so incredible and so out there and also incredibly anime to like anime times 10 you know what i mean um I, i just think it's really cool that they're doing this moving on date da date ba do um, how Weeb Simpsons brought anime to Springfield. So there's this Twitter account. I'm not going to go through a lot of this, but um, I didn't even know this thing existed, but I read some of these and I laughed so hard at this one. Bort, it's pronounced Boruto. Just, I, God, some of these were so funny. So, um, yeah. I brought my own Oron Host Club. Anyway, so uh, 
if you're interested, I, I don't actually watch The Simpsons, so I don't really, I don't get half the references, but I, I had a good time going through some of these. Um, now, Otakuso shared this one. A Love Live fan gets kicked out of event for wearing Mountain of Anime merchandise. So I'll be honest, I forgot to actually read this article, but I saw the pictures and I thought it was really funny. Um, so I don't actually know the details on why they actually got kicked out. There may have been a bit of a clickbait, Hazard. but uh, it's just like it's <laughs> I also haven't watched Love Live yet. But yeah, it's kind of it's just such a funny I mean, it's it literally it's like bags, like um, messenger bags and body pillows. And it's just it's, it's a funny it so uncomfortable. But yeah. Yeah, it does look uncomfortable. But, uh, congratulations for your uh, creativity. New game creator stops sending fans gifts due to resellers. So um, apparently yeah. you could... Uh, Are you sure this is a trustworthy site? I, I don't know. This was sent to me by, um, I believe, Danny as well. Okay. Why? Mm, name. Just doesn't seem like that would be any way to continue. It's not translated well, is what you're saying? Because, um, yeah, stop send fans. Anyway, so basically, uh, from, uh, apparently you could write fan letters to him, and he would actually respond with uh, these. I forget what these little gold thingies are called, but they have like a special name for them where they write, the, they draw the little thing on them and send them out back to you. Uh, and apparently they were showing up on like eBay and stuff, so he's no longer doing it or whatever. That's a shame. Anyway, Adult Swim announces six-city U.S. concert tour for FL Seals The Pillows. So... Um, here are the dates and the places. Uh, it's too bad. They were actually, I believe, Anime Expo 2006. Um, I think they were at Anime Expo, and there was like the Anime Expo used to have this uh mock summer festival or something like that they did like on the roof and i remember going up there we were we were trying to go to some place so we didn't get to stay but we went up there to cut through something and i i'm pretty sure the pillows were actually playing um like a concert there when we walked past so that was kind of cool um wow they also performed music for beck i didn't know that in moonlight wow hmm. from the places showed all i want to know is what makes cambridge uh, whatever state MA is in Portland, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and Portland, Oregon, so special because pretty much it's like barely hugging America. Hey, at least it's in the U.S. Jeez, yeah, but they're so far away from where I am. I'm implying okay. that Canada so has control. fans of the podcast who live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, or Portland, Oregon. Augie officially hates you. <laughs> Moving on. I don't hate you. I just don't understand why why the tour can't show more love to other areas. Voice actress Hisako Kanamoto to go on hiatus for studying abroad. Um, now, I don't have much to say about this. I'm just bringing this up because she is the voice of Squid Girl. And I wonder if this may put a hold on production of continuations to some of the stuff that I'd like to see done, like Squid Girl. Um, so we'll see how that, how that goes. Uh, Moving forward. Not that Squid World Girl was really active recently, anyway. Job no. recruitment now site posting for <laughs> animators, directors for new Billy by Billy by studio based in Tokyo. Um. So I think you shared this, Augie. I did. And why? 
There are jobs out there for people. Okay. Well, I'm not going to apply because I, I have a new business to run. But uh, uh, yeah, if you were an animator or a director, feel free to uh, talk to this Tokyo-based studio, Billy Billy. And LA Business Journal, Saban Brands Company shuts down in July. Shoot, this was another article I meant to read but didn't. Yeah, so what happened is Hasbro bought the life bought Sabon. And instead of Sabon coming waiting for them to mess up the properties and mm-hmm. they buy them back. This time they got bought and they are go be pretty much going away. Okay. What's Digest happening to my Digimon into- then? That's Flatiron Entertainment. Oh, what? I thought that Saban Brands had them. Yeah, they worked on them on the original stuff, but Flatiron and some other company is working on the new Flatiron was the distributor. Yeah. Just because someone just made something doesn't mean that it's... Uh, Augie, it says on Wikipedia, Saban Brands 2012-2018. And then after that, it says Saban Capital Group 2018 present. Oh, okay. So they have. Okay. I miss. First off, uh, why in the world are you being a, being a little rude on the correction there? But. I didn't okay, mean to so be rude. Have... I, I guess I came off as rude. I was just. Okay. So know. they still have the apparent company around. I'm just scared for my, my IP. It's made. It's if anything, it goes back to the original Japanese. Uh, what uh, Toei? I believe worked on Digimon. I could be dead wrong on that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um. Anyway, thanks for sharing. <laughs> can I close this? Yes. You can. Okay. So we are now. Moving into uh, our discussion of ladies versus both, or no, no, not that. This <laughs> another one. Right. The sequel. <laughs> God. Uh, this show. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Unless you had anything you wanted to say about ladies versus butlers, because uh, the podcast, we literally, we were talking about it, and then I looked down and said, "Oh, the broadcast, the broadcast is ended." <laughs> so I don't think I, we were basically done. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not. I don't. I I didn't care, and I was so fed up with my internet at that point. So uh, Miss um, Kombiashi's Dragon Maid. How many how many times have you two seen this? Once. Once. I've seen the first episode twice, though. So. Well, Ooh. Actually, going Ooh. into this, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to just clear up the stuff regarding the uh, um, the well, dub controversy, and then we can start, that way. I can what? Before you start, let me lay down what I have on the table. I have now seen this four times. Three subbed. This last one, first time watching it dubbed. First time watching the last OVA. Also, manga-wise, there's a few, but this is one of them that I try to keep current with. Sorry, this is one of them what with? That he likes to keep current current with. As they release it, I get it. Yeah, when I when I put the AirPod away, uh, there's a hiccup in my Bluetooth connection. Oh, that's so I, fine. I messed up. I, anyway, I don't show it because I'd rather show something complete than partial. But let's continue. 
Okay. So, um, sorry about that, guys. The entire time the camera was on me since I stopped sharing the uh, the, uh, the screen there. <coughs> Ugh. So, let me drink some water because I've got some tuna in the back of my throat. As you drink some water, here's the mangas, the manga, manga <coughs> that I was showing off. Ooh. Okay. So, um, here's the thing. We were guessing, as I said before, in the previous podcast regarding some of this stuff, and just to sort of lay this out, I knew about the Miss Kobayashi line because I had glanced. I had, I'm subscribed to our anime on um, Reddit, and I don't usually uh, go on it or even read anything that's on it. But I I see this he- the headlines from time to time, and I'll click on something that's interesting, such as the Cowboy Bebop poster I shared uh, this podcast. Um, and uh, I had seen somebody talk about it, so I knew that there was some controversy to this particular show. Um, but, and I, I assumed that there was probably some more, but I just, I didn't know what they were. And then in the past couple podcasts, we've talked a little bit and certain names have been thrown around like prison school and Hajimete no gal, or my first girlfriend is a gal. Um, but in my head, it didn't, until I had actually sat down and looked at the facts, it wasn't really solidified for me. So it was sort of in this nebulous place where I just assumed there was more out there and I took it upon myself to actually look into it. And it turned out that the, the three main titles that have been, um, sort of caught up in this controversy have been prison school. My girl, my first girlfriend is a gal and uh, Miss Kobayashi's dragon maid. So I want to just sort of walk through uh, real quick what happened, um, who it turned out was responsible, or at least who got thrown under the bus for it. Uh, and then what Funimation's response was, because I do actually want to give Funimation credit where it's due. So uh, let me pull up real quick. I'm just going to pull Chronologically. up. Yeah, I well, uh, more or less. There's only three, so what I believe to be chronologically, at least, because again, I don't, I don't watch uh, simul dubs or or anything, so it's not. Um, it it would have completely gone over my head, right? So prison, prison Kobayashi school first, yeah, I got and it. then yeah. Oh, it is Kobayashi next. Okay, so I'll I'll do that. I'll do that then. Okay, so regarding um, prison school. I think that this was the first one that happened, and this was actually, I think, the worst one in my opinion, and the because it was just the most off base, and it was the most spiteful against the audience. Um, so what happened with um, Prison School is that there was a line uh, where the original Japanese was, you keep talking to me like we're on equal terms, but I'm a second year. You have to address the superior more politely. Shut up to which they translated to the English one. Whoa, cut cut the brakes, Arthur Fonzarelli. You got to stick up your ass, or are you one of those dumbass Gamergate creep shows? Right? So, including Gamergate, which I'm not going to go into too much detail on, but including Gamergate was... In th- I mean, this is probably the most political that it got with, uh, with this, in the sense that not necessarily that... Um, that Gamergate itself is political per se, but that it's divisive. Okay, and it's incredibly divisive because of what Gamergate actually was, what the people who were exposed in Gamergate tried to turn it into to cover up their own asses on on the um, unethical behavior that was exposed, and and who since then people picking sides based on the limited information they get from the side that they hear first, right? So um, regarding this, this is this is where the major issue came from. The person who Ultimate. So the people jumped on Jamie Mark, 
Uh, we've been no, calling her Jamie Marchi. No, they I didn't jump her, her is, on her for this one. I think that came after actually, Kobe actually started. No, right? no, actually, they've jumped on her for each and every one of the ones we're going to go through. Okay, oh. because she is the voice actor who delivered this line. Wait, she did this line as well? I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken. She delivered this line, and uh, she was listed on ANN, Anime News Network, in the credits for the ADR direction of the show or whatever, but she wasn't actually, according to her on Twitter, when people attacked her for it, um, she threw this guy, Tyson Reinhardt, uh, under the bus, uh, and I, I, I'm I'm not going to say who was or wasn't responsible for it, but this is the guy who basically um, what the blame was pushed onto, and he responded uh, on Twitter by saying, um, he uh, when people were giving negative reaction, he said, if you think rape threats against women in gaming are acceptable, I'm glad my script pissed you off. Hashtag prison school. Hashtag it was just one line, you nerds. All right. So obviously this is this is an employee's account. And, you know, you should be able to say what you want to say. And it shouldn't necessarily reflect Funimation. But this is uh, this. You can't distance yourself from it. I, I was saying before the podcast started how Twitter is basically the trench in the Death Star that blows it up. You know what I mean? Like it, well. it for a company is a huge liability, right? So, go ahead, Augie, you want to say something? Well, for in this case, if you have your own personal, like you're about to say, yes, you can say what you want. But if it's a, an account tied with the company, that's going to affect the, affect the, what you say may or may not affect the, uh, darn it. Okay, it's not like he said this from the official Reputation. at Right. Okay, but but I, I get what you're saying, and, and the thing is, this is the thing that's wrong with Twitter. Okay. Okay. Let's social not talk media, about Twitter. Let's just go. Well, on hear to... me out. Hear me out. Social media has made current business ownership a minefield because Facebook is one thing because the people that see your account and are allowed to access it and everything are people most of the time that you let in. They're your friends and your family, and you keep it somewhat, you know contained so that it's you right and you're in your people and it's not necessarily anonymous you can make it anonymous you don't have to use your real name but in the policy that's like something that's, that's stipulated that it has to be your real name and a real account and all that stuff right? Right, right twitter on the other hand uh is a shit show okay and the thing is that this is that person's personal account but in the sidebar they list like i i work for funimation i do this blah 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 and it's right, like right. it's kind of like when it says so, views expressed in commentary do not represent funimation they are the, those of the individual right so it's like there's this blanket thing it's like you it should be generally speaking people should understand it's like okay look this funimation washes their hands of this but at the same time it's like people get so upset that it the back you can't avoid the backlash right that's why i'm saying it's right. like the it's kind of very the similar to the recent issue of Roseanne Barr sadly yes where and, she and made the tweet and the number one show on abc gets canceled because of it yes and it's it's ironic because what we're talking about with uh with the stuff with funimation is that we have sort of the the sort of left wing far left um ideology being pushed and subverted and, and pushed into the show uh, in the dubs. And that's where the controversy is coming. And there's a backlash from people 
on both sides who just don't want to see that injected in there. And from our point of view, and I'm going to speak for the entire podcast here, the reason why we are upset about this is not necessarily that the politics is being injected. It's more that we want Funimation to do well. We don't want them to make blunders that hurt their business and eventually hurt our hobby, right? So we want them to do well, and this is not good for business you know, um, because it is divisive and because it does cause boycotts and all that stuff. Now, on the other hand, Roseanne's thing was like an entirely far right sort of uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, it's its own, right its own thing. But it doesn't need to come into this discussion. Um, but the thing here regarding the, the, the backlash here or the, that this response made things so much worse. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This response made things so much worse. And I'm just, just clarifying here is that um, the this is a, a straw manning of the quote-unquote Gamergate people that everybody who's um, Gamergate is pro-rape threats and all. It's just total bullshit, painting a stroke, making a stance. This is like an obvious thing. It seems to me like this person, Tyson Reinhardt, wrote the line, for to cause this con- he was being a provocateur in the same way that Roseanne was let's be fair um, this was a provocateur attempt for the backlash so that he could virtue signal to his side now the thing here is that, that I think is very important that we did not clarify in, in the previous discussions is that the line was changed for the Blu-ray release okay so Funimation actually um, actually saw the, the, the backlash over this and they stepped up and actually redubbed the line from the, the simul dub or the broadcast dub, whatever you want to call it, to the Blu-ray dub, uh, or rather the home video release, um, and fixed it. Okay, so that is a, I would say, um, you know, this is kind of an ugly situation Funimation found themselves in. And yes, it does save pace to to fix the line, because then the people like myself who don't watch the simul dub but do buy the physical media don't get dragged into the controversy. You know, they basically put an end to the controversy by fixing it. Right. And it also Um, doesn't immortalize this mistake in their discography to say. Yes. So so this is something that I, I want to applaud them for in that regard. Now, you said the next the next one in the uh, timeline is oh, yeah. Dragon Maid. Okay, so let's get rid of that one. Um, so Dragon Maid, and I'm just bringing these articles up because they actually have the script here. So in the, uh, this is from episode 12. In the um, original line, uh, Toru answers the door and Lukoa is there. And she says, what's with that outfit? Lukoa says, everyone was always saying something to me. So I tried toning down the exposure. How is it? Toru said, you should try changing your body next. In the dub version, Toru says, what are you wearing that for? Lukoa says, oh, those pesky patriarchal societal demands were getting on my nerves. So I changed clothes. Toru then says, give it a week. They'll be begging you to change back. Right now, um, there's actually another line in Dragon Maid in episode one and another line in episode three that people had trouble with. And I want to, I want to clear this up because I think that, I think that there is, um, I think that this was blown out of proportion. So the line in episode one uses the term cultural appropriation where, um, the characters, um, Kobayashi and, uh, Takia, uh, her, um, business associate they're out drinking and they go on this rant about maids and and takia says it's like cultural appropriation without any culture or something to that effect now the actual line that he says in japanese and this is sort of in defense of somebody taking this and applying it to 
um, sort of the way that this may be conveyed in an English uh, translation, you know, the localization. He actually says it's like foreigners dressing up as samurai and ninja. Okay. Now, I don't agree with the concept of cultural appropriation, but it, but I was willing to give uh, Jamie Markey a um, a pass on Kobayashi's Maid Dragon or Dragon Maid because um, it seemed to me that what was happening here is that the the person localizing it just happens to let's say um, is. I would use the term social activist versus social justice warrior, meaning like a social justice warrior goes to battle over this stuff and crack, cracks you over the head with it. And it's just, it's overbearing and controlling and all that stuff. Whereas this is, you know, this person views th- things through that lens and may, may agree with uh, sort of the sentiment, but not necessarily the, the motive and, and, uh, or, um, or the, the, the methods used, which is like the doxing and all that crap that, that, that group does. Um, and, uh, that because they view things through that lens, the phrasing and, and things that they used was something like cultural appropriation. And I, I think it was a pretty tame line. I still think that it's right for the fans to draw the line in the sand, you know, as they have been. I think I think that's very valuable. Um, but in that particular line, I didn't think it was um, such a big deal. Although I will say that as I re- looked into it, I found out that there was, again, you know, people go to, they take to Twitter and they, they throw all this shade at the, the person. And then that person replies and it gets really ugly because people don't know how to just let things go. Like, let, let me put it this way. Back in the day, if you had a problem with a, a, a decision that the company made, and of course the quote-unquote company is not making the decision, somebody in the company who's in charge of something screws up, right? You write a letter to the CEO of the company and say, dear such and such, uh, I've been a loyal customer for the past 20 years, and I'm afraid that a, an action that was taken by your company recently, blah, blah, whatever, you write them a letter, and I want you to picture this, uh, if you're the CEO, and you get to, uh, let's say you go to work, uh, and you get the email, and you open it up, and you see this thing that's very concerning. Your actions are going to be, all right, well, this is obviously something that has caused somebody who's been a loyal um you know, follower of the company has been a loyal customer for all these years. It's caused them to be very upset. I need to look into this, right? So what you're going to do as the CEO is you're going to co- conduct an internal investigation, find out what happened, who is responsible, hear their side of the story, and potentially reprimand them, even fire them, depending on the severity of the situation. Then you're going to you're going to put out uh, like a press release explaining like, look, we looked into it. This is this is uh, a travesty. We're very sorry. It'll never happen again. Right um, now, the alternative, if you're a CEO, picture this: all the people, rather than write you a letter, go to your employees' Twitter and start saying, you know, you suck, kill yourself, all that stuff. And then you get into work, and that employee is there saying, "Hey, I need to show you something on my Twitter." Everybody is saying this about stuff that I did. Your first instinct is not to listen to the people telling your employee to kill themselves. Your first instinct is going to be to defend your employee. Okay, so this is a problem with the people who are upset about the situation that they jump on Twitter because fuck Twitter is a goddamn shithole, you know, with all this stuff that people do this kind of thing. What's up? Okay, you're kind of overhating a little bit of the situation. I'm I'm just explaining that if we want to see change here, 
the answer is not to go on to Twitter in, or first to go on to Anime News Network, find out who you can blame, and then jump on a hate pile and attack them. The answer is to actually write a, a, a respectful letter to the company and appeal to their bottom their bottom line, their you know the money that they're making, and say, look, this is unacceptable. You guys need to to rein this back. You know, and in this case, it's the second time this has happened that we're about to talk about the third one and explain what happened in that case and how Funimation's um, replied there. But I'm just saying that that I don't think that um, that this one is as bad as people made it out to be. And sadly, I do think Funimation should have changed the line for the Blu-ray. I think it would have been in their best interest. Yeah. Uh, because for me, because they they didn't, unlike Prison School. And for me, having known about the patriarchy line. When I watched the when I watched the show, which by the way I said a couple podcasts ago, I was planning to watch it in Japanese. I started in Japanese. Uh, uh, actually, there was an issue with the Blu-ray, which I'll get into later. But um, it was in English, and I could not change the audio with the remote. Um, and I I ended up um, switching back and forth. I watched the first couple episodes multiple times, once in English, once in Japanese. And eventually, I started watching the show in English with the subtitles on. Um, and it turns out, so as I said, it having known about the patriarchy line made me go into the show with sort of a tainted view of it. And I, as I mentioned before, and I haven't really talked about yet, there's a line in episode three that people were also really upset about. The line in episode three is actually, at least according to the, uh, to the English subs on the DVD, um, is actually accurate, right? So there's a point uh, when Kanakamui shows up where she calls Kobayashi a cuckold. Right? Question, in Japanese, were people actually complaining about that, or was yes, that they, just you was, catching it? It was that line, uh, um, and then that in that exchange, continues to go on where she calls Kobayashi a slut, and Kobayashi says, hey, don't slut shame me. Right. So again, it's the buzzword. You know, um, the right in particular likes to claim that the left gets triggered by all this stuff, because, you know, let's face it, there's an overreaction that occurs when chalk drawings and stuff happen, but but the right gets triggered by this stuff. It's ridiculous. You know, it's the buzzword comes in, slut shame, you know, and then it gets triggered and, oh, I can't believe you're throwing all this stuff in here, this feminist propaganda stuff. It's like watch it in Japanese. That's basically what she said. You know, she called, she does call um, Kobayashi like a slut or, or something to the effect. And yeah. then um, she defends herself. So it's like, it's, oh, again, I think that when it comes to Kobayashi, it was an overstep. Um, the fans were more outraged than I think it deserved. Um, but yeah, I do I think that, that again, they should have changed the other lines. Go ahead. Like I'm wrapping this up. But go ahead. For the complaints that you're talking about, in this case, it kind of Feel, feels like the fans are kind of overraking the pebbles here. Yeah. Well, and I think that because of the prison school thing, right? Like that made this worse because it's like, oh, it's like, how many times I got to teach you this lesson, old man? You know, uh, that's because they were primed and ready for it. Right. Right. And and what I'm saying is that because I knew about that patriarchy line. When I first started watching and I, and I got it stuck on English um, and I was watching it with my family, um, I was sort of getting triggered, you could say, by a lot of the lines. But then when I switched it to English and then also had the subs going, uh, I was noticing that a lot of the lines that were, that were sort of 
you know, I, I was tempted to think we're being changed. We're actually very authentic. In fact, almost all of Kana's lines were word for word what they said in the subtitles. Now, again, Funimation had control over what the subtitles said, but I did switch things to the Japanese and to, to the knowledge I have of Japanese, it seemed like accurate translations. Okay. Now, regarding um, what happened with um, Hajimete no Gal, or My First Girlfriend is a Gal, uh, let me just wrap this up because we talked about this in the last podcast and there was a miscommunication on, on our end because the screen was not being shared when um, FDDM was going over the line. And uh, there was something that was really, oh God, there's something I don't want to show. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh God, no, I'm going to have to scroll down. <laughs> all right. Good, good thing. All the stuff I need is down here. Um, all right. That's good. I'm glad that I saw that at a time. So, uh, the line here, let's see the English is going first. Here's the Japanese one. So the, so, um, FDNAM basically read the line and there was a particular part. So the thing that he, you were talking about at was the word cuck. I just mentioned, hey, I think I remember they even inserted that word. Right. No, I'm I'm just saying that that because you had talked about that, it sort of it sort of uh, it put the magnifying glass on the wrong part, right? Because that is what you had remembered, and it it misdirected what where because I didn't know about this, I'd never heard of the show before you mentioned it, right? Anyway, you had said something. Another win for you, SJW millennials. Right. And when you read that, I thought that that was the person who wrote the article saying that not the actual line in the show, which it was. Okay. Now we talked about this in the last podcast. I had pointed the finger at this guy, David Trosco. He is the person who was involved. And actually I should look at the dates behind this to to double check. But I noticed this after we were talking about it. Under here where it says uh, chronology, he started working with Funimation in 2004. It says here, 2018, Funimation Studio G shuts down, retires from voice directing. So this was in um, March, uh, late March, right? But uh, I wonder if this was a result of the backlash from this dub. Because this was in 2000. This says here that 2017-09. So this was actually... So I wonder if... if, uh, um, If he lost his job or decided like because of the backlash, because again, the the thing is this, the thing about this is that it's not about what was done. It's about the snarky, sarcastic response on Twitter of literally just like being okay with, with shitting on your customers, you know, a huge portion of them, whichever side they're on, just shitting on them over the choices you made. Right. Because when it comes to making a product like this, it's like if you don't inject this stuff in there, you're going to make something that is enjoyable for the maximum number of people. And that obviously is what Funimation should be doing and striving for and firing people who are going to inject stuff um, against the company's policy. Right. And that, that's the main issue here. So I just wanted to clarify that the prison school line had been fixed for the Blu-ray. I do not know yet about the Hajimete no Gal line. We can um, only we, hope. We can only hope. Right. And I think that it's going to be the day of reckoning when it gets released and we get a chance to know. I think that's, that that's going to be a very interesting, uh, a turning point in what we think Funimation's well, direct. Let's, let's just say it's a crossroad. Okay. Funimation can either rectify the problem on a very controversial line or they can double down 
uh, and really make a lot of bad decisions that are going to affect them terribly. You know, so I I suspect they're going to change the line. I was shocked that they didn't change the line in uh, Dragon Maid, um, but uh, you know, we'll just see where things go. Okay, so that's what I wanted to share regarding the stuff. I just wanted to let you guys know that, you know, hey, this person responsible for this line looks to not be voice directing anymore. Prison school was changed. Hopefully it'll be changed for Hunter Manthe and O'Gal. Unfortunately, it wasn't changed for um, for Dragon Maid. Um, I don't know. I, I also think, again, as I said, I don't think the Dragon Maid stuff was as severe as people made it out Which to be. probably why they left it in. Right. But I will say that... Uh, um, and the thing about that actually is that um, Jamie Markey also voices Lukua. So she, so the thing is that she's in the wrong places at the wrong yeah, time. Yeah, she's, she, I mean, I think that she does hold some blame based on the fact that like, I was willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. And then I saw people res- like um, compiling tweets and stuff that were like the retaliation. I'm like, this is like, I would have to, if I, in my business, if I had somebody just, I'd have to fire them just to make an example out of it. I'd yeah. have to. Okay, see. You know. When are we going to talk about this? The actual let's, show and contents of. Let's talk about it. The TV series. I think I'm going to probably dip out after I say my thoughts on it. Okay. I don't know. Is Augie going to go first? Kind of. Well, I mean, I've been up since 5 a.m. It's. 3 a.m. now, so FDDM, if you want to go ahead, because I already know it's going to be one-sided. Okay, well, it's probably better that I'm starting because I'm probably going to be the the negative the Nancy. Didn't, you didn't like it. <laughs> no, it's not that I didn't like it. I did like it. It's just, you know, there's nothing that made me... Ray Vision. Nothing that really made me uh, go above and beyond. So, to sum it up, it was really chill to watch, but um, the thing is, it didn't really, uh, I don't know, compel me to think much better of it. And a lot of the times, I don't know, stuff just happened, I'd smile at it, but then by the time the show was finished, I was like, wait, that was it? I was going somewhere else. Um as Brad said earlier, at the very end, they shoehorned in some sort of story, which yeah. could have worked if they... Let's, let's preface it. this by saying that we discovered uh, or decided off camera that Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is the Seinfeld of anime. <laughs> yes. Um, and that it's a show about nothing. Like they, it's a, it's kind of like, oh, here's a bizarre premise. We're not really going to do anything with it, but uh, like we're not going to explain it. We're just going to jump in. And FDDM are agreeing to. Okay, so Augie doesn't agree. Okay, well, anyway, at the very end, like they could have made it work, like if they preluded to it earlier in the series, but it just came out of nowhere and felt forced. And, like it just ruined the tone of the show, as. Yeah. Anime snob would put it tonal backlash, whiplash. Um, yeah. But the thing is, I feel like one of the things they could have done to save the story, so to say, is if they explored the dragon worlds and gave Kobayashi a different issue. Because the whole thing with the show is that we're essentially following Kobayashi, not Kobayashi, sorry, Toru, as oh, yeah. she tries to blend in with society and be accepted. She does at the beginning. It does work because Toru is learning how to interact with humans and all that stuff and fit in. 
And she does get like these moments of gratification of, wow, you did good. And the other humans are accepting you. But she gets over that hump so quickly and it's done and over with that it's like, well, okay, now I'm not really feeling like she doesn't have any other moments like that. that well, she does have some, but she doesn't have much more compared to the beginning where it's like, oh, she did something to advance in society. And after that, it's just like day-to-day life with sporadic events happening. Whereas I would have preferred it if, I don't know, there was some sort of push that put the characters in these situations that were comedic and such like that. And I had some gripes with the comedy. For example, what was it? Like I was saying to Brad off screen, it's like the humor didn't, it was, it was funny in a lot of cases, but it didn't really make me laugh type thing. It was more like it's, I smiled at it and you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but because thing is when you think back to your favorite comedy shows and stuff, you think of the funniest moments because they were great. You really enjoyed that. With Kobayashi, yeah, can, can, real quick, can you um can you like disable your camera because your connection's kind of bad right now and it's getting hard to hear you? Oh, okay. Yeah, thank you. So, what is it? Where was I? Um. So yeah, you remember the funniest moments and yeah. w- all that stuff. So with Kobayashi, it's basically when I finish it, I won't be remembering any moments particular that were mm-hmm. really funny. It's so a show that, where you, you you remember perhaps liking it, but you don't remember why. I, like, yeah. I feel like that's a lot of a lot of shows I watch. Like I yeah, remember yeah. enjoying the experience, but I don't remember anything about it, kind of thing. Yeah, that that exact thing. Um, and the other thing with the humor is that there was a lot of, uh, I guess you could say, some running gags. But the thing, like, I know that you liked some of them, Brad, and you liked them as they went on. But after like the third time for some of them. Like, sure, they were funny at first, but they got so repetitive after at some point. And the thing is, they had multiple running gags. Mm. So it was like they piled it on top of each other. So it was like, did their well really run dry this quickly? Can you not, like, insert something else? And um, now that is pretty much uh, almost everything with the comedy. My final one is what I was explaining to you that you told me to re- reiterate on the podcast with OVA. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was Valentine's day. Kobayashi. I mean, Toru wanted to make chocolate for Kobayashi, but it was obviously like infected with something in it or something that was not good. It was like a love potion. Ploy. Yeah. She had, she had put a love potion in it to try to get Kobayashi to fall in love with her. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially what happens is, Kobayashi refuses it, and then later on in the show, you see Kana eating that chocolate, mm-hmm. and like you don't know it's the chocolate at that point. Well, okay, maybe you would note it if you were paying attention to the shape of it and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. essentially, this is the way it plays out. Kana's eating the chocolate. Kobayashi says, "Oh, no!" Kana offers the chocolate to Kobayashi. Kobayashi says, "Oh, well, if Kana's eating it, it must be okay, right?" At that moment, you know, well, it's obviously not going to be all right now that she's said that statement. And then once you see that it's not all right, you're like, okay, yeah, that's that's what I figured. So 
now that's just one specific instance, but they use this style a lot throughout the show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kind of grasp onto it. So then once the joke hits, I'm like, okay, yeah, that was the joke. I, I already figured that out. So it's, it doesn't really give me that punch. It's like, it's trying to tell a five-year-old how to process the joke or something like that. That's the way I feel. Okay. And uh, so let's see. Let, let me ask you one quick question. Sure. Um, you watch the show in English or in Japanese? English. Okay. Because what you described, I actually, I watched it in English as well. I, I tried watching it in Japanese. Oh, yeah, I actually true. thought the English was way better. Right. And um, I, what you described about the OVA, I, I had a really hard time paying attention to that Valentine's OVA. I just, I wasn't into it, you know, per, perhaps because it wasn't dubbed, but that's, um, I, that's possible, but don't no, I yeah, actually, all the stuff you're saying about it. I actually agree with for the most part. I just didn't think that, that it applied in the same way to the show because I just, I thought the dub was handled really well and it kept me, it kept me in, um, not interested. It kept me engaged. Uh, yeah. Um, a bit more. And the thing about it is that like, I, it's kind of funny because I was just thinking about, you ever hear somebody say like the term, like, Oh, that's hilarious. You know, but you didn't actually laugh. You yeah. know, what you're actually thinking is it's not that it's hilarious. It's that it's clever. You know, that's why yeah. I say I really like things that are clever and the humor in the show is not laugh out loud. Funny. You're not going to really even chuckle, but you're going to, you're going to be like, what a, like, just the concept is humorous in a weird way. And it's like, it keeps your mood light. It keeps your mood up. And like I said, it's like, you're having a good time while you watch it. Now, <clears throat> what I'm saying is regarding like some of the recurring gags. So to give you a few of them, um, psychology, cute gasms, which, uh, is, uh, FTD, weren't you going to leave? I wasn't after I finished it. There was like, Literally one or two things I was gonna say. Okay. Yeah, but I'm just talking to his point so he can rebut it before he yeah. before he leaves. I'm saying that Saikawa's cute gasm, uh, cute gasms, and um, Kobayashi's the, tail. Luca yeah, was trying to get Kobayashi to eat her tail. So when it and came Luka to the was being skimpy. I I didn't like Luca at all actually, but I'll talk about about that. Um, I feel but, the characters uh, in general weren't that deep. The side characters. They just kind of were there and they had one gimmick and yeah. They, yeah. You know, that's a really fair point that you're making actually uh, uh, about it. It's uh, yeah. That's kind of interesting because there are a couple of characters that you kind of latch onto. I and do the like the near and stuff, but the thing yeah. is just kind of here and there and that was it. You're right. Um, and I, I think that what kept the show going for me was Toru um, Kobayashi and Kana. And the other that, characters, yeah, that's basically it. Maybe Psychala a little bit, but, um, but yeah. So anyway, um, I, I, when I say stuff like I thought that the, um, that the tail, like her trying to get her to eat the tail, was funny to me. What I mean is that, like, um, I there, it's it at times it kind of disappeared for a while, and then it would come back and just, oh, she's still trying to get her to eat it, and it was also kind of funny, it's like, like when you sit back and think, oh. It's weird enough that she's eating her own tail. And it's yeah. really weird that she's pushing another like she it's a that's weird That's why it was funny like, at first. Me. For me. <laughs> kind of like it's just bizarre and that's why I'm saying is that I I got a kick out of it just cuz I thought it was it was 
I wasn't expecting it. Okay, so um, I, I just I, I feel like see, I can see that. Yeah, though the I way feel like I, a lot of the conversation we had was through text, and I don't think it articulated properly. I know, yeah, the point yeah. I was making. So go ahead. The now. way that I more so saw the tail thing, for example, is like they kind of just pulled it out of their ass, and it was just forced because it's like, oh yeah, this is a gag that we've done. Here you go. I don't know. That's the way I saw it. Um, but to continue what I was getting at before, well, it's true that that episode in particular, it could have been because it was subbed, but um, I did notice that pattern, though, throughout the show being used, and that's why mm-hmm. I had a problem with some of the jokes, or I guess you could say. But um, in particular, that, what is it, that that stage play episode that we were discussing in particular? What's that one? I'm so yeah, the stage play episode where they did the match girl and then they brought okay. in. Yeah, so yeah, I know what you're going to so, say, but go ahead. So, yeah, um, so essentially the match girl, what happened was throughout the, the beginning of the episode, they were just conceptualizing what it's going to be. And they had all these ideas. What if we do this? What if we do that? And they were all, whatever, all the ideas were said. So then when the second half, when we get into the actual play itself, you actually see them do that. But essentially, when they do that, it's like, oh, look, I happen to be doing this. It's like, uh, yeah, you already kind of said that 10 minutes ago. So the way I saw it was, look at me. I'm this joke. But it's like, yeah, you already said that joke. That's that's the way I found it, for example, in that situation. Yeah. And and I I. You know, I, I, I'm not saying you're not making a valid point. Like after you said that, I thought, oh yeah, you know, that's right. But I'm just saying like for me, um, because again, it's not like it's, it's sort of a weird acquired taste with humor where it's not actually funny. Like you're not actually laughing, but you kind of enjoy the concept and, and you just, true, kinda, it's kind of like the, you're shutting your brain off and enjoying the series. And my, I just thought it was funny that they, they went with the little match girl, which is so like serious. And then they took another, a Japanese, basically the Japanese version of it with the guy selling hats that his wife made. And then it was even funnier when, when Kobayashi was there actually commenting in the like background about like, uh, so the, the story about the little match girl, she starts lighting the matches she's selling to stay warm. And then she starts like, she literally starts dying in the cold while she's trying to stay warm and she's having hallucinations of her grandmother until her grandmother embraces her and takes her to heaven because she dies. So in, in the thing that they did, they brought in this other Japanese story where a guy sells hats that his wife makes in order to try to pay for her medical expenses because she's dying. And then it's like they, they decided to mix the match girl story with that. So they bring that character in and says here this he's burning the hat that his wife his dying wife made you know and then it's just like it was the it was i think that they saved the joke that they told you they were going to do and then did by having kobayashi comment on how absurd it was the choices they had made now like i I thought i thought that's what saved it for me with the play it wasn't all bad because i think my main issue was the thing is we knew the jokes that were coming but the thing is they did add some things that they didn't mention before that obviously I wasn't expecting. So I, th- I found those things kind of funny. And yeah, Kobayashi, I, I thought it was handled well. Personally. Kobayashi's commentary, though, is part of the problem that I was kind of saying. It's just she verbalizes what we're thinking. It's like, yeah, we're thinking that. But yeah, once again, but- kind of like what I was like um, when there was new stuff, her new commentary kind of 
clarified the new information, essentially, of the yeah. new stuff that was happening. And there was also some comments that weren't just, you know, verbalizing what we see. She added something different to it later yes. on. And let me let me counter that argument uh, by saying that there are times where something really absurd is happening, but for some reason it just doesn't register on screen. Okay, in the movie Kung Pao, if if the in the intro, if the character um, Master Pain didn't say ah, lighter, you wouldn't even question the fact that he had a Zippo. It's just a weird thing where they they have to actually verbalize it for you to go, oh yeah, that's funny. Like like that's right, that shouldn't be there. That's out of place. I you think know? a way that it works really well is like how in Detroit Metal City, it's like he's raping that tower because if they didn't say he's raping that tower, we'd just be like, what is he doing? But they just yeah. like what rape? He's yeah. raping the tower. And I think I think that. In, in my opinion, like maybe you would have thought like, why is he burning the hat that his wife made? But like, for me, it actually like, it put it into context. I'm like, Oh God, that's, that's, that's really funny. That's a really clever, funny thing that it's just so out of place that he's doing that, you know? So I, I appreciate it. And I, I know we're just reiterating the point that, you know, you had one view on it and I, I just felt differently about it. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I, I thought that, that it added to it and I was, I was that was probably my favorite episode actually. So, so let's see. Uh, I think I've gotten a majority of what I had to say about on it, but um, overall, you know, it's something that you can throw on and then watch, and you know, can lighten the mood as you said. And yeah. you know, it's nothing bad about it. But as we were saying about it being the Seinfeld, it's it's very stable. But because it doesn't really put itself out there to try and like go beyond, it's hard to make it something that you consider one of your favorites, maybe, or sure. at least harder. I can agree with that. Like I, I would say that it's a fun watch, but I don't think it's your. I don't think it's anybody's favorite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a fun watch, but you're not like in your top ten kind of thing because there are just there are other shows that are laugh out loud funny that you remember the moment looking back and maybe, maybe made dragon or dragon Maid deserves a higher ranking, but it is, it's like we said, it's like, it's Being hard held to back, back by about what's actually funny about it, you know? Um, because it's just, it, it puts you in a good mood while you're watching it. And I think that there's value to that, especially when you like, when you're like me and I launched a business and had a very stressful week, it actually lightened my mood. I expected to go into it really not liking it because I was really rushed towards the end, but it actually sort of pulled me out of the gloomy state I was in because yeah, it just I think slice of life in general is pretty much, that's the primary uh, response that it gives slice of life. Anime mm-hmm. is just, it chills you out and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's also sort of the Moe aspect of things, which is what they sort of exploited with, with Kana to a degree that Moe is the non-sexualized, um, attraction to a character. It's like, it's like, it's sort of like the cute gasm, uh, so to speak, you know, it's like where you're, you're attracted to the character, uh, because of how charming and cute they are, but not in a sexual way, which is the entire purpose of Moe. I think think you've explained the term Moe better than any other source that I've actually tried to figure out what the term itself meant. Well, to be fair, I don't, I don't know who said that, but I've, I actually heard that from somebody else. So, um, I'm not going to take credit for it, but but yeah, I, I thought that when I heard that too, I'm like, yeah, that's an exact perfect example of what it is. So if the UDM is the, were those the points that you wanted to say before you left? Uh, yeah, basically. Okay. All right. Unless All right. you have something you want to 
ask oh, about? I have, I have a lot to say about the show. The thing is, you two don't work the same schedule that I do, so you two kind of talk behind the... You also the... have work off tomorrow, right? Yeah. Right. So, so you two I... have like a different wavelength on the on this yeah. topic. I have a separate one, so... Yeah, so I, I have something. I, I really hate to do this to you, but I have something to say real quick. Something that came up earlier in the chat. Old man was going to share a Imgur album of his uh, yeah. collection, and he did. And I feel like we didn't even talk about it. And I've been waiting to bring it up till after uh, FDDM was able to get out his point. Um, shall I scroll through it while you're talking, or do you actually want to see it and comment quickly? Uh, let's comment about the. About that site, and then get back to the topic so both of okay. us can talk so about I'm it. I'm going to just do it because I want to give him the, the recognition he deserves here. Got the scribe set. Oh, he's got the classic bleach sets. Yeah, I noticed that too. I still need this one right here. You're not going to wait for the Blu-ray for the better bang no, for your I, I really do want to just get the Blu-ray. I stupidly bought all of the the DVD set. Like because at one point I just I think it went on sale and I I got it and I really wish I, like Naruto too. I've got so much of it. Volume uh, six and beyond are going to be cancer to get on DVD if you continue to stick with it. With Shippuden? No, no. Uh, with a uh, Bleach. I have all of Bleach. I just don't have the original thick version of this set. Wait, you bought all of Bleach? All of it, yeah. Oh, well, okay. I guess you got that settled down. But I have. It, I don't have it on Blu-ray, is the thing. He has two Trigun sets. Two, Yeah, two Trigun sets. Um, there's going to be two... Uh, um, oh, Orphan, is that your season one? I will let For him discuss orphan? it when he wants. I thought you meant Iron Blood Orphans. No, Orphan sure. Sorcerer Hunter or Sorcerer Stabber Hunter or whatever Sorcerer it's called. Stabber. I'm not sure about his organization, but <laughs> well, especially that one box right there. The Looney Tunes <laughs> or this box? I love the NHK. It has a volume of no. Oh My God. Oh My God, isn't it? I like that's, the Intel. New Getter Robo. That's New Getter Robo's art box. Okay. And it has I'm going to be an angel and whatever these other ones are. I'm going to be an angel and I'm going to be an angel. Oh, no, no this the is the new Get a Robo him. Volume 1. Yeah. So he's he's keeping the box nice is what he's doing with some extras or something. Okay. Oh, and then here, yeah, yeah. Like you said, he's missing uh, Volume 6. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking you for, for not having... I really recommend getting... Uh, I mean, if you have the ability to, getting the whole uh, bookcase scenario locked down to like a... Oh, here's volume seven of Or Battler Dunbine. Yeah. Um, Some PC game. Uh, Wait, is it Captain Herlock or Harlock? Um, the the Genion series that was released was released as Captain Herlock. Oh, okay. <laughs> Two kitty grades. Yeah, two kitty grades. Got the um, Full Metal Panic art box. I still need to get the art box for Chobits. I have the the Bailey boxes. That's why I have two. Uh, I I, I want to buy the art box and just stick the Bailey boxes in it. I'm hoping it'll fit. 
All right, I should know what that khaki one from Pioneer is. Which one? Oh, uh, okay, have you go LR? What's the one I to the right it? of the license by royalty? Uh, that's Sucker Wars. <laughs> the one I'm huh. getting. Yeah. <laughs> um, where's the Pioneer one you're talking about? Uh, right beside Sucker Wars. Um, that is Hibane Renme. Okay. Not Kamachu. And oh wow, the art was in Art Box Farm. Um, so I'm I'm not like talking too much here, but I, I just say I, I am impressed with uh with some of the stuff you got that you like rather than thin pack, you're like going all out for the you know for the thick pack. space wasters, which I, I say that lovingly because I I, pref- I like these too, but they they take up so much room compared to the thin pack. Here's the other Gal Geiger set, Speed Grapher. Uh, yeah, I recognize star. that elemental blade. Set. Ele- yeah, elemental blade. So I bet you love those Sayuki. Peanuts by Busy Books. Yeah, Peanuts is a pretty good anime. Top ten. <laughs> Zero. That's a PS3 game Holy series. Holy crap! How large is the Devil Lady set? I thought that was only twenty-six episodes. This is it a. Is. Thick, uh, extra thick pack. Yeah, it's like the uh, the Android Kakiter set I had. Yeah, it's, a it's like box. the freaking Magical Users Club set as well. Jesus. I, I just want to take note of this. This is Armitage, yeah? This is a really cool nice. statue figure here. Also, shout out to Jordan B. Peterson. Oh, I need that girl's Bravo. So it feels like, yeah, that was a PS3 collection there. Do not watch Arjuna. Hey, he has Android Kyder. Mm-hmm. He has the oh, special oh. edition of... I have a real quick uh, thing to say. Um, you know how the Kurumi sets, um, the artwork got crumpled on the spine? Yeah. I'm finding Funimation's new Blu-ray sets are doing that for some reason. Like my uh, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid and my Sagumamo. They had these... And Eldlive. They all had these tiny crimples in the middle. That's interesting but, that you say that because I had an issue with my um, artwork on uh, Dragon Maid as well, but it wasn't. It was not crumpled. It was just like put in very sloppily. Let's see. Japanese version of uh, Love Something. Aerobic. What is this supposed to be? Erotic. It's A uh, row B, it looks like. I assume that's the giantess game. Uh, it has Planetes, Stella Box, that looks familiar. You're under arrest. Right, Forward. Oh, st- uh, props for this one, man. Which one? I still haven't picked this up. Story of Sainoku. I've been meaning to get that, but. I've been lazy. It's hard to actually get that entire series, though. Yeah, I I need to get it because one of the, the the composer who did the music for it is the same one who did Twelve Kingdoms. Is that like really good soundtrack? Incredible composer, incredible. Um, so this is this a, like a second or third speed for set? So I used to have um. Yeah, you've got okay. You've got the slip thingy on here. 
on backwards compared to how I did it. I don't know how it's supposed to go, but the way I used to have it, cause I don't, I didn't like this image. I liked the other image, but um, the text is like directly covering. If, if you put it in so that this fold is going into the bookcase. So I, I don't know how it's supposed to go, but it, it looks weird on mine. And it's, it's very unsatisfying. Um, the way it's done. Is, has uh, the correct disc. Say what? I hope his is has the correct disc in it. Why, why do you ask? Why do you say that? Because every time I keep trying to buy that show, it's always the wrong disc. Well, it looks like somebody can watch Bamboo Blade with us. Um, Allison and Lily, I actually really love to do this for a watch club sometimes. This is a much better show than I expected when I started watching it. Um, uh, held my attention, even though it was only in Japanese. And uh, I really liked it. He's got a Nana. Also, props for Toriko. Yeah, and Nana. Yeah, that's that set's not cheap, or these sets are not cheap anymore. I don't know about oh, that particular one. one. Fourth one aren't. Yep. For a brief while, they were like ten dollars each. That reminds me, I still got to buy this uh, show. By the way, um, I was going to ask. Actually, I'm glad that glad that you've reminded me here. So this went out of print. We talked about that or whatever, and uh, I wanted to know. With Sergeant Frog, uh, so we had talked kind of about how Shin Chan and Sergeant Frog had the part one, part two, like you've got the the part one, part two of the seasons here. Uh, And then they also had like the actual season box sets. And with Shin Chan, um, there was like one way it actually had like the stupid uh, thin pack, the way that that Funimation does the the thin packs where it's just like two thin packs in a 14 millimeter spine that always gets destroyed because it's just paper like this instead of of, uh, chipboard. And I'm curious uh, with these particular sets, do they have um, thin pack in them? Or like I'm I'm trying to decide if I'm going to get the season set or the part one, part two set because I'm trying to avoid those ugly thin packs that they did for like the uh, UU hockey show. So wait, hold on. Uh, why, why are you debating getting the seasons? What would you not get the seasons? Because what happened with the way that I got Shin Chan, it turned out that I avoided getting the thin pack one by buying the part one, part two I, sets. I have the season sets. They're normal DVD cases. Oh, really? Okay. I thought you said that they were thin pack on that one. And then it, somehow I, I avoided it with, with this one by getting the season instead of the one part one part two there, there's no way that i would say that they're the thin pack not i must have i must have that has to, yeah that's a door okay hey ramna and, yep. and uh, also city hunter next, uh, diets there <laughs> ramna set four complete i wonder how much that is now good stuff man If you have the tension you're going to need for our next podcast. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, apologies for, for having read that comment and then not gotten back to this until way late into the uh, podcast here, but we, we did cover it. So I'm, I'm glad that you uh, shared it and we were able to anyway. Um, okay. So is it my turn yet? It is. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, Augie. All right. Okay. See you all later. See you later. Okay. Catch you. Catch you later. Go for okay, it. I have no idea what FTDM said about the show, but here's my take on it. I enjoyed the show. The pace, the pacing was 
fast to a very entertainable rate. It does just like Nietzsche Joe. It does some part. Some parts is light story. Some parts is random bits to get to kind of get the viewer more into the world. Um. So you have Miss Come, you have Kumbayashi Toru the this the guy right dragon. here, yeah. the actual dragon. She rescued her, her in the forest one day while being drunk. Then the two bonded, and she became her maid. Along with Toru comes along Kana, which, as explained, she is a lesser dragon. Even though, to me, in her dragon form, she either looks like a blend of Falcor, the Wish Dragon from Neverending Story, or Buff, the Magic Dragon. The Lives by the sea. You talking about Co- uh, uh, Toru? Yeah, her dragon form. Yeah, she didn't. I didn't think she looked like. Um, well, not exactly like that because it was. Almost... I, I thought Kana looked a lot like Falcor compared to. Wait, Toru. hold on, hold on. What name did I say? You said Toru. I'm I sorry. I meant to say Kana. Okay. Maybe, maybe I, I was, I was trying to close some tabs. So maybe, maybe you didn't say that, and I just. Screwed you I, up there, but but now we're on the same. I probably did say that by accident. <laughs> um, so you have so out of the main three, three that the story focuses on, Kobayashi is a programmer, and you see her get into her late twenties, mid thirties range, range, and the buffets of life are coming on. Or catching up to her, like her bad back. They mm, I, I thought that the bad back was from her sitting coding so much. Pretty much. Not, not, not like necessarily how, old age, but just like the sedentary lifestyle. I don't know. I like how the dragons kind of pick on that and <laughs> kind of mock her for... Not really make fun of her, but mimic her to try to become human in their surroundings. Uh, between between the relationship of the three, Toru likes Kumbayashi. Kumbayashi can tolerate um, Toru. Kana comes in. Now she's explained into the situation. She's a lesser dragon that isn't as powerful as Toru, but is considered to be a child still, hence why yeah. she's in like the... Toru was supposed to have been older than mankind. Right. Yeah, there was a line that she said uh, that she's technically old enough to be everyone's everyone's Grandma. mother. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, at first, with these th- with these three, kind of have Toru and Kombayashi. Either you can look at it as mother and older daughter, or lovers, depending on how the scene's going to be written how the scene is written or admirers of each other. And well, Kana's the kid, which she, she relates to Kumbayashi as she prefers to call her mother. Why I'm stressing this is how I, from what I got from this series is it's a whole bunch of whimsy mixed in with relationships for this particular relationship, you see more of a family aesthetic and and the obvious Yuri couple. 
Then you have Fafnir and who's the guy that she works with? Hmm. Um, sorry, I'm reading Old Man apparently had been telling us he got Trigun for ten bucks. Um Cool. Uh, he had he said he had a ton of extra art boxes. There are more behind the art boxes. That's the Lupin car, meaning the one that looked like it was out of um, the Italian job, which is yeah. the, it's the, for the Italian Lupin. Um, so that's pretty cool. And he said he never played the game. It just caught his eye. And the, the Speed Graffer art box, he, he has the Speed Graffer art box sealed uh, and the collection. So um, I'm curious to know where, which direction the the um, – what do you call it? The flap is on for the one that's sealed. <laughs> anyway, um, just wanted to address that before I didn't because he had he had waited so long for us to even look at the collection, and then I didn't address the comments. Um, so the old man you were talking about. Yeah, let's see here. Also, your connection is getting kind of bad. Is it oh. bad for anybody else? Like you sound a little bit robotic. I, I wonder if I should switch oh, to my I other internet. Uh, I'm seeing you just fine. I hope I'm okay. I mean, is my hand... You you look okay, but you sound just a little bit like there's just a little bit of strain on the connection. Might be, might be because I'm tired. <laughs> well, it's definitely not because you're tired. I mean, it sounds robotic, like, like the stuttery uh, audio pickup. Okay. Darn it. What is her co-worker's name? Her co-worker? Yeah. Takia. Oh, Takia. So you see, so, go ahead about Takia. So you see, Takia and Fafnir become friends, and see how well how their relation works out. I don't really get Yowie from it; just kind of two people just butting around at home. In the Japanese, it, I don't. It wasn't Yowie, but it was. Okay, this is not the right term. But it feels like such an appropriate term, so I'm going to use it anyway. The word queer baiting, yeah, like, yeah. Um, he called him Fafcoon, like a lot in the in the uh, subtitles and stuff. Like Fafnir, San becomes Fafnir Coon to Fafcoon, right? So he was he was getting more and more close to him, you know, in terms okay. of like. You know how like the Japanese system is, um, and uh, so I, I again I I agree with you. I don't think it was necessarily like Yowie. I I don't think any. Okay, first of all, let me just address something. The first time you meet Takia, he's a normal guy. Right. Then he gets drunk and his eyes go into that spiral glasses mode. He wears he's the got, like, Coke frame bottle. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then. So I was under the impression he got that way when he was drunk. And then out of nowhere, he starts being a regular character on the show and he's always in that mode. And I'm like, is this guy just hammered all the time? No, you know, no, like no, I, it, it, I didn't quite get it at first. And then eventually at one point he like switches back and then he switches again. It's, it's, it was a little bit weird. Well, you have okay. professional face to pay the bills and you have otaku face when yeah. he wants to relax and enjoy a hobby. Thank you, old man. I'm going to go change that back then. <laughs> Regarding Speed Grapper. It's speed the way it's pictured. So that's good because I actually liked having it the other way. With the other picture as the spine. 
Let's see. And I'm glad I finally watched this dubbed because I got tired of calling her Mexican dragon. Who? What? Quetzalcoatl? Quetzalcoatl, yeah. Quetzalcoatl. Uh, Lukoa? That's Lukoa? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know who y'all were talking about when you said Lukoa. So, it took me two times watching the first episode to get it. But uh, she... I don't know if she says it in the dub, but because so something interesting that that transpired me watching it sub and dub at the same time by watching the uh, the subtitles and hearing the dub is that there were a that most of the English lines were better than the Japanese lines in the way that they were delivered. I thought that I thought that they got more across and evoked what they were supposed to better, but there were a couple times where what was said in the subtitles I thought um, added more to or perhaps just on top of added more to on top of what was verbally said in the dub and so i'm not sure if she actually said it in the dub but maybe by reading the subtitles while i heard the line she calls it quatzcoddle and then continues to talk and then says lukoa right so it turned out i think she was actually talking to lukoa during that during the the line where she's on the phone okay in the beginning in the first episode when she's, and then she said she talks about Yag, uh, Yagdrasil and stuff. You know, it's kind of actually, now that you Yagdrasil mentioned, it's sort of annoying. They never actually go over, and I'm sure that it's a mythology thing I could look up about her um, getting drunk. Lukoa? Yeah. Oh, yeah. her. Uh, they didn't cover her history lesson. Yeah, and it's just like uh, when she keeps covering up Toru's mouth, I'm thinking, okay, so next time they're in the apartment and Lukoa's not there, I hope that she asks. <laughs> I hope that she asks for the lowdown on it when Lukoa can't stop her from telling the audience. Um, so let me ask you this. I just want to change the subject real quick onto Lukoa and say, how did you feel about Lukoa and her little boy toy showed <laughs> Well, how the series wants to write her. She's her, she's his sister, but I kind of see the relationship more as a step, stepmother bonding with a child that lost his mother. Okay. I don't see The show is not at all conveying it that way at all. The show was doing this straight show to, hey, kid want to SS, which is like a a phrase that they use for this thing about, it's like the temptation of, and it was, I don't want to use the word pedo, but that it was like this thing where the kid was being put into these sexual, like sexualized positions oh, over the fact that sex. she was overly quote, overly sexy with like just enormous breasts and just right. ridiculous, right. Proportions. Um, I I'm curious your thoughts on that. I don't, I don't really see it lewd. I kind of see it more as well. She was just trying to bond with him. Okay, not, so not okay, this is this is typical anime make it innocent, but I'm saying like what was happening with the whole, you know, like it was I, again, I don't want to use the word grooming, but it's it was kind of like it was the joke is that this is this is poor Shoda. All right, first of all, the name, um, which is a real name, don't get me wrong, no, but it, it just really felt like thing. they were like they were Shoda conning it, you know, um, and uh. When I first watched it, I, 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 okay, it didn't ruin the show for me, but I felt a, like uneasy about it. And then I realized, like, I'm like, am I being, for lack of a better word, prejudiced here, just simply because I don't like um, 
Luca was I I don't like the overly busty gal with the with no brains kind of thing that they do in anime. Just it's just not my thing, right? And yes. I thought to myself, what's up? She's not stupid. She has brains. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? I, this the the sort of airheaded kind of like where naive. They're you know naive. what I mean? You know what I mean? You get you, you, I'm using the wrong term, but you get my you catch my drift. So, um, but I I kind of felt like I. I feel like if rather than having the character be innocent or let's say act innocent, but look really sexual, if they had flipped that and made the character look innocent, but act really sexual, I almost feel like I wouldn't have had a problem with it, uh, which is really weird to say, um, to verbalize, you know? Uh, yeah. And I and I realized maybe I I should step back from the perspective of of having a problem with what they were doing because I I feel like if they had actually done it overtly and and like taken the jokes really far that I wouldn't have had as much of an issue with it and I probably only had an issue with it because I just didn't like Luca mm-hmm. so I, I was just curious what your thoughts yeah. were and, and you, you've given them so I liked Luca I. I don't really see the lewdness. Then again, I was the I was the kid that ran up and did did stuff, but um, that didn't make sense coming out. Um, I know over there, there Soto would still be the age that the mother can take him and give him a bath, and that wouldn't be insulting to the child. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the the issue is that it, the issue was that Shoda wasn't in it. Like he had, it. It was like he. It was a weird thing where it's like he'd look over and it's like, oh, those are some tits, and then look the other way. It's like, oh, you're not sitting modestly with your legs closed. You know, like where he's like, I can't look at any. Like it was he. He was put in an awkward position, is what it was. Right, it right. was made awkward to him by how sexual the, the nature of it was, even though the characters were very naive to it is the yeah. point. So uh, it was, it was a weird choice on their part. I get why they did it. I just didn't, I, I didn't care for Luca. <laughs> right? That's the, the point. Anyway, I, don't, I won't believe her. She's an interesting that. character. I mean, she technically the ex goddess provides some more insight Aside from messing with Soda, she tries to provide more insight for uh, Miss Kobayashi as to how Toru was, as to who she used to be. Which, from the perspective of feeling like Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid was the Seinfeld of anime, or just filled that kind of role, I didn't care for. That's like in uh, in Ghost in the Shell Arise where they gave Motoko a backstory. And I'm like, you know what? I liked the show more when that was a mystery. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't really care for, um, I liked the nonsense of it all before it was like, Oh, and now let's tell you why, you know? And like, I don't, I don't want to know why I want the nonsense to continue. You know, that's kind of how I felt about it. Um, and I just felt like I did. I just felt like her, the character that had the horn, I forget what her name was. El- oh, Elma, Amy. I think her name was. Elma. Yeah. I I didn't. I felt like I felt like she was unnecessary, and I I 
anime and shows her. do this thing where they bring a character in mid season. Yeah. You know, for her, they should have brought her in like episode five with Quetzalcoatl, Quetzalcoatl, Lucula. It, it just seemed it seemed unnecessary, you know, and she didn't seem to add much to the show. The part that she added to me was seeing one of the dragons enter the workforce. Well, the funniest part about her showing up was when um, Toru opened up the portal to go battle her. She walked through, and then she just closed the portal door behind her. I know that was a great that was a great scene, and it's like you knew that was going to happen, but it was still funny to watch. Um, with her, with her having having able to work the same job coincidentally as Kombayashi, mm-hmm. her and. I like that she's able to pick up stuff and go with it. Able to enjoy food, then gets in a tizzy over which one should I get. Then either ends up getting all of them, which yeah. fine, that fine. I can agree if that joke went went overdone, but with it kind of sparingly do that. It was overdone. I just I felt like that was something that was that was a joke for a Japanese audience. And I'm not going to say it wasn't funny, but I just like, I, it, it was, it was a miss. Uh, I, I thought, you know, cause yeah, I mean, it, I don't want to say that it was overdone cause they only really did it twice. Right. They did it twice in succession, you know? Um, and I just like, okay, you know, like the, I don't really feel like there's going to be repercussions for this, even though it seems like she's making a dire financial mistake here. Right. Uh, and then there weren't any really. Re- just uh, no, you're, you're not watching the show for high drama. Of course, and I don't want high drama. I that's why I didn't like the ending. I actually thought that the the ending may have pulled down my overall rating of the show when her when Toru's dad shows up because that was such oh, that. such um, manufactured drama. Oh, I hate when you just like you take a syringe filled with drama and go. Yeah, take that final season. Technically, of, you know, that's technic- well, subtly, that part, that piece of the drama has been through the show. At, you have another side of the show, the world build, building. That's where it's a little bit more dra- dramatic. Like in the first episode, like how she was, how Toru was slain into in that one dream. position position you get kana and how she's abandoned in this world you get luluko how she kind of messed herself up so real quick there was also so i don't forget it kana first of all i didn't like her tail in human form uh looked like a uh ball sack (laughs) Uh, she kind of reminded me of the character from uh puni puni poemi do you remember the guy who has the two tails that are like a ball sack? <laughs> anyway, really? uh, I, I don't really care for that. She plugged her tail in to charge her dragon. Power. Yeah, she's an electric dragon. Right. I was a little bit disappointed that there weren't. I thought that there was going to be like an enormous electric bill. First of all, something that was really bizarre is how it's like, okay, well, uh, there's three of us now got to find a new apartment. And I'm like, how are you affording this bigger place? Oh, what got me to quit? Well... The dra- dragons don't need much. 
what question what got me to question it was kind of a little bit of the Japanese society for her IT job she gets paid monthly in America if you get paid monthly that's typically like in the education field <laughs> so it, what do you mean if you get paid you, you, how do you get paid well, technically, I have two jobs, but okay. the, the main job, I thought it would be bi-weekly, but it, I get paid weekly. The okay. side job, math tutoring, I get paid monthly. My first job, I worked at an architectural development firm, and they paid me monthly. So, Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was monthly. It might have been bi- bi-monthly, yeah. but... Um, no, not bi-weekly. I meant to say bi-monthly. I'm sorry. No, I think you did say bi-monthly, but... Old man just shared another image. Uh-oh. I'll screen share real Show quick. them SCADIOs. wish there was a button I could just hit on, like, a control board that would automatically switch the view to the... Um, what is this? Super Gals has a art box. <laughs> I have the see. box sets, the thin packs. Um, Where do you see Super Gals? Super Gals, right here. Okay. And Van Grid. So. Yep, there's the sealed speed grapher box. Yeah, there's the Hexel on the corner there. There's the Hexel. Yeah. Uh, Hexagon uh, dot hack. Yeah. I guess that's 10 10. Penny Pony, there you go. Oh, you know what? I just realized I had another pickup. Dang it! That's all right. I don't. You don't get to see it, everyone. Um, best student council. I, I'm disappointed this show didn't get an art box. How did you feel about like, that? One? I I didn't think it was a great show. I mean, it was forgettable. But uh, I wish it had an art box so I didn't have to look at this ugly spot. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, okay. this is uh, good stuff. Oh, here's the Sayonoku, uh, mm-hmm. I forget what's in this. It's a box of something. Right. Anyway. So back um, to right. uh, Dragon Maid. Yeah, back to Dragon Maid. Okay. So to me, how they kept explaining the world and when Emmy showed up to explain the different classes of dragon, Fafner being a change of heart, being a cursed dragon. You hear all this other stuff, then he shows up. Yes, it's a forced conclusion, forced conclusion for the show, but it kind of gives more detail as to why Toru doesn't want to go back home. Okay, but you, the, let me be clear when I say that this is a manufactured drama. What I mean is that we threw this in here literally just to create a sentimental moment between Kobayashi and Toru. Mm, Only reason. I stood up for her. I'm holding her hand. And there was an entirely separate dub controversy to the the patriarchy line and all that from the queer community over how they thought they were making it heteronormative by distancing. There's, There's a line that's used in shoujo where a character 
she literally says, I'm attracted to you sexually, both in the dub and according to the subtitles, at least um, the Japanese version, when she meets Kobayashi after they had met during the drinking thing in the forest or whatever. Um, she says, I'm attracted to you sexually. And in Japanese, she says, but I'm a woman or I'm a woman or something like that. And that was translated and dubbed in the localization to, hey, I'm not into girls or dragons. Right. So the queer community was like, you're making a heteronormative and shutting down an opportunity for for a, a queer relationship and stuff. And uh, it's like they were for, I don't know. It, it didn't need I, I didn't think that the dub change was. I, it felt like that's what she was saying. Like, but I'm a woman, you know, like, yeah. I don't. well, it depends on how you want to look at the ships too. If you want, cause the norm, the norm looking at the show is Toru and Kobayashi Fafner and, uh, him. If you want to look at it another way, Toru and Fafner, Kobayashi and him. But well, I think that the show was specifically designed in order to create relationships for the purpose of shipping to be ambiguous enough that ambiguous if for whatever reason you wanted them to be, you couldn't inject Yowie into it. You could inject Yuri into it, you know, and, and they were uh, a little bit on the nose with Kana and uh, Saikawa, right? Um, but, uh, I think that that was intentional and I like the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, wow, the doujinshi artist must have a field day with this series. You know, it just, that's just how I felt about the choices that were made by the creators to portray the characters the way that they did. So, well, that's one, well, that's one area I haven't talked, talked about yet. Uh, Kana and the girl. Mm Mm-hmm. So you mentioned before you you enjoy seeing the heart heart on her tongue when she gets yes. a cute gas. Well, let me let me be clear about this. I thought that it was a brilliant strategy to evoke her feeling because Saikawa has let me let me pull up the Twitter moment because I used an image where she's making the cute gasm face just to illustrate the point. Um so Saikawa has this really sort of bizarre um, thing she does where, I mean, it's like, okay, let me, let me just screen share real quick. It will be very clear once I explain it. Here we go. Or once I show it. Here we go. Right here. So she, these are the, what we are calling right. the cute gasm. Okay. Imagine this without the heart it it all of a sudden takes on an entirely different meaning yeah you know what i mean so um what i'm saying is that the way that they drew this adding the heart solidifies exactly visually exactly what this is and i thought it was a brilliant design choice um for them to and it i as i after i had made that observation i started to notice that uh toru does that as well there were a couple scenes with the, with her and Kobayashi that actually had the the heart on the tongue as well, so I, I thought it was a brilliant choice. Um, and then you wanted to say something particularly about this. You were saying I, you were bringing up that I had said that, and I just want to clarify that point. But you were going to go somewhere else with it. Well, yeah, also, I thought, um, I thought it was funny every time questions. that she's. Is there more? Yeah, there's more. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, and there's actually some good stuff, particularly in this one. Yeah, I'm all. impressed with the uh, 1 through 11 of Hikaru no Go, which I also have. Did that ever, under arrest. series ever get complete? No, it did not for Hikaru okay. no Go. Um, I'm curious why you've got the motion picture here. Does it take place? Or no, actually, that's 12, 13. And then disc 1, 2, 3, I think. So maybe maybe that's why you just got them in that weird arrangement. Um I think this is Charlie Black, but I'm not sure. Maybe Triple X Holic. I don't know. Um, and then there's Miami Guns with that one that's more yellow than the rest. <laughs> I'm glad to see so many people who have that because it makes me feel better that I don't need to keep searching for a non like sun faded potentially version of of that one. And here's a uh, the thin pack of, of Mabarajo and Super Gals uh, versus ha already having shown us the other one uh, that was the thicker set. And what is this? Maison Ikoku. Yeah. Sealed. Good job, man. So Gun Parade March. Moonlight Mile. Okay, back to my points. Yes, back to your point regarding okay. the... Uh, Regarding Saikawa and Kana. Regarding that, when when we first meet, meet the two met, she was kind of the pushy one. Saikawa was kind of the pushy one. Then she meets the mellow, mellow Kana. I like that they introduced it this way, because then you can kind of see how Saikana kind of grows attached to Kana, and how Kana kind of yeah. reacts to her. With with that, uh, for Con for Psychana in general, mm -hmm. we get to meet her sister Georgie, or I believe Amber was her English dub name. I'm not sure. She was the maid of the house, right? That was her and sister. They, yeah, that's her sister. Oh, I didn't realize that was her sister when I watched it. I thought she was uh -oh. just the maid, the family maid. No, that's that's her older sister. Huh. We get to see her mother in the school festival and one more time after that. But the only time that we see her dad was in that school festival and he was the older man that just kept doing the weird grunts. Mm -hmm. So what I also find strange is, is in the opening, you see Saikana, her sister, her mother, but not her dad. You see everyone yeah. else, even that manager that gives... Kobayashi a hard time is in the opening. <laughs> you know, now that you say that, the character with the green hair yeah. that's oh, in yeah, the opening the... doing the spin, I would have bet money that was a girl until we saw that character in the show. Yeah. And every time I watch the opening, I'm like, I can't believe that's not a chick. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh no, you got Didarad. Well, I, I what? <laughs> Daydara from uh, from Naruto? Yeah. I I were people? Did people think that about Daydara? I don't. I haven't. Well, a lot of people thought. Is Daydara in Naruto or is it Nishippuden? He was in Naruto. I, I don't remember. I'd like to rewatch Naruto, but I watched it all in Japanese. Which I guess gives me the opportunity to now watch an English, but the English show is kind of crap. So, anyway, um, hey, performing new life goals every day. 
Anyway, um, all right. So, uh, sorry to derail that whole thing with that statement about thinking that character was female. Well, that's fine. You get the neighbors too. That yeah, there's that, not much to say about them. That was a really weird gag about the um, the noise complaints with the cooking. Uh, hey, I got a good laugh out of that. <laughs> it was just weird. I'm just saying, yeah. like, I, I don't have a problem with it. It just it was just kind of weird. Like, I imagine it could be funny or it could not be funny, depending on the mood you're in. And in fact, I didn't say it while FDM was talking, but I think that um, I think the show is heavily dependent on your mood. And for whatever reason, I went into it thinking oh, that so. I was going to be really upset and enlightened into a place where I sort of enjoyed it. You know, and I actually um, was able to embrace a lot of it and including a lot of the, the changes made for the dub, not necessarily all of them, but just saying like it, it didn't bother me, you know? Um, whereas I feel like FDDNM perhaps was just not in the right mood to enjoy some of the humor, which again is not laugh out loud funny, but it does sort of, it puts a smile on your face kind of thing, right. you know? Um, okay. So what point am I generally at with this? Cause I, I think we I think FDDNM gave his point and kind of beaten some of the sh- show. Oh yeah. When the dragons found, the dragon's trying to be human. Mm-hmm. After this point, I'll give final thoughts and go from there. Wait, there's... wait, wait. Oh, since you've reminded me, I, I want to show something real quick because okay. I brought it up earlier. Um, there's a point in the second to last episode where they're starting to set up the part where Toru's dad shows up to take her back. Right. And she has a conversation with herself in dragon form that oh, yeah. represents her doubt. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to share my my GIF. Do you remember the scene from Spawn? Yeah. When Spawn, well, actually, this is, I think this is him actually talking to Clown. But uh, when he goes to hell and talks to Malbolgia, or whenever, whenever any, when, when Clown goes to hell and talks to Malbolgia, Malbolgia has this enormous jaw that, they literally, if you watch the behind the scenes, could not get that to there. Like you, there's no lips. See, so like they couldn't figure out how to get the character to talk. So they they came up with this theory. They're like, yeah, no, he he summons the powers of hell to create the voice, and it's like it's so bizarre because the the jaw is just. They said something like it would have weighed like like a ton, like literally like two or three tons or something. I forget exactly what they said, but it was a very heavy thing and it would have, it would have weighed a lot of uh, uh, pounds to move it and stuff for the character. So they just, uh, it was a really weird shoehorned in thing they did. Um, but in the show, in the movie, it comes across like bad overdubbing. And that's what it felt like with the dragon talking. <laughs> Cause the dragon doesn't have lip flaps and stuff. You know, it, it, I don't know this. It made me think of spawn, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> Um, when the humans try to act act like, I mean, when the dragons try to act like humans to blend in, you get you get some gags of like how Kobayashi's hunched over, complaining about her back pain, lower back pains. Mm-hmm. And then you get stuff like Toru and Kana playing on the seesaw, trying to figure that out, which they'll just jump up and down up kind of launching each other into the sky, thinking that it's just catapult training for children. You get some areas like uh, 
What's what's the girl's name again? Which character? Saikana. Saikawa. Saikawa. Saikawa <laughs> challenging the high school kids. Yes. Yeah. Also, school. real quick, something about Saikawa that that they didn't take as far as I thought they were going to is how reflective her head was. Yeah. <laughs> I there's so many. See, FDM is right. There's a lot of things where they could have made very funny gags, like. Like this, just a moment where she walks outside and the sun reflects and causes a causes a blinding lens flare that causes like a car accident. There was there was stuff that they set up that they could have done that could have been like just out of nowhere funny. But uh, yeah, that it's kind of weird. Like I, I didn't realize well, now, now that we're analyzing it. The reason why you wouldn't do that to her, which we've which there are shows that will do that. Yeah, the show is not is, set up for that kind of humor. That's yeah, fine. Not, I'm just no, saying that they it's not set, set up, up for the humans to go that far. It's set up yeah. for the dragons to be the over exaggeration. Sure. So with the dodgeball, dodgeball, the Sakawa comes to Kobayashi's house, and all the dragons are there. So they team up and easily. Beat the high schoolers, then yeah. Then the dragons team teamed up and fight and try to play the game with themselves, which destroy the whole whole playground. And someone photoshopped Yamcha on one of the craters. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd seen that actually. Um, you have that going on. You have you have them trying to celebrate New Year's. With their own fire, Miss Kombayashi shows her fireworks. Then Toru just lit, lights the sky in a blaze. You have them go to the beach, which they swim. You see people swim normally, and when they swim, it's like a jet going across the across the le- uh, the rip. Yeah, I've never they, been to the had... sea. He has an ocean. Yeah. It was like it was like uh, when Vegeta doesn't hold back when they're doing the yeah. when they're punching the the thing to test their strength at the World Martial Arts Tournament to make sure that everybody is strong enough to compete, and he just destroys the machine. <laughs> yeah, you have that. Uh, I'm skipping some other stuff, but going to the OVA. This is the first yeah. time I've seen it. I'm. Just like the show, I did enjoy it. You have the cho- you have the chocolate chocolate fiasco, which I like the build up to the forbidden chocolate that she was that Toru's been trying to trick Kumbayashi to eat. I like how that how that was dealt because you take a break, you see that at the beginning, then you took a, take a break and see Kona's school life. How they yeah. go about it, oh, so I you forgot. so it sets itself up to so you can forget it, but you see, see mm-hmm. her and and a friend go about the school day, getting chocolate. One's get jealous of the other. The other treats herself to it. Then you see uh, Elma wanting to make people chocolate after she receives some at work. Tries to make it, and just like me cooking for myself, I instead of making the dish i end up eating all the ingredients <laughs> <laughs> then it cuts back to 
to uh, Kana enjoying her chocolate and trying to share it with Kobayashi, the mother. So, okay. So, at that point, the punchline happened. I appreciate that the punchline happens. You have the drunken statement. I have no idea what FTDM said. You have that conclusion. After that. Yeah, good. After that, you have a Hot Springs episode. You do see them in the hot springs, yeah. but it was the point wasn't to show off what they got. Yeah, you know, I did appreciate that the show was not there. There were a couple things in the show that were not appropriate for my kids, but a lot less than I thought would be. You know, right. um, like I actually paused it and waited till my kids were out of the room when it came to the part where she starts looking stuff up on the internet, because I thought that they were going to go places they didn't go, you know? Right. Um, and uh, I was really pleased that even in the hot spring thing, um, I didn't really have to worry about my kids or more specifically my son. Cause my daughter's like eight months, but you know what right. I mean? Like I didn't have to worry about them uh, walking in and, seeing something I would have preferred they didn't see. You know what I mean? I think the most lewd that it gets is like in episode one or two when Taru's trying to wash laundry and she's putting all the clothes in her mouth. Actually, in the very first episode, Toru, um, when she's drinking with, or when when she's out with Kobayashi, who's drinking with um, Takia, um, Kobayashi rips her maid clothes off and makes her completely nude. Uh, You don't see anything. Um, but like that was probably, I thought that was one of the areas where it was a little over the line. And then all the stuff with Luke, uh, Lukoa, um, and the, the kid, I felt like I, I don't, I didn't want to expose my kid to that, you know, which yeah. I didn't, I mean, he didn't see that stuff. He, he was yeah. more, he's been playing Ocarina of Time, um, nonstop, even though he can't really do anything in it, but, yeah. uh, but he was more interested in that. Uh, but there was a moment when I first started watching the show where the whole family was watching it, you know? Um, right. Anyway, but yeah, I just, I was pleased that, I mean, after Mayo Cheeky and Ladies versus Butlers, I was, I'm just glad that we got to watch a maid show for Maids May that wasn't <laughs> over the top sexual. It was, I just, I felt so bad. And I, started to regret not letting us do some even because how bad Mayo Cheeky and Ladies versus Butlers got. Um at least they were short. Well yeah, I mean there weren't twenty six episode shows, yeah, but um I was just I it was really a relief that uh Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid was so tame compared to where I thought it was gonna go. In fact, something I haven't brought up yet, um the show was completely different from what I expected it to be. Um, based on the title, I thought Toru was Miss Kobayashi. And I thought that she had like a business of dragons that were maids. That was like, I, I thought it was going to be like, like here are an assortment of my wacky dragon made characters that work and try to make money to support the business. I thought it was going to be something completely different. I was very shocked to learn that Kobayashi was actually, uh, this, you know, very bland, um, normal, uh, what's the word? Uh, I mean, she was a female um, programmer, 
you know, she's a very plain person, you know, um, she wasn't flashy and, and cutesy and stuff. She was just, she just who she was. And I was very surprised that the title was Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid because um, Toru is very clearly the main character. You know what right. I mean? Um, and I, I just took me back oh. as I was watching. Like, wow, I didn't expect that. Didn't expect that. Oh, this is taking a very oh. different approach. And oh, she has an actual dragon form. And, you know, all that yeah, kind of stuff. I another theme of the show. Say so what? That it was um, subverting expectation? No, individualism. Okay. Like... What what's some of the lesser drama that you would see? It's well being fine with who you are. Okay, yeah. Which I I guess you know because of Japanese culture, anime sometimes like I I'm so fine with who I am that I don't even think about it, you know, and I don't bother myself with other people's. Uh, I, I'm the same way. I just didn't realize yeah. that was another theme of the show. Yeah, I just didn't. I, I I wouldn't necessarily say it was a theme per se, but it was, uh, you know, it uh, it was a characteristic of Kobayashi at least, you know. And it was yeah. it was actually kind of funny. There was that one line in the first episode where where she said she said something like, "I can't believe." you're asking me out on a date or whatever. And he said, Oh, it's not a date. You're just like one of the guys or something like that. Right. right. That was a line that felt like it was setting something up that it didn't, you know? Um, in fact, from Kobayashi's perspective, it's kind of interesting that there was not really any romantic relationship going on, which is probably why they felt like they needed to add that shoehorned in stuff with Toru's dad. So you've been reading the manga. I mean, it, it does, does Toru, is that scene in there? Does it, is it expanded upon? It just seems so weird for it to just show up out of nowhere and do nothing. It wasn't for the fact that I've been up for 23 and a half hours. I could probably answer that. Uh, give me a rain check on that one. Okay. Uh, old man uh, asked if she would be considered a salary man. Yeah. I mean, I mean she probably had a salary based job, but I mean, she particular, I mean, cause salary man is basically anything where you wear a suit every day uh, in Japan and go to work and get paid through a salary rather than working part time or something like that. You know, um, she was uh, a programmer, right? So she was um, a computer programmer. Well, um, on this field a little bit, I believe she was a developer. Yeah, well, let's say that. Let's say that I feel like salary man is like this nondescript title that you give a job that doesn't have like a more specific title. Like you say, um, oh, was this person a businessman? It's like, oh, she's an architect. You know what I mean? Like, like that's the title of the job. Um, but it's like yeah, when you say salary man, I'm thinking white collar. Instead of blue well, that's collar what it is. White, Japanese nurse. white collar worker or businessman. So she wasn't blue collar in that she wasn't doing manual labor, so to well, speak. Well, let's hold on. Let's put it this way. In the movie Office Space, would you consider all those workers except the guy next door to be salary? You're salary asking man. old man right now. I, I know the movie you're talking about, um, but I don't know how I would even answer that question. I don't know because I was in a position where I was working in an at that architectural development firm, and 
I wasn't getting paid a salary, you know? So it's like, I, I can't put myself, cause I've never worked the kind of job they did in office space. I've never had like a job like that. And I worked in an office doing architectural development, you know? So it's like, it's, I'm doing 3d work and stuff and I was working hourly. Um, so I, I don't know. It's kind of a weird question to ask. I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer it properly. So the end of the OVA, that way we can wrap up. Yeah. Did you watch the other, um, like three minute episode, seven episode DVD specials or whatever? Well, no, I don't, I, there was, there's another special DVD special. The OVA, by the way, is actually just a DVD special. That's what Um, I watched. Right. There's another set of specials that are about three minutes long. There's seven. That's right. The TV previews. I didn't watch them. I didn't watch them. I forgot about them. I'm going to hunt them down. Yeah. The end of the OVA. So you have the hot springs, have everyone kind of comment. The focus at this point, or there was two focuses. One was Fafnir and Guy. Atsuki. Who? The Fafnir is living with them. Takia. Takia. You have them too. Fafnir's trying to understand Takia as to why instead of going the normal routine, take everyone out to the right. hot springs. And before I forget, something I talked to you about behind the scenes that we haven't addressed here, um, how funny it was that how much effort they put into those video game shots. Oh yeah. Like got to mention the video that game was so out of place that it made it funny. How much, I mean, they could have easily just hand animated something for it to imply, because they were very clearly doing a Dark Souls sort of reference, you know? Yeah. Um, And how easily that could have just been hand animated. But instead, they make these almost photoreal looking sort of games that that are accurate. Like, you could expect it to be a real game. You know what I mean? Um, And you're just, it was, it was bizarre how much effort they put into it. And it was funny because of how many different game iterations they actually did. Uh, But but to your point. To me, what was kind of funny at first was Fafnir playing the game. It was as maybe it was supposed to be him playing badly, but I kind of thought, thought he was playing as the hero and losing on purpose to please his own ego. Well, I thought what was funny to me was that he was going for the treasure that was always a mimic instead of an actual treasure chest because for the, I don't know necessarily about Fafnir, but dragons have that thing about hoarding treasure and stuff. Well, I thought that was so funny that he literally couldn't not open the chest and it was always a mimic. Well, Fafnir is a cursed dragon. And as they explained it, he is the dragon that would hoard gold. I always get Fafnir and Fenrir mixed up. Uh, honestly, I think uh, Kona is a carbuncle, but that's that's another that wouldn't make sense because you can't go through the dimensions. Uh, so in the OVA, you have those two. He's asking why, and he sits down and just explains the importance of community to him, which. I really, I felt very heartfelt because of how he explained it. Not because yeah. of the ships or anything. Then you get to Toru and Miss Kobayashi and they go into town, look at something. I think it was fireworks again. I'm not sure. 
They had a yeah. they had a, a humorous line when they're in the bathhouse where she uh, she looks at all the dragons and then looks at Kana and says, "I love you, Kana," and hugs her because she's the only oh, one yeah. who doesn't have bigger breasts. Then she asks, "Why do y'all? Why do you have those forms?" Then they just reply, "This is just how we are." <laughs> that that explanation I, I felt like was long winded and kind of dumb. <laughs> I, I felt like they're. That that was the answer that Kevin Spacey gave in K-Pax, where he's like, well, on K-Pax, I look K-Paxian. On, on Earth, I look like an Earthling. <laughs> it, was a, it was a weird thing that's like, it was a question that didn't need to be answered. Um, well, maybe not in K-Pax, but on, in Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, it was a question that didn't need to be answered that they decided to answer. Uh, okay, like it, you could have answered it in a more funny way, you know. I thought so. Yeah. I'll remember D is for dragon. Um, let's <laughs> oh, see. In that scene where they're in town, the Miss Kombayashi walks away but offers her hand to uh, Toru. Mm-hmm. It's see, it's a modest gesture. And it alludes that the two will continue to be friends or might go further with their relationship. But for up, up to oh, the fan, uh, to the, up to the viewer, base, yeah. Um, which again, it, but... which is fine. Like as we said before, it's like yeah. you when we were talking about how I was at least talking about how concerning it is to see Funimation's team making those decisions because it is bad for their business. Cause the way right. you want to create things is to, to maximize the amount of enjoyment to your audience and the choice on their part to, to be like, Hey, it's open-ended. You can have it in your head that they're, that they're having a gay relationship or you can have it in your head that they're just friends the same way that um, like, I, I didn't, I didn't actually, I mean, cause communicating with you and FDDM behind the scenes through, chat instead of actually talking makes it hard to articulate things but oh my God, um, it was I, difficult this time around <laughs> yeah well i feel like i feel like he he uh fdnm was under the impression that i was saying that the saikawa cute gasms were over the fact that she just couldn't handle how cute she was i'm like no no, no. this is like a completely sexual thing but it's played off in a really like innocent funny way you know mm. um and uh, but it is it is like the what's happening is because it's so cute. But it's like no, she is sort of lusting after her. You know, it's it's, it's hard to describe. You know it when you see it, obviously. Um, well, but yeah, it's uh, like back yeah, it's in fourth this, grade when everyone was calling each other sexy. What what that really mean? What <laughs> say that again? Yeah, like remember back in fourth grade where where the word sexy was considered a slang word. It was cool to say. Nope. <laughs> um, really? I was homeschooled from uh, fifth to eighth grade. Oh. Um, maybe maybe that uh, trend skipped over me. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Anything else? I think FDDM talked about the school race and the play for the elderly. Yeah. I don't think I can Did add you talk anything. Oh, uh, you know what? How about we let the viewer watch that well, episode? What? One thing I'll, I will say about the race was um, 
it was an interesting choice how they handled the relay race because Saikawa trips or whatever and gets them really behind and Kana wins, but she doesn't win in like she's intentionally holding back. And it almost seems like to the audience, again, it's like, it's sort of open-ended. It seems to the audience, like she's reciprocating feelings for Saikawa by just barely winning when you know that she could like blink of an eye be at the finish line. You know what I mean? Um, but again, at the same another... time, it's like all she's doing is she wants to win the race and right. she can win the race, but she knows she has to tone it down so it doesn't look like like it doesn't draw unnecessary attention, you know? Well, here's another way to look at this too. You can either see them as friends, friends, likers, I guess you would like likers, I guess you would say. When sort of, uh, Kana sort of the was non, talking the non sexual that weird attraction that kids have when they're going through puberty before it turns into an actual sexual attraction is what you're referring to. Um, Kana or Toru asked Kana why she was going through with it. In the dub line, Kana explains it kind of like she likes watching over the children as if like a, like a protective dog. Or shepherd. Oh, okay. So I, you're referring to why do you want to go to school? Or like, why yep. do you go to school? Yep. I thought she said that she enjoyed watching the children as in it looked like fun. Like I was watching them from a distance and it seemed like they were having such a good time together. They all look like me, you know, as a young kid body, right? That she wanted to join in the fun. Not that she mm. looks over the children and and cares for the children kind of like, I didn't, I didn't read it that way. Personally. Fair enough. I was trying to grab what, e- what either way you can look at it. Yeah, I feel like if I had, if I had originally watched it in subtitle and I had read the line versus hearing the line that I may have come, it may have come across the way you said, or I may have been able to view it that way. Um, but yeah, from the dub, it seemed very much like she was just like, uh, like I'm watching these other kids skateboard and it looks like fun. I want to give it a try. You know what I mean? Right. That's kind of what it seemed like to me. Okay. So I think we're at the end of the rope. Yeah. I, show- I found the show very whimsical. I enjoyed it. The pace, the pace was not slow. How slow. Enjoy. If you're looking, if you're down and you want to look at something that'll cheer you up, this show will do it. The whimsiness can rival the movie Hook. I'd recommend it. How about you, AC? My dad's in that movie. Um, well, really? yeah. Um, uh, in um, in the podcast for a lot of the watch clubs, you have said. The show, the episodes are 26 minutes. It feels more like 12 minutes. Like it, it feels like they go by no, quickly. No. I have never actually really like felt it to the degree that you talked about it. But with this particular show, I wouldn't necessarily say that the episodes felt shorter, but I was at the end way sooner than I thought in terms of the entire arc of the show. Right. Like you I see- got to episode 12 when I thought I was like, let me put it this way. Um, I was planning out like 
okay, I'm going to watch these episodes now. I'm going to get through here and then I'm going to wrap it up the day before the, the day of the podcast before I go to bed um, and then wake up for the night of the podcast. So for me, it's like, I thought that, um, that I was like at around episode eight and I was going to still have a, quite a few episodes left. And then when I went and, and rewatched it, I was already midway through episode 12, you know? So I only had the rest of 12, 13 in the OVA. So from that to, to put it into perspective, you sort of talking about how the show feels like it watches itself and it's, it goes by quick, you know, like it's, you're having such a good time that gets through. Normally I wouldn't agree with that sentiment. Um, although I'm not to say that you don't necessarily have a good time watching a show, but in this case, um, I was surprised to find that I was way further along than I thought I was going to be. So I, I'll say that. Um, and if you're curious about hook, <laughs> um, you know, the, you know, the scene where, um, I forget the guy's name, but he, he, he rolls down the, um, the, the rope ladder. But, but, uh, yeah, um, my, my, my dad's a stunt guy. So, um, he's in a lot of the movie, but in that scene particularly, he's one of the guys who jumps off the bridge. Oh, wow. Um, another similar for Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, I would have to say, is Nietzsche Joe. Just because I would laugh. love to watch that. I haven't yet because I thought we might watch it for the podcast. Okay. I'm up for it. All right. So, so going forward for next uh, podcast, are we ready to are we ready to do the to prep everybody for the watch club of next yes, podcast? Yes, let's prep everybody for the watch club. If they have watched it this far, you are troopers. And yeah. <clears throat> well, we are watching Tenchi for the next podcast. And we're going to start at the beginning with the Tenchi OVA. So there's this version. I believe that these are all the same thing. I could be wrong. Um, but uh, there's this version. There's the like Genion individual release of it. And then there's a Funimation version that I don't have. And then there's this Funimation version, which is the limited edition version, which is, if I'm not mistaken, Blu-ray DVD. No, these are just DVDs. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong about this. Um, I've got this stuff in the description. So you guys can, uh, if you want to see the ones that are currently available, would be the Funimation ones. Those are listed there. Um, again, so, you don't have to feel like you have to get the ones from uh, from Amazon that I have linked there, but just to give you an idea of what so they are, AC, I would recommend. What's up? AC, what you showed was the, the other first OVA? two original OVAs, not including three or the specials. Okay, well, this is what we're watching, just to be clear. Whatever's so, on this. Okay, so, so the, the first two. The 13 the 13 episode um, OVA series, Tenji Muyo OVA. Cool. So we're not uh, watching the. Perhaps the Funimation one comes with more. Is that what you're saying? Hmm. For what you're holding, that's, that's uh, OVA one and two. There's a third one that was released later. And in between the two and the third one was the Mahoshi and Priest Asami specials. Oh, okay. I've got I that. I do sense if we just watch the original two, you'll probably get a better feeling for yeah. it. Cause so three old, old is man is a trooper and is still here with us. He says, I liked the Tenchi TV series better, but that might just be nostalgia. I am choosing to start here because it's the first part of it. And I haven't watched a lot of tension. I saw it when it was on Toonami and I mostly just watched it 
because I, you know, was trying to get to the show that was after. It's, I haven't really liked this show, but we have a potential guest next podcast who does um, stuff for a Tenchi, very popular Tenchi website. So um, I wanted to do something Tenchi related so that that person, if they do decide to guest and are available, um, that they'll be able to talk about something that that they're interested in. And uh, since they didn't get back to us in time, I chose to go with the first one so that I could start at the beginning. Sound fair? Well, there you go. I did recommend Universe, but since we're doing it this way and he's not going to be spoiling the milk with uh, OVA 3, I think we're at a good start. All right. And then um, the next podcast after that one it's still kind of up in the air what we're going to be doing. I'd like to do Tenjo Tenge uh, personally, but um, Augie is saying that that might be difficult for him to get in time uh, just due to the fact that he's stuck sort of in this in-between move uh, until August. So we may do we, – we sort of talked about this um, earlier on the podcast, I think, about JoJo and then FDDM saying, you know what, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, but, uh, hopefully, hopefully we can, uh, figure that out and we might just continue attention. Okay. Um, if we can't come up with something else to do, we'll just move on to the next part of Tenchi, uh, and, um, and just go from there. All right. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you, old man, the literal one viewer that we have right now, um, (laughs) watching live. And, uh, I guess we'll catch you next time. Please like, subscribe, and join our Facebook group. And go check out FDDNM's channel and uh, give him a subscribe because, uh, uh, you know, he's stuck in the weird, like, weird place of not being able to to monetize. And not being able to monetize means that YouTube is not interested in sharing your content because they're not making money off it. So it it would be beneficial to him if you guys would check it out um, to anybody watching this either right now or later. Um, And uh, uh, yeah, um, notification button. Go ahead and turn those on because, again, you're not going to get spammed with content from this channel. Uh, Anyway, thank you guys again for for stopping by, and we'll catch you next week or next podcast, which we should probably give them the date of. We usually do that. Let me get that out here. That I want to say it's the 14th. I'm going to say that because it is, it's actually the, yeah, the 14th. So uh, the 14th and then the next one after that will be the 28th. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see you guys then. All right. Talk to you later.